Hello and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Moore. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 365. 365 here, and uh, I keep going one ahead. I always label the things. I'm like, this is 366, but I'm always wrong, Pick Eric. Up and then the time that I end up going backwards, then that'll be wrong, too. I'm always wrong, is what I'm saying. But welcome, Just everybody. Just look what has come out before. I end up, it's like I'm trying to get the things going. And and it's I don't think ahead for just the file name for the audio. So then, then I do the next thing. You'll see the next section. I'll put 365 just to confuse myself later when I go to find the things to edit. But here we are. That's behind the scenes here. Here we are for 365. It's almost like, you know, I could think we've been doing this a while, 365, 24-7, right? Didn't work out. But I want to let everybody know here <laughs> that, well, I'm saying it didn't work out for me to remember that way. I'm not oh, good with those right. memorization things because I forget the trigger that's supposed to trigger the memory, and then I'm all you out gotta of You just got to do like a Batman 66 episode, like, sea. Catwoman starts with the sea. Ocean. You know, the, the ocean. Frank Penguins ocean. swim in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. 365. Then I remember. Device. 365. All right. So there we go. But yeah. Thanks for joining us here tonight. We have probably a pretty long podcast. We have a bunch of books. And with that, we'll also be joined by my man Clay, my man Michael G for their own little sections. We didn't get any mail this week. Last week's hour-long mail section might have been enough for some people. So we're going to go yep. full out books. There's some people I said. Wait, some people. Uh, but yeah, we're here. And just as a, a shout out. Uh, we are doing this podcast Next week's podcast will be a Patreon only podcast Get this out of the way Pretty low, Jim, all of that Because it is an annual yeah, It's week. annuals month It is annuals yeah. month There's another one coming up in August so We're going to stay pretty Even though low we're pushing one of the annuals back to the middle of July for Yeah, it's reason. weird Very weird But yeah, if you want to listen to next week's podcast You'll have to go to the Patreon Patreon.com slash weird science And if you do go there and sign up What Why you will hear you? is the spotlight from this past week. Each week we do a two-book spotlight with books picked by the badasses to get fresh crew. Beep, boop, boop. And they picked some pretty big ones. I'm not going to say both were great, but I will the say they big were ones. big, right? Checkmate it's like number that one. Alice, Aerosmith album, Big Ones. Big Ones, Which was yes. mostly like a greatest hits with a couple new songs. I thought you meant rocks. But that checkmate number one, an infinite frontier, Eric, not crisis, infinite frontier number one as well. A spotlight. That ended up being almost two hours long. We were talking about a lot of things, a lot of Infinite Frontier things, what we thought about it, what we think it means, what we hope it means, all of that. And yeah, we talked about Checkmate too, right? How checkmate. many Roy Harpers are in the back of that How book? many Roy Harpers are there? How much Eric loves the Checkmate? Stuff like that. I mean, it was really cool with all of that. But also, before we go into a little bit of a roll call, go over to Twitter, at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back and check out our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where we review all the issues that we're going to be talking about tonight. Sometimes they're done by me and Eric, sometimes other reviewers on the site. So you get a little bit of a different, you know, look or feel, right? Or, or perspective taste. or taste. Yeah, all that. Because I, I will shout out. Gabe has a review on the site that is way off from what we thought, but that's fine. That's what he thought. So you get well, both yeah. of the things there. That's what we do. Jim's uh, calling you out, Gabe. You better watch no, yourself. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying we thought different. But as Reg, remember <laughs> Reggie when he proclaimed I was the Harley Quinn fan? And it even pulled, like, 
Really? Thanks a lot. I, I do knows like her. You've, you, you're not anymore. You're the biggest Punchline fan. That is true. Well, I do love Punchline. I think At least I'm gonna, later. I'm going to save that in, in a minute because, Eric, it's time to salute the badasses that get fresh croup beep boop with beep, the boop. badass roll call. Here we go. I think that I might proclaim my love for Punchline. We have Josh Murray from Not A Robot Podcast, Ted Probst. I love Punchline. It's weird that I just say that right in the middle. I just always I'm have to, to inject that. Yes, yeah, as far as all, yeah. But so, sure. Optimus Prime, Cam, Joe Sabodchik, Matt Razor, D-Men 3000, All New Dave, Lady Abby, Red, Matches Cologne, Niels T. Wart, David Fink, Joey Bertasco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you me, Michael G, Ken Hallett, Comic Boom, Araki from the old Comic Boom YouTube channel, Seller Dweller, Mark Jaeger, Algin Stoja, Nick Adams, Bill Beer from the Bat Pod, Ruben, Carlos, Ruben. Lone Wolf Marv, Ruben is just Ruben, he's just hanging there, just being Ruben, doing Ruben Good things, Luke, Hollywood, the Hollywood kid, Simon, Luis, Manship, I haven't heard from Manship, I'm getting afraid that he might have been taken away by a wild cat. Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Joshua Million, Dalton Needham, my man Pete from NYC, Sailor Moon, Mark, Rob Lewis, our man Rob Lewis, Brandy Murray, who still is barely able to stand up because he slept in a small bed in double A run. There you go. And all so time. So he slept in your bed? All time deal. I'll kill you. All time. Great. Reggie, who proclaimed me, baby proclaimed me a huge, huge Harley Quinn fan. But this bed's just right. Is that it? I'm a, he's a joke killer, he is. Uh, but here we are. We have a bunch of books, as I said. I mean, the Infinite Crisis deal, Infinite Frontier. <laughs> infinite Crisis. This is what, what happens. Now, I'm, I'm so running from scared. But Dancing Mike ends up emailing 15 me. 15 years ago, man. Dancing Huge. Mike emails me. Finally, something I can listen to on your stupid thing. <laughs> like you jerk. That's so bad. Uh, but yeah, that is the big book of the week. And I'm just saying that. What's again, that? Infinite Frontier? Infinite Frontier. Oh, and I'm okay. not saying, hey, you got to go over and listen to us talk about it. I'd hope you would like but to. Also but also not, not saying that. What I'm also, though, saying above that is if you were somebody who was like, eh, that doesn't seem big to me or eh, I'm, I'm not into that or whatnot. You should go and get it. You should go it and check it out. It doesn't matter what you think. Yeah, really. <laughs> what, it doesn't matter. Just the idea that everybody <laughs> who is a DC fan should read it to see totally. what might be going on and how we're going to go forward. And that's just a little, you know, service announcement. And it's Joshua Williamson. I think the issue itself is pretty good. I'm worried about things tying up, but it's not just him. I'm worried oh, that DC. Oh, you worry, Wart. Uh, I'm just worried DC has problems a lot of times. He's a worrisome Wendy, everybody. I am. I am a worrisome Wendy. Uh, speaking of which, which doesn't do anything with Worrisome Wendy, but I wanted to tell you that I ended up going and watching my son's basketball game this last week. And just as an aside to make you, this is just going to make you laugh. No, I wasn't allowed to bring my phone. Tanya wouldn't uh-huh. allow that shit. So I Makes made sense. the bestest. I'm like, then you can't bring yours. And she's like, what? She got all mad, but we didn't. <laughs> so we go in and, you know, she's, she's real concerned about people and, and parents yelling and you know yelling and berating things and whatever all i did like, the whole what time they, what is she concerned about like, them yelling she thinks that i'm gonna like, start yelling that logan of stinks out, all of a sudden there's hate crime yeah being really, out there. but this is not even this actually was back in your old neck of the woods in plumstead though eric that's where we uh-huh. have to go to this catholic church gym where the, i guess yeah. it's where everybody it's like the middle of this whole deal uh, so it takes us a bit to get there whatnot so i'm there 
and she keeps saying it's all like, the that's way. That's the thing. It's my own stopping because I lived there for six months. That's freaking stopping grounds. You, you ended up uh, falling in with a bad crowd that set you on a path I didn't like. Uh, but we're, we're going on. We're, we're getting towards there. We're driving. And she's like, you better not be one of those people who screams and yells. I'm like, I, I'm not going to do that. But the thing is, when Logan was playing, he's a shooting guard. So every time he got the ball and I saw that he was open, I just yelled, shoot. That's all I yelled. She, she wouldn't talk to me for two days because I yelled, shoot. And then I said, I tried to make a joke. And I'm like, no, no, no. I was just like, Drax, shoot. And, and still, she said I was an awful parent that yes. was pushing my son. That, yeah. Oh, really? Maybe. Maybe that's it. I just, there I don't get it. There was a whole lot it. of grievances that you weren't paying attention there, there to were, about. It's just all about this in your mind. Yeah. People yelling at the refs and screaming at the other kids. I just yelled, shoot. What you need to do is you need to be get out there with the other dads and stuff like that. Oh, Start yeah. tailgating your kids' basketball games. Have, we're all yeah, drunk. Have yourself a few, have a few cans of beer outside in the parking lot. Oh, get ready to be a at real the, sports fan. church. Do that. At get church. It hey, asshole, jump through that table. Ah, that's why. Oh, no, no, I didn't say that's why Buffalo. Brandon's hurt. Brandon's actually hurt. He was practicing I'm jumping you, through tables. He could barely I think. move his neck. I'm telling you, he was practicing freaking tailgating. Yeah, I, maybe he was showing his son, his young son. He's like, "This is how you do it, pal." Ah, he he ends up telling me that he almost can get out of bed t- today, and that he also got a Penny Hardaway jersey and said, "Got it in Little time." Penny? He yeah, he got a, a Penny Hardaway. No, you know, Orlando Magic jersey and said just in time for July 4th. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think he just wants to wear it to the barbecue. Right? I can understand it's, that. Yeah, it's kind of it's a cool jersey. I do like that jersey, but it made me laugh that he slept in just a little bed, hurt himself, Uncle and got Sam's a penny hard away. He's like, here we go, Penny. I love Penny. But Jack was just inside, just a little bit. And that's one of those, like, you, nobody more American than Scotty Pippen. Yeah, Scotty Pippen. No, nobody's more American than Steve Nash. They're like, he's Canadian. Yeah, exactly. like I said, John Stockton. <laughs> so that is a little basketball talk. The basketball playoffs are going on uh, as we speak, Eric. But we're here to talk about comics, DC comics in particular. So we're going to go off right now and start this pretty long podcast. I will redo that as well. I'm just trying to grab any opportunity to play these songs that are, are pretty much limited in the scope of the deal. If we're going to go back into future state as we are, and I know another one that might play at the end of this of podcast. Yes, I'm going to tell you where now I look like a fool, Eric. Saying that we're going to get back to regular things and regular timelines and stuff. But, yeah, we're here to talk uh, a weird section, actually. And and with the books and all these just kind of falling down upon us here, we, we end up having three books last week. 
and now having what? I think I counted 28 nine. on this one. Nine. Uh, but, you know, something like a Robin. We have three next where, where week, I think. Where does that fit? Yeah, I know. I know. And then after that, I think we're back to like 10 or 9 or ah. something like that. I was looking. But with all of this, like where does Robin fall in like an outline? Because whether or not it makes any sense to anybody, it throws both of us off if we can't make sections that make sense to us. And Robin just kind of is there, but it's good. I, I do like it, just a spoiler. But you end up having detectives, so there's a bat. Yeah. But then Justice League, you know, Batman's <laughs> Robin, right? Uh, Robin's, yeah, Batman, uh, you know, end the, up, the boy wonder of the Dark Knight, so we can make that work. We can, but what threw you off, and, and still I think does, that we had Superman in action on the same week. That's Why would they weird. do that to me? That's weird. And that, that, that throws you off. I have off, a weird so. OCD against that. I don't know That's why. That's what I'm saying. Is. It's like having Batman and Detective System. We have to layer out the podcast a certain way where certain weeks we have a bat book, certain weeks we have a detective book. This is how it works. The same thing with Superman. You put up the same week, pandemonium. Yeah. And I want to let everybody know that a lot of times I'll, I'll be sitting there. You'll say, what's the order? Now, that doesn't just mean, hey, what did you put on an outline? You make me explain what I need to know. For Like, if I say, well, we have this because it's the green set, you'll be like, well, why is this? <laughs> that I doesn't make sense. actually justify where we Just put don't these, call right? it the green section then. Well, you always want me to, like, you'll, why would we put Harley with this? And then I got to make up something. And then finally, we just like, screw it. We'll put it there. But what it is, I, it's a weird idea of like top five superheroes in my mind whenever we play this game, because we're always going to put an action or detective first. It's just the way we, how we do things. Or if there's an event book, we'll always be like a number one situation. But when you start going down for the most part, we might have our ideas where, well, some of the books we like the least might be at the end of the podcast. But ultimately, in my mind, it's like, we're going to go down these books in order of who's the coolest superhero. Damn right. And we do that, but and also... Like, and here's Rob, and he's at the end. I'm like, what the hell did you just say to me? Yeah, really. Yeah, we take a lot of, like, because these mean something. Uh, what also makes me <laughs> laugh, too, is... We're, we're insane. That's what it comes down to. When, when we do the books, the perfect deal is action and detective come out the same week. They're supposed to or be in that should. first section, and then Batman and Superman. And when they get mixed, it, it just throws me off. So with this... I'm looking at the outline. I'm like, don't make no damn sense. But we are starting with Detective <laughs> Comics number 1038, written by Mariko Tamaki, pencils by Victor Bogdanovich, while art by Victor Bogdanovich and Daniel Enriquez, Jordi Belair, and Edita Bidakar. Mariko Tamaki continues her convoluted story of rage monster Mr. Worth, bug guy Hugh Vile, and Batman jumping to a lot of conclusions. We also get Deb Donovan on the beat, and bombs in the sewers, Eric. It looked good, and I like the Penguin backup enough, but I still think the story is middle-of-the-road fair. And that is award-winning, by the way, Eric. Uh, with that, though, this book, it, it's Detective Comics. It, it's got to be big. And when it started off as being a street-level deal and seemingly going to deal with a lot of Bruce not having money whatnot, it threw me off a little, but you convinced me that that makes sense, especially in the detective. There's a murder. It all was set up like pieces of the puzzle are there to put it together, which right now Tanya's insane with puzzles, by the way. Oh, and yeah. you end up, oh, yeah. And then she wants, to, she wants to glue them together at the end and frame them. We like, have really? Artwork, what, Jimmy? They're art now? <laughs> really? This, this cat uh, uh, you know, pushing the string? You, you end up, though, like the, push, the, the pushes, the pieces of the puzzle were set up for. It to feel different from the main book, which you should. 
I mean, that's another thing. You need to separate it from, while still maintaining a continuity, but pushing it aside from just the Batman book. So just you ended do up something different like so it doesn't that. feel like you're double dipping in the main and Batman continuity. It's starting to feel like not only just like not double dipping, but dipping into less. Like, this is like, you have a really good dip, and then you have a shitty dip. This is what you're dipping in here. Nobody else is going for this guacamole dip. I don't know. I don't like guacamole, though, Eric, so you can have that. Uh, But, yeah, you end up with this, and it's just, it's lost its way, it seems. And Mariko Tamaki seems to think that bigger is better. But not in something of how you well, set it up. Well, that's the thing up. is, bigger is better to a degree. With the ideal, we're going through this, like you said, we have a street level bad man doesn't have as much money. He has to move into the burbs, essentially, which I like. He has to deal with his asshole neighbors, and he has to be Batman at the same time and figure out how to do this. And then you have a murder mystery, murder in the burbs. Oh my God, what's going on here? And then when you amp up the thing, like holy shit, Sarah Worth is walking down the street like a zombie. Oh my God, was it Lady Clayface? Oh, what's that from A Day? That's a cool. Kid. And ever since that moment happened, though, where Mr. Worth went insane and we had nothing to do with Lady Clayface except for there to be a shock wow moment ending, it's like, and now this happened. Well, why? Doesn't matter. Let's move on. And then this happened. And I'm like, why? No, move on. I mean, Mr. Worth is 12 feet tall. He's uh, he's like he dwarfs Andre the Giant for how big he's presented this whole thing. And you and I have given shit to Riley Rossmo in the Harley Quinn book because of how big Hugo Strange depicted there. He's like, you know, 12 feet tall and bulletproof. But the thing is, we, we're talking shit because we're assholes, but it's a stylistic choice. In this book, though, Mr. Worth is a hulking giant man. It's never looked at or explained or talked about. He has a gun that's four foot by four foot. He's holding in his hand of the dude's like, head. That's bigger than just, me, you're saying, I Eric, don't right? know what you're playing at here <laughs> yeah, with this I whole don't thing. Either. And I don't understand what Mr. Worth is doing. And on top of it, when you have alien worm monsters inside people's mouths and their names are Hugh Vile, I'm like, I, I really then don't you know have what you're going eye for worms that disappear. Then you have Dead Donovan on the case. Uh, and and the thing about it is with this idea where when we first had Mister Worth, I, I kind of got a little wary. Like, oh, this seems like it's a little over the top. A grieving first, father, I can go with it. A grieving father, but not only that. Remember, me and you talked about it, and you convinced me a lot of. It, I blame you now of liking oh, this no. more before, but it was that play of a Bruce Wayne with no money. Being a villain, Mr. Worth, of a guy who's controlling the system, he's able to pay people off. He can do things that Batman can no longer do in a street-level deal. But a street-level deal like that isn't a guy who then in broad daylight walks out with a missile launcher, blows up a, a damn building of a police department, Look, and then even the in this yells, because it was the middle of the night. <laughs> this is a guy, though, that they even <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's broad midnight. Uh, but now, even in this issue, has a press conference. Now, this guy, I told you before that Deb Donovan had said something at that party about Mr. Worth being like, hey, he's a big to-do, he has all this money, but everybody knows He's slightly bad. He's got his hand dipping into the underworld, things like that. They do that again here. But when you end up having a guy like this, and don't give me the he's a rage monster because of his daughter and all that, because that's one thing. But this guy has gotten to this position in a way that he should be behind the scenes more, not giving press conferences saying, I'm going to kill you, 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 you. He's too smart for where he went. And Um, even with that. Mr. Worth, why were you in prison initially? I blew up a police station that Bruce Wayne was in. And and they're letting you go? Yeah, he's dead. Now, where's Tim Seeley? Where's Tim Seeley? Because in Nightwing, you ended up having Batman get captured. And right, Wayne right. Industry stock went through the roof. I mean, this guy, I want worth the stock, stock if that's the case. No faith in Bruce Can you Wayne imagine the stockholders in We're these three days? 
these three days in a row where they're like, okay, the, the face of the company, the CEO, he's out on Front Street blowing up a police station. Now he's giving press conferences about how he's killing people. He's losing all his money. There's nothing that would be going on anymore. Well, even like, the idea she's that only you have surface to elevate level with this. This Mr. Worth out of nowhere. It's like, okay, so this woman gets killed. Her father's a big to do. But then we find out not only is he a big to do, he's a gigantic man out of nowhere, but he is one of the, like, the oldest families in Gotham, the richest family in Gotham. And also, you've never heard about him for no reason whatsoever. And the thing is, like, this happens all the time, but a writer needs to give an explanation about why, with all the stuff that we've read of Batman and Gotham City and all this stuff, why there's a reason that we wouldn't have heard of him more than anybody else. Like, but he's just know, on Cobble the scene. Over here, he's less than Mr. Worth. I'm like, why? I know freaking Cobblepot. I don't know why he's less than freaking Mr. Worth over here. This dude just showed up. Yeah. And now, again, with this, he's, because, he's raged oh. out. You ended up seeing last issue that he actually had a other tragedy in his family where his daughter died of a sickness. And think, why aren't you playing that in? That little card that you got there, like, this is my only ch- my others like the idea that he's so raged because now both of his daughters he has no kids now and you know something well, I, like I that. I just imagine later it. on when Penguin and Mister Worth have their heart to heart when they work together that he'll start crying. They'll pick Penguin up in his big gigantic arms <laughs> and they'll cry together and crush him like a grape. It, it actually, if you're a wrestling fan, this reminds me completely. He's the great Kali. Oh, yeah. And when we went and saw a wrestling match, they were walking to the ring, and the great Kali put his hand on my son Ray's head, and I Covered actually the whole thing. I had a panic attack. I oh, actually yeah. only just because I'm like that he could just crush him. And like, also, no matter what, I also don't trust the great Kali not to crush everybody's head he comes across. And, and then he did the great slap. Hall of Famer. Uh, but yeah, so you have this going on, and we ended last issue. With Batman fighting Mr. Worth, we thought the guy might be a little smarter to realize Batman ran down the alley or the the sewer. And then as he got there, it's now Batman. It's Bruce Wayne, Batman, and he doesn't connect these. And he's just like, I'm going to get to Batman. I'm going to get to Bruce Wayne. With what we had before, Bruce Wayne's connection to Batman. Bruce Wayne runs into the sewers. Batman's there out of nowhere to protect him. Like, okay, everybody knows that Batman has worked for Bruce Wayne in the past or accepted his money. I can go with it. They have it, and they're fighting. But my big thing is that the big to do with Mr. Worth is that he's paid everyone off. And you just, Mariko Tamaki just keeps using this as a way to get out of, you know, a dead end with Mr. Worth. He's going to get arrested. He blew up a police station. Now he had everybody get out of there. Nobody knows why. Why well, was this? Is he paying everybody off like all the time? There's certain be. police districts that he's paying off or stuff like that. Because I'm just thinking to myself, here I am. I'm like, we talk about the idea, like who would ever want to become a cop or somebody who works for Arkham and Gotham and stuff like that. They're always like, like empty lines, of the job fairs for these things. But the thing is, Maybe if I am just a beat cop at Gotham, I'm getting paid off by the gangs, the freaking richest man in Gotham. All of a sudden, I got a summer home that I'm sitting at eight months out of the goddamn right. year just being a beat cop. You're going to be like the Joker in, in one of them safe houses, right? You go up and you you go. Actually, that's what, jet ba- that's what Batman was doing in Tom King's run. He went off to be Magnum P.I. while Alfred was getting his neck snapped. But you end up where that's a good idea, too, because the idea, not Alfred getting his neck snapped, the, the idea where Gotham City, you know, you always think it, and it's always the corrupt cops. Oh, there's dirty cops, dirty cops. But really, what other city do you have to do the bullshit that you have to do in the city? So you're well, going like, not even, even the just whole thing, getting like, paid often, a lot. But yeah. like, I understand that Mr. Worth might have some shady business deals with his family's legacy and the freaking, you know, the Worth business or whatever it is. Well, I forget what the hell they make. <laughs> Importer, exporter, I don't know. Freaking, but I don't know. But uh, when you have this, and yeah, he works in latex, but uh, 
I don't know, but when you have the situation, why is he paying off all the cops? Is this something he's done regularly, or is this a one-off it thing? seems like that's – but Does he expect to be in trouble with locks the first I've heard of it? No, and that's the thing. I think that what Mariko Tamaki is using, and that's my problem with Mr. Worth overall. I mean, the guy is 80 foot tall. That's another thing. You know, you said he's Andre the Giant. So without that, though, we don't get she tried to do this character work where, oh, my God, his his daughter, his youngest daughter ended up dying. I think of just cancer or whatever she died of. That was supposed to give a look. But we don't have character work. I mean, right here, me and you are talking about it. We read all these issues. We don't even remember what the hell he does or what he sells, what his family does. We have no idea. So what she is doing is, you know, rich guy bad. in a lot of things. Rich guy bad. And when you don't have any boundaries and anybody telling you what not to do, you end up as the bad guy. Well, you got Mr. Worth. And there you have it. Art Vandalay. They're in the import. Yeah, I mean, Art Vandalay's in there. Next thing, they're working for the Yankees and George Steinbrenner. They're buying calzones. (laughs) You end up, though, with the deal, like... You're Tebow. only getting this is such a one dimensional character. Then add to it that he's 80 foot tall, has a gun that is completely ridiculous. You a cannot BFG. take him seriously. You can't take this guy seriously. Like done, you think the Joker had a big gun in Batman 89 when he pulled it out of his waistband. That's nothing compared to what Mr. Worth has this sitting in his car. This is a gun. I don't even know how you fit this gun under your car seat. Bugs Bunny would be freaking envious of this gun. I mean, it's humongous. And he it's ends a two-town gun. I'm surprised that it isn't the gun humongous. It's it's like related to Hugh Vile. But he's one-dimensional. Obviously, first I don't, names. Yeah, first names. That's how they do it in this universe. Uh, but you don't get anything but daughter dead, me big, you in trouble. Until in the sewers after... We get the idea that it's not really good to ride your bike around Gotham. Right? No. This girl. I, I, I love it when she's like, that's my third bike I lost this month. I want, I want Huntress to say, that's your concern. You're well, hanging dude, on a here crevice. When, when, like, you know, Huntress is trying to get to Lady Clayface while Batman fights Mr. Worth in the sewer because Batman's worried about, you know, Lady Clayface getting seen, caught, destroyed with the bazooka that Mr. Worth has brought down there and just shooting all willy-nilly. But when Huntress is trying to get there, she is seeing the ground crumble around because Mr. Worth is just blasting things left and right. And this whole weird idea when this girl she has to save on the bicycle, like the ground opens up, Huntress grabs it before she falls into the crevasse. And she's like, oh, no, that's the third bike. I've lost this month. They're like, welcome to Gotham. All of a sudden, I'm expecting a backup about this girl losing two other bikes. <laughs> That'd be welcome to Earth. <laughs> you, you end up with this, and I'm like, is that why they had to get the Batman disaster fund? Everybody lost their bikes, Eric. I don't know. Just that. It just that right there. I was, what are you doing? And I think that 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 is is, what we have with Huntress to do in this book. You know why I I think that's there? She saved one person on a bike. That is only there because you have to not get her to make sure that Lady Clayface, looking like Sarah Worth, doesn't leave the bunker and start walking towards Mr. Worth. And and Sarah Worth version of Lady Clayface, Lady Clayface in that there's no explanation. You even play around like, hey, I don't know what did it. Could have been this, could have been that. Bah. And you go with it. She is just a plot device. She is a plot device. And at the end, possibly the way to get Bruce Wayne off the hook, only because Saul Neal with his eyes and set. But even then, like these mur- like you said, everything gets left behind. The idea, like nobody even talks about Lydia anymore. People forget, you know, and you wanted her to be the noisy neighbor, but she I ended did. up dying. But they're just like, that's just so Bruce can be wanted still. Hanging out at like, Huntress's thing, apartment. Is that going to be a thing that's really going to take place like going forward with what we're dealing with? Because all we have is Mr. Worth yelling, 
that Bruce Wayne, he's a murderer. But I don't understand how we get to that point because the whole fight between Mr. Worth and Batman in the sewers stops when Lady Clayface comes walking out of the Batman or the micro cave 7A and she looks like the Sarah Worth, but all brown and gooey. And she walks out here and Sarah? And he's like, Mr. Worth walks to what he thinks is his daughter. And all of a sudden she becomes the fluke monster, fluke man monster from the X-Files before she melts down in front of him. And then we just cut away to Mr. Worth being arrested. And I'm like, all right, um, because as soon as he's arrested, he walks back out. I'm going to kill that Batman. I'm going to kill that Bruce Wayne's. Are you and I'm supposed like, to be led to what, believe he's in such shock? What do we get out of this interaction between what he thinks is his dead daughter that just melts down in front of him? It's like the greatest shock of anybody's life. And all of a sudden, we just move on and don't ever deal with it. I'm like, that, and that's the what thing. are you doing? And you even said, and I thought the same thing, it is protect Summer from Rick and Morty when you end up having the water boy who ends up melting Daddy? away or dissipating Jimmy. away. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's so bad. Uh, but the, yeah, even the then in the art, in, in the art there, you see Batman. He's talking like, nothing breaks my heart more than a father who's upset about his non-daughter Clayface version melting away. But Classic then, Batman. That panel, it's like a hand. Mr. Worth down in the goo, and then a huge face of it's Lady Clayface. Like, it's stylized. It's Mr. Worth's hand reaching out to the fluke man monster of that what he thought was his daughter. And I in the know. middle is it's it's just going down the way into a puddle it's stylized. In it just like I said though before, and you said about some of the stuff stylized doesn't play out as well. But even then, what does Mr. Worth think now? He is gone and saw doesn't his matter. daughter and then dissipate into clay and mud. Does he think that Clayface is involved? He he just goes maybe in shock, but never played out. He went into the police station. Luckily, not the one he blew up. And they go in, and then the next day right away when he wakes up, hey, I want out of here. They let him out, and he has a press conference where he basically says he's going to murder two people while outside of the police station. (laughs) What a press conference, right? I'm going to murder this guy. I'm going to murder that guy. I could just imagine it's like a serial killer gets arrested, and then on a technicality, he gets out. Hey, what are you going to do, Eric Shea? I'm going to murder some more people. <laughs> oh, man. I'm oh, I gotta, it's a weekend to kill coming up here. Yeah, and it's just Got to make sure nobody testifies against me. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, that's what he said. That'd be the best. Oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to get rid of them witnesses. You better that's watch your doing. ass, watch your family's ass, because I'm a coming for that, you. That would be funny. Oh, wait, like, why, why are you putting me in half's cuffs? Yeah, like, what, what's going on? on? Hey, where are we going? You just let me out. I'd love it. He's like, listen, I'm going to go murder all the witnesses. And then they're like, but sir, you just made us witnesses. Exactly. (laughs) You just don't learn. (laughs) He just starts slicing. You dumb son of a bitch. But these are the, like, these are the big moment, like the big moment. What's the big moment? He ends up where his non-daughter, who he knows is dead. He has seen her on, I mean, I know it's Gotham and people can come back, but that is better. He knows that she's dead. This is one of those things where the whole thing with Lady Clayface would be to exonerate Bruce Wayne because you had the body in the morgue. Like, there, there's no, but oh my God, he, uh, he just goes to, and then lets himself out and then has a big press conference. I, I just don't get and it. That is I picked get, up by Hugh Viley. He's like, you know what? I like what you're doing there, Mister Worth, and I'm like, you know, I'm I work for Nakano in his office, but I'm working outside of it right now. I'm a big old, you know, monster mouth man, but you don't know about that. But I got this thing: we can work together because you don't like what's going on right now. We can do things about it. We'll kidnap Deb Donovan. We'll put it down in the sewer, and then maybe your plan now is to kill Bruce Wayne or Batman. I'm not really sure, but then we're gonna have Deb Donovan's phone. We're gonna send a text to Bruce Wayne, which then Batman will get, which will take him back down into the sewer where you guys last were, and then he'll blow up with all the bombs that are down there 
Is that about right, Mr. Worth? It just that right. sound right? Sounds good to me. I, I, You had me at bomb. And, and so even then, they're like, oh, my God, Deb Donovan. The trigger to Worth's gun in his car is bigger than Hugh Vile's head. <laughs> I know. Look at the thumb. Holy crap. I, I like it. I thought he was getting sexy. He's like, let's say that I am a fan of men of great power who are willing to use their force to exercise well, I am a fan their of men of your size. I'm like, that Look is at those good. hands. And then all of a sudden, you just have to be reminded that he's alien. Uh, he's a species. He's a species. <laughs> so Deb Donovan gets the call. Hey, uh, let's let's have all that. Let's just break this down a little bit because we have so much going on in the background that we kind of skip over. Because, but like, this is the idea right now we have Simon Saint like trying to put his magistrate system through into Gotham. He's got to do all of the stuff to do it, and for some reason he has Hugh Vile working for him as a mole inside the mayor's office. But he's also an alien mouth monster. Yes, and then oh. also then he's in the car there with Mister Worth. They're driving, and then suddenly, without even saying anything, he just gets on the phone with Deb Donovan. I mean, even it's not even like a, hey, can you uh, wait a second? I need to make this call or something. Because I was like, what's going on? Who are they talking? But he ends up, Hugh calls. Just the idea, though, when you answer your phone and say, hello, Mr. Vile. I, I think if you have to call somebody Mr. Vile, don't answer that phone. Don't pick it up. Take it out of your freaking contacts. And also, don't end up going to a clandestine meeting at midnight in a shady no area lights. of town. And, and then Deb Donovan's like, I don't know about that. But she goes and says, I don't know about that. And then what only I hope you can explain. I think you might hit her with a giant bong made out of a log. I, yeah, I don't know a what it is. Extinguisher, Jim. OK, I couldn't even tell what it was. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I thought it was some crazy. I thought he was doing the drugs. The kids I are doing the tell. drugs all wrong. You, you don't show it. The whole she thing. And I did not know what that was. My kids are junkies. She's like, you want to get high? Boom and hit her right and like hey and they take her but the best is they take her down into the sewer. They get some C (laughs) four on her. They end up getting the thing. And Huntress is like, man, I can't believe that Mister Worth would do all this. Batman doesn't answer. Says it in his head, which throws me off. Later, when you end up Huntress still continuing against Batman, but Batman says in his head, no, no, that's not something that Mister Worth would get involved with because he knows to know so well, but. It is. He is involved. This was the plan that he said, all right, you go do it. That's fine. And so they go down. They start shooting these timers on the C4. I don't know how things work, but I, I, I Look, wonder I, why we, they we don't understand just what they're doing. Look, there, there's timers on the C4. We're throwing batarangs and shit at the timers. The timer's breaking, and we're led to believe, and I can go with it, that once that happens, the bomb's inert. Yeah, I don't. It's just one of those things that you never see. It that easy, right? When well, when you thing. have it's, a movie well, or something, do you prefer me smash the freaking face point of this, or do I have to go and cut the green wire? I'm waiting for green red wire talk. This is you know what's blue, red, yellow, red, you're whatever. Dead, yellow, you're mellow. Actually, perfect blue, idea to do. get perfect idea to get Oracle involved and do some stuff. And she's like, "How the hell do I know? I just do computer stuff." But she's yeah, she's they off end right up now freaking taking care of you know the Batgirls and their mission to take down Penguin yeah, as an elite Here's activities. the big thing though that gets me. Is that they're, they, you spend a, a page with them just shooting these timers only to then have it seemingly just remotely blown up anyway? So that's the thing. Is I don't think it's remote. I don't think it's remotely blown. I think they just You're don't hit they all the didn't timers. Do it right. Yeah, they just didn't mm. hit all the timers. Because as well, you see, as they go, go. In, like all over the place. Yeah, it's just then get stop trying to do, get her the hell out. Start going because if you say to me, well, there's no time to leave. When they get there, there's two minutes and thirteen seconds left. Untie Deb Donovan and get Hall and S. Now, again, if you say, well, obviously there was enough time. Well, then you're saying they're dead because they do seem, I, I would guess they survive. 
but that's just me. But just imagine this, up- though. We have Mr. Worth, who was arrested the, the, that freaking night by shooting a rocket launcher at a police station with Bruce Wayne in there. And nobody's even asking why the police station besides Bruce Wayne was completely empty. It's just one of those things. Oh, don't worry. It's completely empty except for that piece of shit, Bruce Wayne. But he's arrested. He gets out five minutes later. I'm going to kill them pieces of shit. <laughs> and then, yeah. like, you know, an hour later... He is standing in front of a giant explosion, still wearing that bazooka around his freaking back, you know, on a strap. And he's, he's not the king of one-liners, though, because this giant explosion goes off in front of you. Kaboom. I'm like, you're a little late. You're supposed to say it before it happens. Yeah, you're supposed to. He, well, he's a businessman, Eric. He's not a stand-up comedian. But it's better than Hugh Vile, who sees it from down the street, you know, in an office buddy. Yes. Yeah, but he's got the shh because he's a worm. <laughs> he's got the worm. Yeah, the worm talks. Oh, my God. And even he's earlier, the when tongue. they were talking about the, hey, anybody else got them eye worms? And Batman's like, nope. So it must be biological and not a like, virus because of this. I'm worms. like, what are you talking about? I we just took it right, like we went right past it to have this weird ass moment with this guy who can't be arrested. He's above the law because he's got the money. Yeah, yeah. And then Huntress says about the iron worms, ooh, I guess we got to find the big worm. That's you, Vile. Okay, we get it. <laughs> we get it. Uh, I don't yeah, get it, though. Nonsense. Well, we don't get it. I'm saying I get what they're just surface level doing. And your head just spins reading this. And at the end, the best part is not much happens. It's just a lot of nonsense, a lot of surface level stuff where, again, you start up with the whole, you know, summary. You have Mr. Worth in the sewer, punches Batman. What he thinks is his daughter comes out and melts. He gives himself up, gets out, calls a press conference, and they blow up the sewers. That That's what they do. Maybe and Batman Deb Donovan. is going back and forth with that. But with I that, love you the do... idea that the greatest freak of things, like, we got to get that Deb Donovan as bait. I'm like, why is she so important? I know. Well, I saw earlier in the issue when Batman's swinging around town, he's thinking of all of those quotes of Deb Donovan. I'm like, that that... That almost bothered yeah, me. Like, I thought next about it too. We saw the backup with... last things. Like, you know, some people are like this, and I don't understand. Well, I don't have a better explanation, but I don't think those people should be like that. I'm like, you flip flopping bitch. Yeah, yeah, we did <laughs> have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, really. You, that's an editorial that flip flops. Hardly an editorial, right? So you have all that going on, but yeah, and here it's like there's only, and that's I think that that's my problem a lot of times with Mariko Tamaki with these things. The details don't add up. A lot is surface level, and there's only the characters that are right there. Like, it couldn't be anybody but Deb Donovan just because she is pushing Deb Donovan. And so there it is, Deb Donovan in the sewers. Oh, we got to save her and whatnot. Because Bruce that, Wayne that, and that Batman's greatest ally, editorial, Deb Donovan. Yeah, I, I could just like it. They're like, why did we pick Deb Donovan for that? And Hugh Vile's like, I just don't like her writing. I'm yeah. sick of these editorials and her stealing my booze. Uh, but we do have the backup with the penguin, and basically, it's that the penguin has been, you know, relegated to being a joke. He's, he's been uh, shafted he, over the years. He thinks that he's the big bad still, uh, you know. And if if he would sit there, he's like, well, you know, Joker, me, Mister Freeze, like all those things. And I think that the funny thing about this is, I, I'm not gonna fully know the back. I think it's shade at people like a James Tynum that keeps making up all these stupid new villains, but yet the classics are being pushed to the back. 
it's complete shade, Eric. It's gonna well, this thing and, is, it's not complete shade. It's like we're going to talk you, about Megan later. Fitzmartin. <laughs> yeah, with, with Harley Quinn and that reviewer, what we've talked about with Red Hood and different things before, the idea where you have a character that refuses to progress because the writers just have one story that they know about it and you just keep using that story and you move past it, but the next person picks it up and they go back. The character's never had a chance to progress. We have moved Penguin out of his classic, you know, just villain with a, like an umbrella arsenal going on that goes and robs banks and bad mess the fight. He is now a businessman. He is a crime lord figure who has like a like a legitimate business that he sits there and uses as a front and stuff like that. He's become a classic mafioso who just kind of looks funny and has a weird umbrella gimmick. And that's all he is. We never get and reason anymore because penguin, no, no, that that never happened. Don't ever bring oh, that up. But I this whole thing is like. We don't use the penguin like he was used classically. And we had a whole back issues about this a couple of years ago about the penguin yeah, the being picture. tired of looking at as a joke. So he went back to classic where he's going to go and just pull a heist and do classic umbrella penguin shit. And it was great, but it was great because he's going to get back in it. And all of this is, is the same story where he's pissed off at people making light of him and his situation and his stature in the community. So he's just going to go back, kill some people, make himself a hardcore like you know, hitter again, and prove that he's the motherfucking penguin. Everybody should take him seriously. And you know that he's going to end up betraying Mr. Worth. But the thing that gets me is a penguin, yeah, he seems like he's getting a lot of shade thrown on him. This, But he seems not even aware of it. What? What's going on? He's, like, my, he's like my, great, one of my top three Batman villains. And we don't. The thing is, and the thing is, I love classic Silver Age. Go, like not goofy. Like he's a real threat in my mind with his umbrella weapons. Everything he does, I love that penguin. I you haven't like got to have that penguin. I do sometimes, but like I haven't got to have that penguin in a long time. And I understand we've moved past that now. He, the character has progressed, but we can't move past that progression and do anything new with them. And now we're going to go back and do this. We've seen the situation a bunch of times. I just don't see it going anywhere, but I am happy that he is getting some, you know, panel player because we never get to see him do anything really, except for just, you know, be the foil of Jason Todd nonstop. And even when he gets shot in the face, it doesn't do anything. Went off in Catwoman to Villa Hermosa to realize that shit wasn't going right there and leave. Uh, But that's why you should read that uh, Batman Earth 1, uh, Eric. That was where you have Mayor Penguin, Mayor Oswald. But with this, though, is the funny thing that it really Mr. Worth is a taller penguin at points in this. He's a guy who can pay off people. He's a businessman. Well, do you, just- think that, you think that's what they're trying to play? Because throughout this whole backup, they have this play on the idea of, you know, you know like prehistoric monsters like that, how penguins have been around on the Earth this entire time. And then comparing the, the penguin in prehistoric Mr. times Worth. to T-Rex. Exactly. And T-Rex is why I was known as like the king of the dinosaurs and everything like that. They became extinct and the penguin was able to evolve and move past everything. So this whole thing, when we have this combination where... I think it's you know, 100%. Penguin is going to call up Mr. Worth to see what's going on with him and this whole idea of, you know, this renegade situation or vigilante squad that's going to put out there for his revenge squad. Penguin wants to be a part of this. And ultimately through this dialogue of narration, or I mean, this narration, it's just going to be how penguins will evolve past. Yeah, I think that's that's what it's going to be. I think that it's going to be, but it's a weird play because it's weird because Mariko Tamaki's pushing Mr. Worth as a guy who's always had his hands in that underworld deal. And you would want the penguin to come in and basically be like, you don't know how to do this. You don't go the far enough. You're just this new guy. It's almost like, you know, he's old money, but it's as a villain, he's kind of the new money. He's the new villain. He's just decided because his thing, uh, his daughter got killed that he's going to come out. And I think that the play will be that Penguin will just sit back and wait for that mistake. 
and end up well, being able to exploit line, That's a great it. thing, too, because even in uh, Scott Snyder's Death of the Family, when we had the Joker coming back with it's just Joe without his face and like the staple to him and stuff like that, when he was putting together the villains for his, like, you know, the King's Court where Batman was the king and he was the jester and stuff like that, we had all these villains that were brought together. And Harvey, uh, Harvey Dent, Two-Face, he was kind of kicked out at one point because the Joker even said to him, look, you know, we don't respect you, Harvey, because you were a district attorney. You got some acid thrown in your face, and all of a sudden you're going to break bad. We yeah, think yeah, you're that's a joke. What it is. Yeah, yeah. And you're Mr. Johnny Worth and these other guys, even the idea where you had like, what, what the hell's going on downtown? Like he's just also he's not very subtle. He doesn't know how to play it out. It's he's just that he has money. So broad daylight. And I would guess like that I would also guess that the idea to get Penguin back, if if this is a step to hey get Penguin back in the deal, he's just going to somehow get mr worth's money somehow with this money because without money mr worth is nothing mr worth is nothing without this money penguin can just go and start being the you know big boss guy just kill mr worth oh i know but i'm saying then somebody has to get the money i mean if he's going to kill him they'll probably want to just grab that money somehow i don't know how that would work out but yeah you end up with this one reporter who i'm telling you probably has a blog eric and he's like hey i'm gonna ask you questions and pretty much just like making fun uh, Penguin, as Penguin's already realizing that he didn't here. know this he was a joke. This guy has snuck into a private area of the Iceberg Lounge, berating Penguin by himself, freaking about how much no of a witnesses. joke the Penguin's become. No witnesses by themselves. I'm like, you ballsy, dumb son of a bitch. But You're I think that's die. a good play of they don't think that he does exactly. anything anymore. So that's pretty good. He kills him. And then you end up having... You know, loud Tommy, I like to call him, uh, one of his henchmen going and drinking beer and saying that that penguin's ridiculous. Because at one point, the Batgirls end up stopping Penguin and then get called away. And just he's like, what are you doing? You're leaving right now? Aren't you going to arrest me? And we, we don't need your nonsense. We're leaving. The, the police will come and get you and leave him there. And yeah, it all leads up, and then he comes in. It's funny. It's th- I'm thinking this about guy. this whole idea of the penguin and like that, and killing people and getting put back on the track of being a threat. It really reminds me back in like the early '90s when they were coming out with Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare. One of the scripts that was put out there was by Peter Jackson, of Lord of the Rings fame, and like you know, Brain Dead and all those great movies. Pretty like decent the guy, right? Yeah, and bad taste. But the idea was. At this point in time, it's in the future, and Freddy is a joke where people take like sleeping pills to go to the dream world and just beat up Freddy and kick him around because he is such a joke anymore. And one time, Freddy accidentally kills one of the kids who have come just to harass him in the dream world, and this starts getting his power back to the point where he starts becoming a threat again for all this. But they never went with that. We never got to see anything of it. But that concept is like I thought was always intriguing where you have a character like the Penguin. It's a little bit of blood back on his freaking you know, beak here. He might get a taste for it again and become somebody who's uh, threatened Gotham City once more. And I like that. I like that. It says, you know, it ends the beginning. And it is art by Carl Morstert and Jordi Belair and Rob Lay as well. And, yeah, it, it's it's good. It's, the best it, it's part pretty of the issue. decent there. And it is. It is the best part of the issue. Still with that. Still only giving this a 6 out of 10. What would I'm you right give I'm right there it? with you. Yeah, yeah, the, the main Detective Comics Batman story where I thought this was going to be my Batman book because we just kept introducing new characters in Batman. It didn't seem like it was really progressing anywhere except for just future state nonsense that I didn't really care about. And a weird straw, like not, that even says weird, but it's going to say a weird straw man scarecrow, but I can't even say that. It's like a weird wicker man scarecrow. I don't even know what the hell he is, but I wasn't caring for it. And I thought this is going to be it. This is going to be the Batman, the birds with crazy murder mysteries. I could be all about this, but it just keeps going further and further in the nonsense. And while I can stand nonsense, it moves past any explanation or connection that it could make with the characters. 
all right, we're past that. Let's move on. I'm like, no, you were skipping the most important parts. Yeah, there's never and there's no character work. It's just wow moment work. And there's no explanation. It's just setting up the next plot device. And I just can't You're get behind Mr. it. You're making Mr. Worth worth less. Yes. Oh, my, Mr. Worth. <laughs> Oh, my, our God. But we're going to go to the next book. Now you're going to make me giggle. Uh, we're going <laughs> to the next book, which, again, we just ended up, you know, being a little bit negative on that. Uh, this next book, holy moly, what is going you ain't on? Seen and nothing I, yet. <laughs> I, I just, I ended up, and just a shout out, I ended up talking to a guy, Nikki. We were talking to him today on Twitter, and yeah. he did take a little bit of umbrage that we were judging the justice league too quickly with naomi and what we were doing on the planet and whatnot and i'm not throwing shade at all i'm just saying that i warned him that brian michael bendis will never give us any information about naomi or that world because he's still saving it and then he almost like well why would he do that i'm like because it's him uh because this book this issue it, it almost like it punches you in the face i always make the it joke does. it does it like it's making fun of you for reading it and actually expecting and and caring it, it really I care about nothing. all these characters, and it's like, you care about this oh, shit? No. What about Even- this nerd? I'm not going to give you nothing. You like Naomi? You better, because that's all you're going to get. <laughs> and the progression makes no sense, and then there's a McGovern. I mean, nothing works out in this issue, but Eric, what isn't? Justice League, number 63, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with a backup J.O.D. with by Ram V, with art by David Marquez, Ivan Placencio, and Josh Reed, with the backup art by Zermonico, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Rob Lee. The fight between Zimbardo and our Justice League team continues this issue where Naomi freaks out a bit. Our heroes hightail it back home and close the portal behind them. And with that, Naomi's a part of the Justice League. Normally, it's at this point where I get ready for the real story in this series, the Justice League Dark. But with that, too, it was a tad underwhelming this week as we escape a library in a very, well, in a way I don't fully understand. Cleed has some visions I don't fully understand. And Elnara Rushtu, the 13th Oathsworn. It's a cult that I don't fully understand, but don't worry, folks. There's a Batman looking on. Yeah, Batman's watching. It made me laugh with the idea where I I actually read that, and I'm telling you, so dumb what I thought. I'm like, oh, man, they must be worried about this one failing because Batman has a guest host. Not remembering it's it's a Justice League League with Batman anyway. (laughs) It made me laugh so much. Uh, I'm going to mention something here. It really goes mainly to those Superman backups, the Superman in Action comic, but this as Mm -hmm. well. and. Number one, I will say that it's so funny that when you read this book, your whole attitude changes depending on the JLD one, because that's what we've been enjoying. That is not the way it's supposed to be with a backup. The backup is not supposed to make you feel good or carry the book, but it does. And when you end up having a stinker of a main issue, when you tread water and get a little confusing in the backup, that that really makes this one like just crumble down. Because we were able, but what I said to you even earlier with these backups, by this point in all these books, these backups, a lot of people I don't think are reading them. I think the JLD one they are, yeah. uh, but I think people are now with the idea that like a JLD, but that's bonus. That's like, oh my God, that makes this worthwhile because those Superman ones. Two Justice Leagues uh, for the be, price yeah. of one plus who, a dollar? And so, but you have, you can't have that. You can't have the backup carry the weight you can't have it you know everything on its shoulders because this issue of brian michael bennis's that this is bull crap this is terrible you end up starting and telling half of your story in a flashback so you're making it it's already happened we already know you wake wake up kiddo hey what did you just go through black canary well let me tell you we're sitting there 
Motherfucker, Black Canary was there and she saw was everything there. going. She's oh, wait, the rest in of the almost team every show panel. The rest of the story where they were there as well. Cool. What she's, a terrible framing device. The scene that Naomi is describing now, when she says, "Hey, what happened?" It's I don't know my powers, Fritz. There it is. No, not the well. Get this. At the one point, Black Canary is three feet away from Naomi of what Naomi's now. Re- I think that Black Canary goes off and Oliver's like, how is she? I don't know. She's a little off still. I think she has a concussion. She can't remember that I was yelling to her. I'm right next to her in the store. So you end up having this. But even then, nothing. This story well, you have is the big nothing. fight right now. We have gone to Naomi's home world because we had to cross the, into this world in order to shut the portal down from this side so this world can't threaten us anymore, even though they could probably just do it again. But this this is the basis. And Barry built a machine to go and send everybody there. He screwed up, somehow sent everybody to different locations on this world that's not in the multiverse, somehow, whatever that means. So him and Hippolyta had to come over here and... Do, I actually, I don't know what the hell they had to do. They had to come over here, though, but their powers are all wonky, even though I, I thought it was going to be one thing. But anyway, Naomi, this is her This is her home world. This is the place that she was born and then sent away like Superman to Earth and everything like that. But when she's here, as we've seen, her powers, not I don't even say they're wonky, but her body parts start disappearing like she's Marty McFly in Back to the Future. And they don't understand why. And by the end of this issue, I don't understand why because it's never brought up again. Naomi just freaks out at the sight of Zambato and she starts fighting because she's a mega level power. And everybody else is to stand by and watch except for Hawkgirl because her nth metal mace is now glowing in a way that she's never seen before. That's never explained or talked about, really. She helps out, but everybody else's powers, they're just wonky. And we got to get out of here. Hey, but where's Batman? Don't worry. He went to a place knew, he knew nothing about or didn't know where to go and got freaking McDur- like uh, McMurda. What the hell was her name? The woman who embedded the portal technology on this world. He stole all her data and the stuff she had. And now they can go back to their home world. I'm like... Yeah, they use that technique because the problem is Barry and Hippolyta are in the world now. You can't get back. They don't have the treadmill or anything here, which is odd. They just, they just the are there. Portal. And then Batman opens this portal seemingly, but that's him off panel going and getting McMurphy's deal, I think it was, yeah. whatever, and grabbing and going. So what you're getting here, and, and this is where I get through the whole deal, okay. You end up having a a big threat. You know, there's some bottle. I guess. And it's some well, bottle. We saying, know that he destroyed this Brutus world, but we don't know Zimbato, shit about it. But this is the problem. What I'm saying is this would be something that you would have to have the Justice League know they have to go back and face, right? But you've set up that, ooh, those powers get wonky, so we better not do that. And then you make it so that Zimbato and Brutus are going to have uh, a time. Oh, this is to set up when they end up having season two of, of Naomi. Well, that's the you thing, have to have a reason not to be problem. able to go back there and not have them come until you want them to a year from now for this bullshit story. But Jim, and, and the you, thing you, is, you that's the biggest problem this with this book, though, because we have to go back and shut down the portals that McMurph has made with her sect with Brutus to go and try to find a new world. And now that Batman has stolen all that stuff and Brutus has been beaten by the Just League, Zimbardo goes to McMurph like, I need you to build more of that shit because we're going to go find that nice shiny world. And all I'm doing, I'm reading this, I'm sitting there, I'm like, all it took before was when Naomi got her powers, you opened a portal yourself and came yeah. to our world until yeah, she kicked your ass back. So how did you kicked. do that initially? Because nothing makes sense. And, and again, That was the end of Naomi season yeah, one, where Zimbardo showed up in our world, and then we had a portal breach that was sitting there in Port Oswego, you know, Naomi's hometown, until it wasn't a problem anymore. And I love, like, this dialogue, the pull, the pull, the pull. 
and the then they're talking doing the right thing and helping people and the let me idea, tell you i'm superman uh, i know all about the pool and naomi it's weird because i don't know if you know this at all because even though we are in an infinite frontier there are 52 known universes in uh, the multiverse yeah, uh, and I'm like, he finally realized there was a multiverse it was always dimensions before with i him. just now he I says really it too late i don't know what bendis is doing i really think that I mean, like, what his knowledge about everything and what he wanted to do, because you and I had speculated about the idea of, you know, wonder what, like, Hippolyta and Black Adam being on this team because of what was going on with Death Metal going into Infinite Frontier. And also Endless Winter. Remember the Endless, uh, Endless Winter, Winter as well, like yeah. That, but I really think that it might have been that but he was putting together a Justice League and people were just telling him what he could and couldn't use. Like, we're thinking, oh, man, Black Adam's going to be here because of that, you know, his future state self that came back in time and he's a better man and he's going to try to avert the people. We had all of these grand theories of what we saw before. And I think it's ultimately, like, he he went to DC and was like, I want to use Shazam on my team. Oh, you can't do that because Shazam doesn't have powers. Tim Sheridan's doing stuff with him. But he didn't ask that far. Well, what about that other one? Black Adam. Oh, yeah, you can use him. All right, I want to use Wonder Woman. Oh, you can't do that. Well, that's a shame. Um, how about Hippolyta? Like, there was no rhyme or reason. He just wanted to use these characters and got the closest ones he could because he doesn't even know that after Death Metal, we're doing omniverse stuff. He is giving us information that's 10 years old at this point in time. Even more of that, if you want to go back to before Flashpoint and stuff like that, when the multiverse was remade by Mr. Mind. I'm like, I don't know what he's doing. And here we are. The biggest book the DC Universe should be putting out right now with this new era of Infinite Frontier. And we have a writer who doesn't know anything about these characters or the world he's writing about. And when he writes the characters, they, they all sound alike, as always. But even the idea where, hey, did your Nth Metal ever do anything wacky like that? I mean, we had a long story about Nth Metal it's doing wacky stuff. Cosmic I just waited, but it's like, I don't know about my mace, but I, I had cosmic maps on my wings. And, it would have yeah, shut yeah. down the freaking I mean, mother of creation at one point, I think. The idea that he almost plays this off as if nobody has ever heard of Nth Metal when we have spent years upon years, even if you didn't like metal and death metal from Scott Snyder. This was the main thing. If, if somebody came to me and like, hey, you ever see any wacky stuff with this end metal? I'm like, where the hell have you been? I mean, that's all we've been dealing with. Nope, I haven't. I mean, there's more to it than that, including the idea that, you know, Batman stole that last sliver from Ken, like all these things that happened with Nth Metal or whatever, and you use it as a device to just blow up to get bad guys away and go, you ever see anything like that? No. It's weird, right? It's so ridiculous. Yeah, there's a lot but, of stuff here that's weird beyond the Nth Metal. Please yeah. talk about something that dealt with any of it. And, and that's the thing. When Naomi's there and they're talking about this pull, hey, you get the pull, you want to save everybody, but you can't at that point. All he is doing for six pages here is explaining to people why we won't have a Naomi book for a while because they end up, you can't go back. And the funny thing is we can't go back to your home world because the powers are wonky. Well, I know that there's a couple that you get a little, you know, black canary with the it's not wonky. It, she ends up being even over. Get a bunch she of can them. Be on the stars team. Get a bunch of them and go back. Right or you know, put together a think? Justice League task force like Batman we have in the nineties to take on wonky, this stuff. Right? Exactly. He we was never the main saw that man. Flash was wonky. He just went there. He said he started feeling sick. Never saw it. Apollo's there. She's a god. She's like, good. Just, yeah, just go and get things done. But no, we have to wait. And you meander about every every step of the way. Naomi comes out and is like, "Hey, are you guys mad at me? They already told you they were." Hey. We're not mad at you. We're just trying to say, welcome to the, welcome Justice, to the League. Justice League. But before Woo-hoo! we can even deal with that, all right, <laughs> I'm Green Lantern. I have to go and grab my buddy Bruce Wayne over here. Hey, Batman, 
I don't know if you know this, but like, you know, I've been fitting a lot, like pulling a lot of the bills of this place going on now since you don't have a lot of money. It's been hard though, you know, cause ever since Leviathan took down, you know, all the agencies, wink, wink, and we had to form checkmate, you know, I realized this place is more important than ever. And it's like, all we're dealing with of any kind of consequence is Bendis's bullshit because even you and I are talking about off before this, the next stuff that's coming up is his continuation of his Sinmar character from a Superman run. And anything that deals with the greater DC universe outside of us, he doesn't give a Here's shit about. Thing. And and the greater DC universe, yes, that, that but this is the Justice League book. This is one of the most important books here, and you're using it as a device to get your I don't want to say crappy characters, but get your characters more exposure and set up stories that you'll do later. That is complete and utter bullshit. This is the book that should be the big book leading the charge, not going back to things like, and basically, this Sinmar bullshit, did anybody like it? All he's saying is- I don't is, even fully understand I'm, I'm it. telling you, all he's saying, though, is- I didn't get a chance to finish that because they kicked me off of the Superbook, so I'm going to just finagle it in here. The editors or whoever is in charge to say, stop your bull crap. They're not doing their job. They're asleep at the wheel. They should get the script of the Sid Mar. Well, what the hell do you think you're not doing Superman anymore? That's why. Shit like that. Stop it. Stop your nonsense. His books are complete and utter crap because all he ends up doing is either using them as a way to backtrack to make whatever fuck up he did right, you know, or introduce his own characters that he wants to go and do books later and whatnot, and they're not interesting. Naomi is not interesting in this book. We learn nothing about her again. We still don't know what power set. We still don't know anything about her homeworld. They were there, even at the point they have to throw in this nonsense. We don't know how they got their powers on this world. Ah, please. This is just nonsense. It's so it, funny, it, it's too. There's this one panel in here that is the most knowing about Bendis's and how he believes his time at DC is going to go going forward type of thing because we have the Justice League talking to Naomi, trying to reassure about everything that's going on here. And there was just one panel that seems kind of weird to me where it's Aquaman, and it felt like it's more of Brian Michael Bendis talking to the fans like this. You'll get another shot at Zambato. I can almost guarantee it. Yeah. Wink. Almost. I, I, I just I want he's that. not even too sure because this might be taken away from me any time now. <laughs> I want him to smile ding on his deal. It's like you're almost sure. <laughs> we just but we just want a so child good. though at, at the end of this whole thing who can't fully control her powers and doesn't know anything about herself be a part of the biggest superhero team in the DC yeah. universe. Yep, that's what that's what this ends with. A girl who We've you known don't even like know, two or three weeks. don't know her power set. In DC uh, Comics time. Ended, yeah, don't know power set. Ended up going to her home world, which she flipped out after, you know, even getting a little wonky. Like, she has a temper, she does. She might, exactly, she, she might have some stressed. emotional problems. They say in this, you are a bomb. Now, Brian Michael Bennis might be using that. To, the book might be. The, the bomb. The idea, yeah. The idea, though, that you're saying that you are an unknown you know, quantity of a bomb here. Hey, welcome to the Justice League. I mean, really, we had Firestorm on there, like, right? That guy. Is, that I guy's can see a hot the head, idea right? that we talk about. We can put her on the team, but secretly, because we have Batman on the team, wanting to keep an eye on her. But no, I think her that they should fully just keeping is. an eye on but her. This is more of like, man, we can't wait oh, to yeah. have you on the team. Shit, next week you're going to be leading us, Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, it would be if you had that side deal where, hey, Superman, what do you think? Well, I like, think Batman she, could even be good afraid of her. Yeah, and then Batman's like, we can't have her. We can't just let her go out in the world now. 
we have to keep her here, but how can we do this? Eh, let her join the team, and we'll we'll just it's, have it's her a with little, us and all that. It's a little undercover imprisonment. She just doesn't it, know she's yeah, being watched 24-7. It's just imprisonment with a couple extra steps. You end up where you don't get that. I mean, and also I love it too. It's I, like, you, hey, yeah, hey, Naomi, you're on the team. She goes, Yahoo! And, and then blows up or flies through a plane or something. Look at her. Like, get back here. You still don't the know funny your thing powers. Is, we, we joke about that, but it's, that's essentially how the Khalid Nassour Dr. Fate series went with his yeah. powers. He just pretty yeah. much killed people. Yeah, he ended up killing people. Remember Oops. that hospital? Remember the <laughs> Oh, the hospital and everything. We we were the only ones who were like everybody, the hero is killing people here because he Oops. doesn't know his powers. And they're like, no, no, he means he's well. the greatest. Oh yeah, yeah, he means well. We did like him though by the end. Yeah. Right? We we liked the character. Well no, but no, I liked him when he showed up, I think, in Constantine and he looked really cool and yeah, what they yeah, did with him yeah. after. But didn't we like anything the concept about him in his of the own character. Series. I'm telling yes. you, it was blowing people up though. But yeah, again. As a summary, what we learned here is that Black Canary likes people to tell stories when she was there to witness it herself. Also, that basically. Bitch, so like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, little girl, are you awake? Cool. Hey, tell me a story that has to do with me. Yeah, I love it too. She's like, <laughs> tell right. that story. Well, we were fighting and then Superman did this. When are you no, going to no, get no, to no. the part where I used to scream? When are you going to get to that part? <laughs> you know, the best oh, oh. part. Yeah, the best, the only part. And we end up where oh, we're canary. not, we're not going to go back and check out the Naomi's homeworld because Batman off panel grabbed the, the cube to make the portal thing so they can't come here. So we're just going to leave that lie so that you can end up having that later in the Naomi season two, which by Naomi, the time it comes out, it's so funny. Himself. Yeah. When, when you end up having it, it's really go with the idea. Season six is what's next. It's taken so damn long. And then you end up where they should, don't this, understand this Naomi. I don't care what anybody says. They There's don't. No season two. I think they're going to wait for the TV show. That that would make sense, right? Makes sense in the way that they Is would that still play. A thing? But yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be no. Uh, you're a floor show though. Oh, okay, which right, I said that was, I said right away that that was doomed because the idea that the cost of that show would be way more. But you end up at what cost, Eric? You end up though then with Naomi Worthless. being told we still don't know your power set. We're afraid that you're a bomb. Welcome to the Justice League. All right. Classic that is Justice awesome. League. That is so awesome. It'd be like the idea they're like, hey, uh, we want to get this guy Parasite on the team, but I'm a little afraid that he might try sucking our powers. Ah, eh, whatever. Welcome to the Justice League. Like They're just ridiculous. But And then you have to, like you said, the idea where I love Oliver coming off as a good guy, but really he's a pretentious prick. Hey, Batman, by the way. I'm funding all this. Like, I, I know that you don't a bunch have of these it. Months in I a know row. you're you're poor as shit compared to me, so I'm the one that's going to pay you the multi-millionaire bills. But I don't schmuck. mind it. <laughs> really. How much do you have now? <laughs> you're not five hundred million dollars. Chump change yeah, to the really. arrow. <laughs> and then that's me. In case you don't know, uh, I call myself the arrow. The arrow, especially when I'm going to head off to, to checkmates. Yeah, now, now we're just going to end up Sinmar. And checkmate shit. Uh, you know what's going to happen. It's going to just force oh, I, that I'm just now. waiting until after Sid Marcus done when the Justice gets to take on Rogel Czar. Yeah, really. <laughs> really? It's just going to be. I, I just want the uh, the young uh, Fs from Earth 3. They're just the young fuckers from Earth 3. Yeah, they're just going to show up. Hey, yeah, it's time Which for us now. Which would even make sense for the new multiverse and how we're dealing with things you, right, right now. now. I know. Right now. I am Superman. I'm trying to find Ultraman, and I'm going to smack the crap out of him for what, even if it doesn't make sense. I need to punch him for what he did to John. 
or or just find Bendis, right? That would be the same. But we do have this backup. Uh, you go into that, Eric, as we go. And like you said, it, it ends up in my mind. It ends up being a little too meta. And you end well, up with Merlin on the ha- run. I have really dug the idea of how they've been using magic in this so far because it just seems so out there and so magical and wonderful. So, you know, but when we have to escape the library of Babel where we've been before because, you know, we found out Merlin was there. He was looking for his book of spells. He brought stuff to life. And in order for us to do this, we're going to like, he's like, you know, I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to add to this library. I'm going to have to write words about us leaving this thing that we're going to be then shrunk onto the page that I'm writing. We're going to have a key that I'm going to write about having. It's to a door that we have to turn the page that we're writing on that we're shrunk down on in order to escape the library. And voila, we're out. I'm like, all right, look, I like having fun as much as the next guy, but I don't know what the fuck you just said. <laughs> Do you? Do you really? I'm a fun I love a guy. Because- I laugh because at one point I, I keep saying it's more of the swamp thing, but when I keep saying that Ramby is like trying to chase down Alan Moore, he, he, the oh, shadow yeah. of Alan Moore is going. And I swear to God, for some reason, when they're like, we got to chase that wizard, that old wizard, I'm like, I think that this is about him trying to catch up with Alan Moore and trying to see do these that. things. He's like a street and, wizard. Yeah. yeah I'm telling wizard. You that, that's why I said that. I even sent you a message. But even at the point where when they're like, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm going to change things. What could be the worst that could happen? And you end up having, I believe it's Bobo, metafiction, postmodernism. I'm like, go fuck yourself. This is the stuff that gets me annoyed, especially in books like this. It's not clever. It isn't. It's just doing something to make you progress to try to feel fancier. Well, that's the worst part of it. I want to read what Constantine is writing on there, but it's not going away because like things are scribbled out and then they're walking over different things and it just didn't seem like it was laid out there. And then you have panels over top of the words where I'm like, yeah, I I don't exactly. I like know when what they have to turn out. the page to get out, but that doesn't even make much sense. He should just write, and then they got out of the, yeah. the deal. Uh, oh, but with that, the funny thing is, the one scribbled out. I just think he misspelled hexagonal. What <laughs> an idiot! Ah, and then he's like, "I got the key," and then I'm trying to find. I'm just like, "Let's get out of here." That then they go, and yeah, the whole thing then leads them to. The Tower of Fate, where oh, they we have, have different, we have a lot of characters going on, a lot of stuff we have to yeah. pick up with. With the, ever since the Upside Down Man story, it's like, all right, uh, freaking Khalid, I brought you back. This is you know, Kurt uh, uh, Angstrom here, the Man Bat. Yeah. Look at those ears. Well, exactly. Crazy. Look at him. He's obviously Crazy. the Man Bat. But uh, yes, he is. I brought you back to the Tower of Fate to try to get a connection because ever since Kent Nelson used the Helm of Fate against the Upside Down Man, it hasn't been working since. And I think if I bl- if you put on this helmet and I blast your head with all these laser beams I have here, it'll be able to act like a tuning fork, and you could maybe get something out of it as like acting as a receiver. Well, shit. Okay, shoot me in the face with all these freaking laser guns. So we do it, and then it just shows Kent Nellis or Khalid Nasser having visions that you don't fully know because it's just set stuff going into the future, like you know the the church that you know that our knight from the medieval times that like was screwed over by. Uh, Merlin and there, Eleonora of Rushtu, the 13th Oathsworn, she's going to go over there because she hears a man's voice calling out to her like telepathically. We see the Tower of Fate go- getting like destroyed, and we see something else I don't fully understand with, you know, Dr. Fate, just visions of stuff that's going to come down the line, but this does lead us to Eleanor Rushtu going to Gotham City because she hears something that, Eleanor, hear me, I don't, much time, and because it's like a weird thing, communication's not going through, it's like, I can barely hear you, but I stand before this house of God and I'll come and we walk into this place. It might as well just be Brother Blood's freaking cult members because these are just hooded cult members. Like, I told you he was like reaching out to somebody with his mind. Stop this. I am Eleanor Rush to the 13 so sworn and I will beat the shit out of you. And Batman is looking down with a smile on his face. 
Yep. And I know what you're saying is, yes, Eric, I will do a parody to Eleanor Rigby for Elnara Rush, too. Yes, I will, no, Eric. Luck. I'll do luck to you, baby. Uh, but then Batman, like, I'm like, what is, what's getting his jollies off up there? It looks like he's got a smile. He's loving it. I, I just I don't, don't get, get off it. more than seeing a woman beat the shit out of multiple <laughs> men. I love the robe men getting the crack kicked. And I'll be damned if I'm I'm driving my ass to Alley Town. That's yeah, like 45 really. minutes yeah, away. Yeah, doing that. That's and I'm supposed to be on a hiatus from that there. Even though I think I went. There I'm looking at this girl like down here, dude. There's no way she likes Conolingus. I'm in. No. Oh my! <laughs> like I won't Topical. have to do that. I'm a hero. I don't do that. Yeah, that's the so thing. That's one of those things it. I'm thinking about because for whatever reason, I got it stuck in my <laughs> mind that stupid internet Twitter debate about yeah. whether or not Batman does that. I mean, heroes don't do them. Like in my mind, there's a reason why the only thing that sticks out of there doesn't have a freaking part of the costume is his mouthpiece. Yeah, really. I mean, I, I ended up actually watching a video, and I wish I did know who it was because I'd like to give a shout out because the idea, if you're going to talk about that, especially on YouTube, which this was a YouTube video, uh, you can't say bad words or you can't get it monetized they will they will have things that can't they can't show you know, dead bodies there. either so bunch what, of it was over funny there. though what they ended up doing was this guy who was talking about it he ended up going through it and using every slang for you know eating that or whatever you know all this and it was pretty funny he had some i didn't even hear of Eric. it's like and then they rang the bell and you know he was just talking about it uh but it was funny i like the way that they did it but uh, he was flicking the man on the boat yeah, exactly, right? He was there at the nappy dugout, like stuff like that. It made me giggle because that's, that's <laughs> the humor that I giggle. I'm like, oh, I'm back in school at recess, 13 years old. So, yeah, uh, with that, it's just a device to get going, but then you're doing another device right after that to get go- Like these ideas that, oh, I want to see these futures through the resonance of the thing with the the, the, the helm. It just, it's just too much. It just doesn't make much sense. I'll I'll quite... You know, or I'll, I'll admit, I, I forgot all about Helnara Rush 2 or whatever. I, I completely forgot about her. And then when she came up, I'm like, oh, okay, oh, that's cool. But then it just is really Well, there's nothing. no reason so we'll for it to because the thing is, you know, Merlin betrayed her for when she was guarding the stuff before when he came back to life. But ultimately, you're here for the Just League Dark. And we just keep adding things to this story because all right, now we have Jason Blood. He's back now and he's a part of this team. Oh, don't forget about we have Ragman. He's a part of this team, and we're doing all this different stuff, and we're dealing with the aftermath of the Upside Down Man. And when you finally get back to Eleonora here, I'm like, who's that girl again? Yeah, that's, it, like, that's how I was. She's an afterthought because of what you're actually here for and what you don't – because with it being a backup and the amount of page space that we have here, you don't really have a lot of time am, to do a lot of stuff I with so it. Am I so off And you don't know what the focus they... is besides for we got to stop Merlin. The funny thing is they see that. And again, I thought, well, Eric's not going to like because you kind of have this future vision of the Tower of Fate being destroyed and goofy things like that. But when I first saw her, she's outside a church. And then I go. And before I ended up like, uh, I thought it was Huntress. I thought she was. I'm like, oh, no, no, it's not Huntress. It's that girl. Yeah, and, and, and she is looking Catholic. at a church. And Catholic, that's what I'm saying. It really felt like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I thought Bird they're going to put her pretty in. well here. Yeah, I'm like, they're going to put her in. And then at the She's end, kicking like, some ass. obviously, by the end, I realized that it, who it yeah. was really. But even having Batman there would have made sense, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm saying it. But if not, you could have had this just be Huntress coming in. And, you know, there's a, a gang there. There's a bunch of like, cult. Tell you, the freaking they might as well be Cobra. Yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, what, what did you give this? 
I ended up giving this a 5.8 out of 10. I thought this art was really strong in the Just League book and also in the yeah, Just League ba- Dark Backup. It's just that neither story was really doing for anything for me. And the Just League one was just ridiculous with what it wanted to give me, which was nothing and wrong information of what we're currently dealing with in our infinite frontier. Yeah. Yeah. I- I'm giving it a 5.5. And six of that is art, Eric. Six of it is art. Yeah. I-, I agree with the same thing. I, I just, you end up reading a book where. It's obvious that Brian Michael Bendis is just trying to push and elevate his own characters at the expense of what should be everything the most important else. Book. I mean, and and the Justice League. This is a book that little Eric Shea and old Eric Shea uh, yeah. would buy because you're supposed to get all the heroes doing things. Uh, a book that, in the most part, the greatest you bang don't, for your buck, and you don't all have your to, heroes you don't have place. to necessarily play off like what happens in batman's story what happens in superman but you have to have the continuity strong overall of what they're doing and he's not even playing like the idea that they're off world they're doing this or whatever it's just there but to heard the term omniverse or invite naomi before. into it and have her tell a story that everybody was like there everybody for. else at dc comics are using the edict everything matters and bendis is coming in with his own shit only my shit matters my shit matters that's what his thing is my and I, I don't I just don't understand where he's sitting. He is actually Penguin in that first bad that backup <laughs> and detective. Or as where he puts it when he writes he, it, wape, wape, wape. Yeah, wape, wape. He is Penguin where he thinks he's still this big to do, not realizing he's a joke. He's become a joke. He better find his own Mr. Worth to team up with because he's a, a flat out joke at DC. I don't care if you're like, well, he did do miles. I mean, really? Let's get a decade. Uh, going here and all this and that dc has been a complete and utter failure in my mind and every book he gets on young justice we went 20 issues of nothing then it's just canceled we, he's on the superman books did not cancel yet you, you end up he's getting kicked off does he think that they're not kicking him off books does he think that they're oh well I get the idea that they're running scared still from him. And the only way that they could kick him off books is to say that they needed him for the most important one, Justice League. He better get his act together here. They better get him off this because you can't have the Justice League book be a joke and nobody buying it. But that's what happened. It was Superbooks, all this. And that's what's you know going what to happen to this. Is when you do stuff like that, if he's still under contract, and they have to give him something that he yeah. might use like a B or C list hero. That's one of my absolute favorites. So he just goes off and ruins that. I'm like, yeah, just, here you go. Here's Brendis on here's Blue the funny like, thing. <laughs> Here's the funny here's thing, Here's Brendis on Firestorm. <laughs> you know what's odd? Because the idea that he would do Firestorm, he ruins things in a different way of a Tom King. Tom King would make Firestorm, I don't know, become a pyromaniac that ends up killing the president and then gets fruit salad shoved well, up no, his Ronnie ass. Ronnie Raymond accidentally set his mother on fire. Yeah, that's a Tom. But what but Brian then Michael, because what of his Brian skill, it would cause Professor Stein to go into PTSD and depression really, because of the dual and, personality. And then, and then Wally would kill him. There you go. Yeah, and, and my hair's on fire. My hair is on fire. Uh, Bendis ruins things because he lessens the property and you'll never get it again. Like if it was a firestorm that you're waiting all this time, he's going to do a weird thing, try to change the past. Nobody will play with it later, so it doesn't really matter. But he ends up making it like the character couldn't sell because, oh, my God, if Bendis can't make it sell, but that's not the case. These are awful stories. Uh, He ends up, I wish that he'd do enough to actually ruin, ruin a character. Well, he did de-age or age up John, so he did that. But even then, like he didn't ruin the legion of superheroes he just made dc maybe question of if we should have another legion of superhero books never thinking that somebody else Jor-El. yeah well Jarrell, but that's like i said but he didn't ruin superman 
but people didn't weren't he, reading it. Right? Didn't no, he? it's just no. It's just uh, he does some mythos stuff. I'm saying the actual character can remain and go out of those books okay. It's I'm just Clark that he doesn't Kent, do anything with it. Bitch. Yeah, but again, like I said, we we see little snippets of that occasionally, but it hasn't done anything good or bad. It's just it's Bendis. He ends up where everything is just. Right down the middle. It's not good enough for anybody to go along with, but not, you know, that bad. I like guess how long the John did it take Marvel bad? to freaking go back and make sure that Spider Man never said those goddamn words that Marvel to freaking take that whole thing away from like years from now DC's gonna be scrambling to try to retcon the whole true thing that he did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all you have to do is have a reset and what people remember and things like that. Some the satellite arc is what you'll get. But yeah, like I said, he just ruins my joy for comics is what he kills. Is what he does. Tom King just I scratch my head of like, who hurt you, Tommy? Who hurt you? Do you want to talk about this? Do you want to talk about this? Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a five five six is hard, Eric. I said <laughs> I like that. Uh, but what is the next book? Now we can go and talk about something that's pretty good, right? Hopefully, hopefully, Robin hopefully. number three, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Gleb Melnikoff. Did it right that time. Luis Guerrero and Troy Pateri. Robin in this issue is being taught to calm down and relax a little bit, and while the fun doesn't exactly come easy to him, you can totally start seeing him letting his guard down until the rest of his competitors start looking at him and telling Batman stories because Robin can never fully get out of the shadow of the bat, and Damien can never fully get out of the shadow of his father. With that, though, we see some com- commiserating, that's a word I wrote, commiserating between our title character and Connor Hawk since they come from similar backgrounds, but this friendship is going to be a rough one when Connor is forced to kill Damien by the League of Shadows. Yeah, yeah, I like this. Now, the part with them telling stories of Batman, I know that this would be something that would upset Damien, I guess, but I wish that he kind of played along and he had, like, he had the story that tops them all. It's like, yeah, well, he never gave me a birthday present. It's <laughs> weird, you know, it's weird like, oh because, like, he's here to try to do stuff. It's like Duncan Jones. He comes out here. He's the son of David Bowie. He's going to be a film director and stuff like that. And I just imagine he goes somewhere with all these great movies under his hat and stuff like that. I'm like... So I heard about your dad doing this one time, and he just constantly hears stories about David Bowie doing weird shit, maybe some cool shit. I don't know, but it's one of those things where, like, when you have a more famous father than you and you want to be your own man, and Damien, with all the freaking chips on his shoulder that he needs to get off, and he is confronted with this whole thing, like, he is off on his own because of all the bullshit that Batman has put him through, and this is the grief of, like, losing Alfred, who was a more father to him than freaking Batman ever was. And he comes here, and he thinks that with Ravager's help, he might be able to, like, you know, actually let his guard down, make some friends and have some fun. And all they want to do is talk about his famous father. I'm like, Oh, I I don't think it plays out as well for me. uh, Only because he's come up straight up as Robin straight up. He he didn't have to come in at like some of these guys undercover do this. He is using this to his benefit as showing up in a Robin costume. I don't care if what you say or not. Well, he did have one. And on the cover, it's a Robin costume. I see the R. (laughs) It's not for Reggie. Uh, but yeah, I wish that what it was was, and, and to Damien, I'm telling you right now, because I'm going to go with my psycho. I was looking at behaviors. later on, he puts on a different Robin costume because he yeah, has yeah. the R on his chest. I'm going with the psycho tendencies of me where Ravage is like, listen, we're going to go over here. You know, we play hard and we fight harder. Let's, so we're going to go and go to the other we side of the hard, island. We play hard. Yeah, we're going to go to the other side of the island. And a lot of people like Cannibals to let loose, there. right? They're going to let loose and. You know, we put aside the fighting at night. You're not allowed to fight whatnot. I know for damn well sure that Damien's going to start doing things because he wants to see what people are good at and testing. This is not anything that Damien would ever let down his guard or be fun with. I think that this and then I would love it where Ravager figures out that. But 
with this idea of them saying Batman stories and things like that, I think that he would want to use this to his advantage to try to make something that would mess with their heads or something. I don't know exactly what it would be, but the idea that he wants them to be friends with him because he wants to take advantage of that later. Well, is, he just walks away. I would appreciate because, but I don't know how far you're going to get because as soon as everybody got off the boat, well, everybody pretty much saw his, scene. his freaking I know, well, wanker ass get killed by not a PC, but a little girl. Yeah, exactly. But with that, you're almost, this is, again, this is the stuff that, and I like this issue, but it's the stuff that gets me with Joshua Williamson like where he line. always goes very surface cool level here where you're just going to have a thing where, hey, let's play knifey spoony. Uh, let's end up doing this and it's good like things to see and and oh my Come god on. now everybody him loves him freaking bill paxton and bishop from aliens that's a it's, great it's way for cool. him to earn some respect with this cool ass trick that he has but then you only let that last for a page when he gets upset with them and in my mind a damon who later even shows that he doesn't care the rule of fighting at night where damien might lash out at them and say listen you guys shut the hell up you want to fight me right now i don't care that we're not so-. like but instead he soaks off doesn't say anything, just goes, and even with the fact that, you know, Ravager doesn't even know he went off, and it's only a device to get him to con. And I, I thought that I liked this idea where they thought, like, that moment is the best, it's great. Wow, man, hot damn, that kid's awesome. And they're rubbing his head, and he actually looks like he's enjoying that. And again, and then the you ruin it the next like, page. I, I actually want him to ruin it himself well before the story start taking place, because as soon as Raptor old leprosy hand raptor over here starts giving you head nookies i'm like um don't you touch me raptor and you're aren't you supposed to be dead you gross motherfucker yeah really and it is funny but yeah even that you have some of the you're a snitch keep now that i can see who the idea you're in a tournament but again i'd say narc i'm i'm right here you think batman's dumb enough to send me as a robin i mean really but it just the the issue it's fun and I love I love the stuff with Connor, but then again, you do it again where it's Connor, and like you get that really good feel, and you get that idea. Okay, Connor, there's a mystery how he came back, whatnot. But Connor is very similar to Damien. They have, and then it just ends up Shadow League of Shadows. Uh, start fighting him. You That's can't again, do that. You know, it's weird and, because even with the backgrounds and how they were trained and stuff like that, all growing up and not being around their fathers and stuff, it's so funny to me because. Really, Connor Hawk, and I never even thought about this, is the antithesis of Damian Wayne because Connor Hawk grew up to be a good boy. Yeah, he was a good boy with it. Yeah, but that's the thing is, get this, though. Now it's flipped because now the problem is it hasn't. Damian just killed people. So you can't really say that. But you almost get that idea that now they have gotten their new Damian in Connor and the League of Shadows is a bad thing to go while Damian's trying to, you know, get things back together. But you don't really know that because he just had come out and even said at points, really threw shade at the Teen Titans, the idea of, you know, I didn't really care about them. And Ravager even plays it up saying, you kidnap your team to it's go, true. which is more of the first team. The first that iteration, we had. yeah. Yeah, the first. Uh, but even then, it is true. And he's like, well, what are you supposed to do? You got to get your parts and stuff. So he's playing along with it. But it, it's just kind of that back and forth that ended up making me think that I like this issue, but I think it could have been a lot more because this seemed like this was – the issue before the shit's going to hit the fan and you want to show that you know what Damien is and that he could be a good boy. And, and the thing that would throw him off his game the most is to be friendly with people and accepted where Ravager's trying to do this. But you keep pulling it back. You keep well, that's going the thing like, is, I like seeing the vulnerabilities of Damian Wayne because even though I want him to be a regular kid and be able to have friends like this and you know, let his guard down and not be an asshole every goddamn 10 seconds – 
I know that he has a process that he has to get through with all the grief that he's carrying around right now. The reason he left the Bat Family thing, and even just talking to Alfred of the Mind, who is you know his guilt just playing at him every freaking time he lets his guard down. Like this is a process that Damien's going to have to go through. How, like how many issues did it take for like the grief of Batman after he lost Damien and stuff like that? Where you get for Batman around like there needs to be a process and something that Damien has to go through to let all of this baggage like you know left behind. And we're not there yet, but I like seeing these small moments to get to that process. I, I know I we're eventually going like, to get there. Again, he soaks away. I'd rather have it where you're like, hey, all I was trying to do was stick up some rich couple in an alley, right? And Batman dragged me behind the Batmobile for like 20 blocks. Ha <laughs> ha. What'd he do to you, kid? So fucked up. He let my father figure die and then just walks away, you know, meaning Alfred. And then they just all are like, holy shit. What's See, again, just happened? he wouldn't think that because Damien thinks that he killed Alfred. No, but he actually, I think that he's also blaming Batman in this because of the idea that Batman sent him in. And then he couldn't get a hold of him as well. But even then, that could show what he's thinking. He just walks away. He just walks away. So I wish he would have said something. I wish he would have said something. I actually something like it better that. him just walking away because the last time he was I like, don't you play know, that as for Damien. that like second or first issue when he goes and like fights Flatline because he's just an asshole who's just going to jump and say something at the drop of a hat. I'm like, that got him killed. At least he's learning in this like but walking so he away instead of opening his damn mouth. I, I'm telling you. Or if you're really going to have something here. I wish that Ravager would have stepped up and said, hey, shut your freaking mouse. Like, stop it. And then they realize, oh, my God, we're getting to him. And maybe they laugh then or something like that. I'm just telling you, what's a weird father connection we have with Connor Hawk and, you know, Damian Wayne and even Rose Wilson here. I want Rose Wilson and Damian Wayne and Connor Hawk all to have like a, like a, not, I was about to say yeah, a threesome, cool. but like a trio. No. No, but it here is cool. They could be the new like a deadly trio yeah. going on, the terrible trio, but like, you know, in a decent sense. They could be the new outlaws. It'd Something. be cool. They'd be awesome, new outlaws like that. And, and going up this whole thing, when, when Damien walks down and Connor Hawk is standing by himself talking about the idea of the island in this area, you can still smell the blood where the League of Lazarus used to sacrifice to the gods. It's a bad area that we're in right now. But, you know, hey, I saw you before. My father was a hero like yours. They commiserate about, you know, the lives, the lives they grew up with. And the idea that the League of Shadows... Like, I'm with them because they were willing to find me while nobody else would or, like, could or would. And this whole idea right there, this one panel where Connor's talking, I'm like, I need to know more about that. Like, have you been hidden away by the Lake of Shadows? Were you – or, like, were you out of, like, you know, the reality or whatever you want to call it, written out of time? Like, I have to know what Connor Hawk's up to and why – where he's been this entire time and why, like, you know, the Lake of Shadows were there for him. So he's just willing at the drop of hat when they come down, hey – Connor, stop being friends with that asshole and kill him. Even though it's not, you're not allowed to kill people at night here because it's against the tournament rules. Kill him. I'm like, yeah. If Connor's just Connor like, going, going with it, do that I'm, shit. I'm like, yeah. I need to know it's how weird much because the League of Shadows also, for him. This is a guy that ended up being, you know, banned from the League of Shadows at one point, and now seems to be running him. Where Damien calls that out as well. But there has been a bunch of, you know, power changes and things like that with that. And so I, I don't know. I took it fully as, and we're gonna find out but i took it fully as that he ended up like you know obsidian when he was talking to alan scott his father saying i i was just gone for a while i they wrote me out and yeah. now i'm back uh because at the point though when we last saw connor he was in a bit of a weird position where he was in a coma at one point then came back weird and then didn't know what he was so you could even have him that he was wandering like kane and kung fu so and they were able to find like out back in the day when they had to try to explain guy gardner's asshole-ish of what how why he acted <laughs> so like, oh he got yeah. hit in the head too many times and he was in yeah. that a coma so that's why exactly. he was acting that way he wasn't quite right oh yeah, yeah. because they were <laughs> doing that at the one point he was pissed and then we was in a coma and stuff but all that I, I really like. I like the part when they're talking and they you end up seeing two kids 
where we haven't seen Connor, but we see what happens then. But two kids who are being, you know, trying to get away from the shadow of their fathers, but being pretty dark and just being able to sit there and laugh about it and have Loved fun. It. Uh, was really great. It really and there's was. nothing and that, I love more in life than the progression of that, where two kids will beat the crap out of each other. Because I need yeah, that more in I my just, life. I just wish that the League of Shadows just came and said, "Hey, you can't talk to them. Let's go back to the tent." And, no, but now I'm they're serious. So the I don't know what the League of Shadows are trying to get out of this because they know it's against the rules to fight at night or kill yeah, and well, stuff that's like what I'm that. Saying. If we are Connor here gets for caught, one reason. Done. Exactly. The League of Shadows. And I don't done, know why they know what the repercussions of breaking the rules are on this island. So it's like if the League of Shadows here with Connor as their champion, like, all right, you guys, I know you came all this way and. But you're done now because you tried yeah. to murder Damian Wayne. Yeah, I don't think somehow. that Joshua Williamson is even thinking that ahead. I think he just wants that fight so that Damian can be thrown off a cliff and somehow saved by Rachel Ghoul. That, that's but like Rachel Ghoul seems like he's faster than a spinning boy. You're Superman style because Connor picks up Damian, chucks him off a cliff. He is falling, trying to call out to his father as he's blacking out before he you know falls to his demise. And then it just looks like somebody goes and swooshes by and grabs him. Then he wakes up later on, father, like close. And we see that. Dun, dun, dun. It's Rachel Ghoul who saved Damien from certain death. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And but we're gonna find out where Rachel Ghoul has been this whole time ever since. What, what was he doing? Batman in that and last the Outsiders. One? Batman that, and the Outsiders. Yeah, with that was the art about program the last, and stuff like that. that when was he was in the time. middle of the desert getting alien tech, right? And then and then no, because when, we, we were we on top of a building at that point. Remember he at just that? He was on top away. of the building. He walked away, and we're like, "What are you doing? Go get him!" He's like, "We'll meet again." And then he left. We're like, "He's no. gone." Like, if he's uh, gone, he hasn't gone far. Go get his ass. He does superheroes. do that a lot. That was a big thing that we left about when he was going after Green Arrow, and he went and they were, he was going no, away. That was Merlin. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> they had the same. They had the same facial, the so same deal. facial hair, but you know, really, it's yeah. But yeah, it was one of those where at one point back in the day, though, we did have like a six month period where every hero was just letting people walk away. And we're like, just turn around. They're there. But yeah, Merlin just walked off at Merlin. It's, 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 it's at, a weird, in the Batman, it's a the weird thing, though, because I am excited because it's something I didn't realize I wanted. But with Damien's journey here where he has walked away from the Bat family and anything to do with it except for the weird R on his chest, but he has essentially walked away from his family and hasn't had anything to do with his grandfather in freaking years and years at this point in time. Now, when his grandfather tells me, well, I have much to teach you, if he takes on more of the, you know, the demon's head like side of his family and learns from his grandfather and how to add, like, you know, like training styles for the competition or just in general. This competition. It's kind of I, a weird growing situation for Damien. It's Damian a growing right situation. Like, uh, I don't think don't they have that much time for no, training as you're going. I would like, like, like that. The competition's tomorrow. They might do Again, some freaking yoga Yeah, that's in the what I'm saying. What, what is he going to do? Get, get out the game plan. He's got the whiteboard. Now, if he boxes you out here, we're going to set the screen wax here. Wax on, wax like, off. I don't know what you're talking about. Jacket on, jacket off. You end up, though. Don't tell where a child that. I like the idea that this is a setup, though, where we think that there's going to be the point again where Damien's going to have to decide, you know, which way is he going to well, go. Even the idea of the teaching thing, like, I don't, t- like, you know, I think about the, like, we're going to be here for the competition. I don't know what the League of Lazarus is going to think about Rachel Gould being there, or even the well, League of Shadows is going to think about Lazarus. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying, though. But yeah. Rachel Gould is here by himself. He doesn't have a League of Assassins anymore. And we have two other organizations that have broken off from him in the past who might be pissed at him still, but. Going on beyond this, because Robin is an ongoing series, going on past the competition, I think this that, might have Rachel Ghoul as like kooky grandpa for the for duration for a while. Yeah, and I think that that's what this is setting up that. And then, and then setting all of a sudden they're going to a spaceship, fall in a black hole, and then Robin's going to come it. back seven years older. Yes, in, in a volcano. You end Look, up where. You, that is the case what happened with John completely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go I'll, off I'll grandpa. Be so mad. But you know what's funny, too? You say that. 
and where Damien is sitting there with Connor and they're talking and laughing, you actually get like Damien's finally able to laugh again since his buddy John got older because this is like one of the better moments that Damien's been able to just laugh about How things, laugh Connor about his here? father. He's older. I mean, I would say that he's about 20. Or that's so the thing 21. is, I don't know because he still looks almost like a teenager to me, even though he shouldn't be. But that's the thing is, like, I want him to come back with Damien and then, and then, uh, and then Connor and Connor and John go off, like, hey, we're best friends now because we're closer to age. Oh, that'd Damien's be the worst. Behind. That'd be the worst. <laughs> Damien, he just can't win. You see him, the, the Charlie Brown music's going. He's just walking down Gotham Street with his head down. Uh, you talking about yeah, the coasters, Charlie Brown? He is no. about, I would think, the age of maybe John is right now, and that would be like 17 or so. But he is older. He looks yeah, a little yeah. older. But he's a baby uh, face, so it's, a more, it's so hard to tell how old he is. Yeah, yeah. But again, I, I just like seeing Damien be able to laugh. I know. It's odd. It's really it's odd. Like, but, imagine if we go back and watch Bloodsport and all the freaking montages of just children fighting. Oh, yeah. Just little kids <laughs> doing the monkey style and then the sumo. You're like, they're little kids. Ah, uh, yes. But... You end up with that. Kuma play. The, the, the art's great. The art is really, really yeah, I love good, the right? And uh, I just enjoy it. Actually, you mentioned Bloodsport, and I thought of it the when earlier when Ravager's like, listen, you know, when we're not fighting, everybody likes to let loose. I'm like, where's the karate champ game in Jackson? That's what we need here. That's how you let loose. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. And here I am being sleazy shit. like, all right, where's everybody bagging each other? Yeah, really. Look at you. Yeah, you're a jerk. That's why you're never invited to the competition. That you know, and then they're like, uh, "I'm here for the shaytosh." Look at this one dude. I forget who it is because we ran down the names in the last issue, and there was so many different people, and actually not even enough because there's so many people we still don't know who they are. But we have this dude telling Batman stories later on who just looks like Eddie Fires to me. But I'm like, yeah. here we have a 40 year old man who's just hanging out with a bunch of preteens and teenagers. Really like, odd, right? I, I don't think I want my kids hanging out at this death sport with this dude. Yeah, really like, yeah being in the competition, I mean, fine, but not with this dude. Raptor silk like, shirts. Raptor's sitting there and he's like, I had it all. Like, you I was the nothing. head of organizations at one point. Now I'm in a Raptor competition was with He hung kids. out and followed a traveling circus. I'm, I'm telling you. He the, wasn't the, even the, part of the traveling circus. The, he the just Kumite, followed it. I show up and I'm like, I'm from, uh, you know, Clan Shay. And they're like, if you're Clan Shay, you sleazy touch. And like, what's the sleazy touch? No, bottom lady. I don't know what happened. You, you're just sleazy. Yeah, right there, but. Uh, what would you give this? I love the art in this. I love the progression of Damian Wayne. I continue to see how far he's going to grow as a character with each individual issue. And with that, I gave it an 8 out of 10 because not only do I love seeing Damian here, but I love seeing Connor here and getting a backstory that he knows who he is and that there's a deeper mystery beyond everything else that's going on that I want to know about. I liked it. I'm going to give it a 7.953 is what I'm going to give Dumb it, Eric. Hell. And – uh the only thing is, again, like Joshua Williamson, he likes to play these like loose deals where you get a little sim- like this is just the night before whatever, and they're gonna play some games, and then you get it. But I like the stuff with Connor and Damien, and you know the idea that even uh, Ravager's like, I-, I saw that manga, and I think that that was pretty cool. And then you have Flatline manga, you like that? Like that stuff's okay. But I need more. Also, one flatline to hang out with Connor and yeah, I like but she's not as well, as well. I do like flatline too. So, but you end up where the big thing is Connor saying that about the League of Shadows. Like that's big. Hey, uh, nobody remembered me. Nobody, and they helped me, so I'm with them. Whatnot. Knowing, I want to know what that's all about and what goes on. But I'm afraid that he's just going to kind of just surface level it, and we're not going to find out many, you know, 
bits of information because he sometimes forgets things and sometimes doesn't end stories. I'm still wary of it, but I really like this. I thought you know, leading cool. off, off of the Love Robin the book, art. though, with a lot of the talk about what we did, like if you go back to the Teen Titans, the second iteration that they had before, like, you know, when Damien was the leader of it, but when we had all of those characters and we had that really cool moment where they, everybody talked about the idea that they were all children of villains in the DC universe and stuff like that. There was a lot of bad people involved and everything like I love that concept. If we could take something like that and move forward with this, where we hang out with Connor and Damien, like we put Damien in that as like, Oh, I'm the son of, you know, Talia Al Ghul. But let's flip that a little bit where we have Connor here, the son of green arrow. We have, you know, Damien, the son of Batman. Let's say we're hero in this whole thing up, even go back in town and like the metropolis, get Connor Kent in there, make an even better team. What's going to other ones. Ravager. She, she doesn't have the, the heroes. She doesn't have the heroes, Eric. But She's I was just saying, as a cool girl, really like like a mirror. I like her there, moment from what we had before. That oh, I like her there too. Now, why? She, and and again, this is a subtle deal that I really like in this. I love that Ravager, who we do like, but she's like the moral compass for Damon and trying to let him live because probably the, the shit that went down with her and that connects her in also if things go on with Nightwing, things like that that go on, that'd be pretty cool. And even a Jason Todd, if you wanted to. I don't deal. even remember. Uh, did she have both her eyes in the Deathstroke series? Because now I'm getting mixed up with pre-Flashboy yeah, stuff in my did. head. Yeah, okay, just making sure. Yeah. So we have. I couldn't remember if we gave her both well, her eyes I mean, back in certain the last time. Things came back and one of her eyeballs came back. That's what happened. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a 7.9. I, I really did enjoy it, though. But that's the end of the first section of books. We're going to go off now and head to what will be the digital spotlight from Clay, talking about a bunch of things, and then we'll be back with more ourselves. I'm looking at all the magical people. Walks in the chance with the rope, dudes and yells out a name. Kind of insane. Then she starts fighting, kicking and punching them all without much of a care. Batman is there, all the magical people. Where do they all come from? All the magical people. Where do they all belong? Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Weird Science Digital First Spotlight. Of course, I am your host, Clay. And, oh man, this week, this week was rough. I will be completely honest. I'm sitting here right now looking at all the books we are about to talk about, and I'm trying to decide what order I want to talk to them. And usually I talk best to worst. Um, this time it's really just like, Meh to worser. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know what's going on with the digital content recently, mainly just because, man, it used to be so much better. It really was. And I think, unfortunately, what the problem with it is, is DC sees the, uh, digital content as like, it was, it was a way to, keep people entertained during the shutdown, during COVID and all of that. And now that restrictions are being loosened uh, or completely taken away or, you know, just the, the need for only digital content is now lacking uh, in their eyes uh, in a way that it's like not so important. So I don't think they're really 
pushing it as much as even Jim Lee wanted to push it. Because uh, I know once uh, Dan was fired, Dan Didio was fired uh, from DC, Jim Lee came out with a statement saying, oh, we're going to you know, push so much more content with digital. We're going to do all this other stuff. And they did for a short amount of time. Uh, seemingly, it seems that uh, things are quickly changing back to the way they were, unfortunately. But nonetheless, I need to stop trying to uh, delay this any further. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about issue number two of Mr. Miracle, the Source of Freedom. We left off, of course, um, with um, Never Free attacking uh shiloh and there's a huge fight in the city uh a major detail of this is mr miracle's mask is partially destroyed and so you get to see uh who he is underneath uh this wouldn't seem like much of a big deal because you know this happens to almost anybody who has a mask if they fight uh too crazily uh and you know it gets kind of out of hand but we all know Shiloh wants to keep his secret identity a secret, of course. Uh, mainly the fact that he is a person of color. Uh, that plays a big role in what happens at the end of this issue. Uh, he is about to basically be incinerated. Uh, Mother Box actually teleports him all the way to Austria, uh, Australia, I think. Australia, yeah. And then that's when he notices his mask. Uh, he asks the mother box to fix it. And then we get to see all of these people reacting over the news that Mr. Miracle is a person of color. Uh, we see his agent is bombarded with press and paparazzi and all these other people asking him very stupid questions. Um, is your client African-American? Uh, what is his real name? Uh, why did you hide Mr. Miracle's identity? Uh, does he have a criminal record? Um, allegations of stealing routines from other magicians. I never even considered Mr. Miracle a magician. I would consider him an escape artist. Two different things. Um, but uh, is this a publicity stunt? Uh, do you realize blackface is a major fox pass? Uh, it's It's so, like... I understand what they are trying to push here. And I talked about it, you know, in the first issue that we reviewed here. I want them to talk about race, but I want them to do it in a way that nobody has done it before. I want them to stop copy and pasting stuff that we see majority of like, and I know that's hard. I know that's hard. And I know you're probably thinking, well, Clay, you don't know how people are living I I am a Hispanic American. I my family is from uh half of my family is from Spain, half of my family is from Mexico, um and I was born in America. Uh I I think I am I am a second generation in my dad's family and a third generation in my mother's family. Uh I of course have no idea how it is to live as a uh, African American or a black individual in America. But I do know that, like, hey, this is stuff that is fairly recent. Um, and I know these are just some of the very, 
and I know this is really harsh to say, popular topics of black racism um, that they are that is being hit in these books. I want it to feel a little bit more personal rather than, oh, I saw that on TV. So that's why they're talking about it in this comic. You know, uh, that's the one thing I feel like is the only way to make it feel genuine in some in some ways. But uh, Shiloh is trying to get information on this never free individual. And this is one thing that does bother me. Now, I did not read the backups during Future State, so somebody may be able to inform me. If so, you could either uh, email us at the Weird Science DC uh, Gmail, or if you are in the Slack chat, go ahead and tag me in a comment and explain it to me because it seems that this Mr. Miracle, Shiloh, is from a different universe, is from a different Earth um, because the Mother Box has no record of Never Free and he has no record of uh, Barda or Scott. Like, they, they don't exist on Earth. Uh, if that is the truth, like... Scott and Barda were part of the Justice League. Like, the record should be shown of their existence on Earth. So I'm very confused by that. Um, I guess that's the only really intriguing thing about this uh, issue. Uh, He does get in contact with his agent, Shiloh does. Uh, He's wondering how bad it is. They're having conversations. His his, uh, freaking agent is saying, oh, by the way, everybody knows you're black. And he's like, ah, oh, crap. Okay, let me get over there. We'll talk. And then you see more uh, people re- responding to the news. We have an elderly Karen that says these people. And she says, oh, and by the way, by these people, I mean magicians. Um, then you have a police officer uh, making comments. You have a lawyer making comments. You have a hippie making comments. Like just ra- random things that aren't really, these are just, like I said, Passer, passerbys, like just hitting all the stuff that we are stereotypically known to hear about individuals that are black. This isn't a personal story. I know that it's a public eye um, in this universe. Uh, Mister Miracle is, and I, I needed to feel more than just like, hey, look, this is what's going on, because um, I, I don't feel anything with this with this character at all. Uh, but his agent takes him uh, to L.A. Um, and we go to Thaddeus's house, his his safe house. Um, we see that he was actually cremated and Never Free actually finds him, uh, teleports over there. And this urn actually gives him like a giant power boost and he's ready to fight. That's the end of the issue. Uh, I really enjoy the art in this book, but the story just isn't hitting me. I I need it to be more, unfortunately. Um, we have four more issues. This is a miniseries, so hopefully that will change um, relatively soon. Uh, the next issue we will be talking about is... Well, uh, so uh, I will give Mr. Miracle... Um, I'm going to give him a 6'5". Uh, majority of that is art. Uh, story isn't that compelling, unfortunately. I want there to be more. 
Um, but let's go ahead and jump into the Joker a Puzzle Box issue number two. This, of course, is a story about how Riddler died. That is the um, mystery that that Gordon is trying to figure out. And the story is being told by Joker. You know, Gordon is questioning him or whatever. Um, Joker tells the story about how Riddler worked with this individual named uh, Dr. Caro to find this like hidden. I don't, I don't even know what the hell it is. It it is this, this cavern. What do they call it? They called it a, uh, uh, shoot, uh, the, an antechamber of some sort. Um, they're looking for a specific item. Uh, it is booby trapped. Some of the henchmen get killed. Riddler is able to get in with no problem. And he gets like this scepter. Uh, this scepter is apparently what he needs in order to find like this, the special item. It's very confusing. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, and it's mainly, yes, I understand that Joker lies when he tells stories, but if you're using the same gimmick every single issue, like if, if the entire story is a lie and then at the end of every issue, you realize like Gordon realizes, Oh, this part was a lie too. I have to defend myself or, Oh, this part was a lie too. We have to get everybody out of the GCPD. Like it's, it's going to get really boring really quickly. Um, and, and with that, you know, we see that Riddler confronted Joker and maybe not punchline is in this also. So the timeline is very weird because Harley is also apparently uh, good with Joker. Now it, it, it again, doesn't make sense. Uh, but we see that Riddler tried to hire five individuals to get like five different parts that he needs in order to get the sacred item. Um, and five other individuals were hiding or six individuals uh, were hiding outside of Riddler's hideout and was like basically eavesdropping on their conversation. Uh, we're back at the GCPD. Gordon is like acting weird. He calls somebody from the, like basically their SWAT force tells them to gear up to go into evidence. And they find this huge box. This is the puzzle puzzle box that is of course talked about in the title. Um, and it's apparently in a bucket of water for some reason. And it says next blood and snow. Um, this is, this was nothing again. Uh, this was less than Mr. Miracle. So I would have to give it a six. Um, Art is not that impressive. Um, I feel like the story is jumping around a lot and not very cohesive. I understand that it's because Joker is supposed to be the one telling the story. But it's not compelling whatsoever. Um, Next, it is the Legends of the Dark Knight uh, issue 13. Uh, This is a Brandon Easton story. Uh, Part one is... uh, Catechism, and it looks like Batman is in uh, Italy. He is following the League of Shadows. They are trying to find uh, a Lazarus pit. You know, very cliche story, and it involves 
Batman going through some uh, an antechamber, just like how Riddler was. And so I was kind of annoyed at this like theme of of the digital books this week. But Batman is in search of this like vial of some sort of substance that is supposed to basically make Lazarus Pits stronger. That's what they're after. And so Batman gets there first. And lo and behold, Azrael is there and he's basically saying, Batman, Ra's al Ghul and the League of Shadows have not been here. You're the only one that has infiltrated this antechamber. You're the only ones trying to steal this vial. This is in the protection of uh, Saint Dumas. And it does bring up a good point in the fact that, like, Batman seems to think, oh, the only way to protect people from stealing this is if I steal it first. I really hate that concept. I think it's a really stupid concept. Um, Because you're just being a thief just like everybody else, and you're breaking the law just like everybody else. Like it, I just feel like it's very stupid. You could have easily asked a hero to defend it, kind of like at like Azrael was defending this. If it is under the protection of Saint Dumas, then he would have protected it uh, from Ra's al Ghul anyway. Um, but they end up fighting because Batman thinks he's right, and the fight goes outside, and Batman's ship actually uh, ends up exploding. And it's Ra's al Ghul saying, hey, thanks for finding it for us. We don't have to go digging through the the uh, catacombs and all of that. So it says next demons and saints. Um, this one, again, um, really, really boring. And with the idea of like Batman, oh, I'm going to steal it first. It, like this isn't the Declaration of Independence, guys. Like it's just call some people, get some higher security. You're good. Like, if you want to defend it, then go over there and help defend it. Don't try to steal it. I think that is very, very stupid. Um, so I'm going to give this a five, not an FU five. The FU five is reserved for Truth and Justice number 16 and 17. Um, one came out on Monday while the other one came out on Friday. So we're going to go ahead and cover both. This is Happy Birthday, Damien, part one and part two. Um, the art is horrible. Uh, the, uh, let's look at the credits here. Andrew Aiden, artist, Juni Ba, colors, Nick, uh, Filardi and letterer, Adida Budakar. Um, art is like a weird amalgam of like every freaking horrible cartoon network cartoon. Um, and this like, whoever wrote this, like I said, uh, let me look at this artist again. Um, the artist is Andrew Aiden. Um, I don't know where he got his information on who these characters are. No one sounds like them. Barbara doesn't sound like herself. Tim doesn't sound like herself. Um, this is basically a abridged version of the Bat Family. And it is like, is this supposed to be fun? It's not fun. It's kind of stupid. Uh, it is stupid, not kind of stupid. It is stupid because there comes a moment where like two ancient gods are trying to come and capture Damien. And so the entire Bat family, besides Bruce, because he's busy, um, is fighting these gods 
and like Damien turns into a green ghost and like flies around the entire Batcave to try and fight these gods and they just kidnap him. Um, it looks like Red Hood is the butt of the joke in every issue. Um, well, in the, in the first issue. Uh, in the second issue, R- Damien is basically just trying to run away from these gods and then the gods base like the big the big part of it is in the very beginning of the first issue um it shows like a flash forward or present time and then the everything with the back cave is a flashback but it's basically uh razagul is offering immortality for damien's birthday um and at the end when he finally uh just gets captured by these gods they take him to razagul and Raz is saying, hey, like, I'm offering you this. Either you get immortality or uh, I kill your parents. And at the end, it says, I want to live. Next battle uh, for Damien's soul. So I'm giving the total of issues one and two in FU5. So I guess they would each have an FU2.5 and they would equal the FU5. But uh, yeah, Um I I I don't know if I can continue with this in particular story of truth and justice. Uh, it is just downright bad. I'm sorry. Um, for anybody who is enjoying it, um, I I I envy you just because it. This week was not great for digital comics whatsoever. Um, but hopefully we will get a better story soon enough. I know there's some diamonds in the rough out there. Um, there were some really cool stories for Legends of the Dark Knight, so we still have hope with that. So um, that is it for this week's Spotlight. Thank you so much for listening to this part of the show. Of course, you can always find me at Fanboy Clay on Twitter in the link tree uh, that I'm pretty sure is down below in the description. You can find the links to all of my shows uh, if you want to talk uh, DC Go ahead and just send me a message. Like like I said before, um, I'm in the Slack chat for the Weird Science Slack. Um, but yeah, uh, until next week, I will see you guys later. Jim rings the bell. This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell Jim rings the bell Eric Shea's reviews are all the bomb Eric's the bomb And if Shea's recaps are read without a single misstep Ring the bell Remix, Eric. That is the remix of Eric Rings the Bell, though I'm the one who rings the bell. That's a weird so, title from Dancing Mike. you ring the bell Mike when I mess there. up, not when I don't yes. mess up. Now, now I just so I can get the timestamp. <laughs> hey, there it is. Uh, we're here for what we said before. We have two Superman books, and it's odd. Superman and Action Comics shouldn't come out the same Super week. section. It's just odd, and I think that maybe my cool. they, DC ended up losing their calendar and having an annuals week next week really threw them. Like, oh, my God, 
Let's throw Why it couldn't all they? Okay, here. We have so little books next week. Why couldn't you put one of the super books next week? It doesn't have well, to all be annuals or special annual issues. Annual week, Eric. And, and they haven't used annuals week for a pure annuals week for a while. But with this, I don't know. I, I really don't know, except actually. I know it wouldn't make. I'm going to say next week, but next week doesn't really matter. I'm saying they, this is the last issue of Superman before you end up having Tom Taylor jump on the John book. But what would a week matter? It wouldn't, right? But no. here they are, Eric, here they are. And in a deal where it's going to be the last Philip Kennedy Johnson Superman and putting them back to back, actually, maybe they're like, we just want to show people that Action Comics is the better one. So we're all better off that he's on it's action true. and let Superman go off to Tom Taylor because Superman, that, that book's not great. It really isn't. But Action Comics, which we're going to start with, and you'll get into your dinging up, uh, you know, prelude deal. What do we call them? Blurb. Blurbs. Blurb. Uh, when we get into this, the idea that there are some things to grab onto, and it's actually the better story between the two, but it also feels like it's it's important. And that's something that we have wanted to see. Well, we want to see that in every book, but we just talked about a Justice League in the last section that that isn't important. Yet you go to this action comics, it feels like a better Justice League book than the Justice League book. And I'm I'm also thinking that back in the, the, the recesses of the DC offices, Philip Kenny Johnson's gutting for that position. He's like, eh, Ben, I, I could do this, right? I can go. And uh, a lot of people were, you know, oh, man, you know, you didn't give Philip Kenny Johnson enough time on Superman. And we talked about this and we talk about it later with uh, Gene Luan Yang. With Batman Superman, I don't know if it was one of those where he was only going to be writing Superman for a little time. I don't think so. I think that the numbers were coming in and they weren't as great. And Philip Kennedy Johnson doing these two books. He also has some stuff at Marvel. I think that an Alien he has, plus he's going to do a Flash Thompson. I think he's getting stretched too thin. So they actually have him just on the action. But they picked the right one. Eric, give me your blurb. Action Comics number 1032, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with a backup of Midnighter by Becky Cornyn and Michael W. Conrad, with R5, Daniel Sampier, Adriana Lucas, and Dave Sharp, and the backup with Michael Avon Oming and Taki Soma. The refugees from Real World turned out to be some sort of Kryptonian, even though I figured the science of the Forces of Solitude would have been able to discover that last issue. But that aside, we have a compelling story about the idea of Superman throughout the galaxy. What happens when this idea lets you down or is used against you? And if that isn't enough, we also have a Lovecraftian horror come from the piece of the source that has another world inside of the monster it unleashed. And in that world inside the monster is a warning of a worse thing to come. And oh yeah, a Midnighter backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we doing that. I thought that was a one shot, as you say, and we've I already wish. done many of them. But yeah, you get this thing. And before I, I was a little upset, where Philip Kenny Johnson, even in the future state, where we had a lot of people love his future state Superman stuff with the hey, we're in the future, so let's talk about stories from the past. Let's talk about yarns that we heard. And one of the things he mentioned was all of the other alien. Uh, not even Alan, all the Kryptonians that went out into the world, into the universe, and ended up being a thing. And that was something that Brian Michael Bendis seemingly went in and said, hey, you remember that space travel that really made it so that Superman was the only one who could get off because there was only that little test rocket deal? That that was nonsense, you know, because everybody space travel, there's all these aliens around. And Philip Kennedy Johnson, in my mind, was picking up. But the explanation here, I don't mind as much. Having well, it's a, this it's a weird idea. sect of them that yeah, went we off have an and then even intermingled. Went off thousands of years ago with the Thelosians who were like, no, rejected by the Kryptonians when they left thousands of years ago. These are the descendants on World World who are sent to Superman as a message by Mongol to kind of you know, work as a trap bait to bring him to World World himself. 
But in that, it just seems weird because we have Supergirl and Superboy last issue sitting around after we have, you know, te- run tests on this one, you know, refugee girl. Like, yep, all the stuff says back they're not Kryptonians. And like John's like, yeah, I don't know why my dad's worried about this shit because obviously they're not Kryptonians until out of nowhere, Lois is the one that figured out by reading some reference books in the Fortress of Solitude. And well, what do you know? She's this refugee She's starts shooting heat vision out of her eyes. Yeah, now with that, they're playing it and, and yeah, they're they're kind of twisting and turning. The idea that John and Kara should have said they're not just crypto like there's something here, but they're not full Kryptonians. So, because it does say that when they left thousands, you know, all those years ago, that they were a bunch of people who ended up intermingling species, stuff like that. So they're not pure Kryptonians anymore, but they do have some Kryptonian. And I don't mind that because that would make more sense than just a bunch of people that left thousands and thousands of years ago. And, and what are they going to end up doing then? Are they, are they intermingling with themselves and stuff? And it did left. But with all that, they seem to be passing along the stories of the great Superman, the great Superman that will save us if something goes wrong. Though, how's Superman going to well, know? That's, I mean, that's, that's one of those the, things, know, though, with the idea where we have the branding that Mongol has put on these people as almost like an FU because they go around as they're locked up in slaves in World World, chains around to the point they think they always have to wear these chains that they don't. Mongol's always going to know and kill him because he's the overseer, the god of their lives. But they have in their back of their minds, the idea of the Superman. We have little action figures of Superman on Warworld. It's like, how long ago did Mongol pick up these people and make them slaves? It's like, do they know about Mongol? I mean, um, do they know about Superman from stories? Because how much do they know about Krypton and everything else since there are people left thousands of years ago? And how, like, why would Mongol allow people to be playing with Superman action figures on Warworld and have this inside hope that he's going to come and save them one day, even though he never did and left them the rot in there? Like, the connection to Krypton, what do these people know? And, like, is it just because we've seen before in Bendis' stuff where everybody knows Superman and everybody in the galaxy loves Superman? It seems like, that's what you're going with. Is that with. what we're playing with? That seems like it. Now, the funny thing that I thought and I never really thought this before until I read this. The idea, like you said, thousands of years ago, they left Krypton. Like, what is the actual years since Krypton was destroyed, since Krypton blew up in this point? Because you can go by the fact of Superman's age, whatnot. He yeah. left there. But there's that wonkiness of any time you talk about Krypton exploding, for some reason in my mind, you're talking about ancient, ancient hit, but it's not. It's fairly recent. And so for them to be these thousand-year-old race that went off, separated from Krypton, but yet the story that just popped up seems to be the thing that they've always wanted, always gone. It does not jive as well for me either. The idea of why are they thinking that? Is it just that generic? Everybody knows about Superman and everybody, but this connection they have with him goes a little bit over what you're explaining also the amount of years i mean really we talk about people that luke hollywood i end up mentioning you know huey lewis in the news he doesn't know who he is if i end up mentioning you know duran duran never heard of them the idea that these people for thousands of years are just waiting 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 then superman in the last 30 40 years is a big thing then they're real into it and waiting it's just a setup that superman has to feel sad and has to feel as if you know, he has let somebody down. It goes back to the pull from, yeah. the, you know, Bendis. That he can't yeah. save everyone, but he really can't save people that he didn't know needed his help. But this is going to be a way for him well, to get like, mad at Well, it's like even with the explanation here that we have with the main refugee, uh, Thela, here, the idea that he was never here. Like, you know, even when the Mongol who was took our parents and then the blood priest took my brother away and then the Mongol who is burns and flays, man, did all but. 
it really feels like when they say the Mongol who was the previous Mongol took her parents, I want to say their entire family from whatever planet these Philosians came from, like, are they sitting there thinking to themselves, like, with their ancient, you know, culture and history of, like, how they escaped Krypton and left? Like, hey, I know this Superman. He wears that Kryptonian symbol of the House of L on his chest. We know about this guy. Like, because it seems like they knew about it on the planet and they held hope out there for this other Kryptonian hero to come and save them. But I'm not sure. Yeah, it doesn't jive, really. It's just to get that, you know, it's it's a wow moment. I mean, it's a, a visual and that's crazy where yeah. he's being branded, all of them are being branded with the, the House of El symbol and all that stuff. But with all that, it, it does, like I said, just the timing of it doesn't really go well. But, you know, hey, why isn't Superman saving us? That That's enough. And, and, and then Mongol taking that as, you know, the idea you're going to worship him. Well, look what your worship does. And ends up torturing him pretty much and doing that. So... That when you end up having her freak out when Superman's going to take off those chains, she ends up using what might be heat vision. It might be, you know, I think it's like some lightning vision. It's a little well, it's different. Weird I think because playing I, it off as different. Well, it's weird because the thing, like even with the uh, the the ultra, the what the hell do they call it? The ultraviolet, the hyperviolet yeah. vision that John uses in yeah, the yeah, Superman yeah. book. How it's white. And even if you talk about in the Supergirl TV show, how her heat vision comes off blue. I'm like, I don't know how we're interpreting this because of all the different media we have. Because it is an, an eye blast of sorts, yeah. a Kryptonian eye blast. We don't know if it's heat vision. It could be fucking gamma vision. I don't know. The weird thing is they really play it off. And she just says, you know, please don't. I didn't mean that. What's happening to me? And they full out go. And I guess you can. That's the first time that happened. Well, why would yeah. that be? And whatever. We'll have to see what's going on. I love the idea, though, that through this issue, Superman is so butthurt at the idea that he couldn't get through to this girl. And Lois went right over and nogged her. I swear to God, he's mad about it. He even like if you read it in an angry tone when he ends up saying it to did. Lois. It is full out that he is pissed off. He's like, you connected with her when I couldn't. She'll trust you first. And you got some deep seated issues, buddy. She'll be okay. <laughs> Even as the you, though, and bold, like the idea that he's yelling this and he's so up. I'm Superman, damn it. And yet he's upset. But I think he is a bit upset at the idea that when she freaks out, it also goes with the idea that you weren't there for us. Where were you? Uh, which. We've seen the story before, but it plays out well. It plays out well when this girl's there in chains and very upset and on, you know, unknowingly well, or idea of the, with like the when Superman t- when Superman talks to John later on, like I think Mongol is dead because she said the Mongol who was after the Mongol who is. I'm like, look, you've dealt with Mongol. If everything matters and stuff like that, look, I can get past yeah. the idea that Philip Kenny Johnson is going to go with the War Zoom thing because Brian Michael Bendis yeah, said it was a thing before done. him. I can go past it, but. You have dealt with multiple yeah. Mongol Superman and the and idea of Mongol son is oh, like usurped his father and killed him. Like we're just doing the same yeah, thing this over Yeah, this is just again. normal stuff. He's dealt with this a lot. And, and uh, the funny thing is I'm glad you brought that up because in my mind, you're over explaining things in your book. We as readers know what happened. We know that this is the case. We've seen them say you killed your father and all that. You don't need to explain it again so that later somebody says, oh, well, Superman, why did he know that? They didn't talk. No, no, that you don't. We, he knows about this and stuff. And even like if he said, doesn't, the matters. idea of Mongol, like no matter it's what, you're gonna, it's like, okay, I'm Mongol the 14th and I killed my yeah, dad. It doesn't matter. You go you're after still gonna Mongol. Do Mongol shit. Yes, yeah. It, and it, you're going to look like Mongol. That's the deal. Yeah, it, you're still just going after Mongol. And there's not, now, is this going to be Where's set Mongol? up? Where? Is he going to have some sort of weird thing that one of the Mongols or this one is a little bit of a different MO and isn't as bad? I don't know. Because, I, well, that's the thing. Like is you said, you're always Mongol up. up. 
well, back in the day, it's like Mongol 2 killed his father and then later on would kill his sister, Mongol, but he was a more powerful Mongol. But essentially, which is fucking Mongol. Yeah, it's Mongol. It's always <laughs> Mongol. So maybe maybe he's going to do something different with it. I don't know. But I just felt it was just he felt like, it, you know, one of those things where you don't want somebody at the Comic-Con screaming at you. Well, how did Superman? And if you're Phil Kenny Johnson, you know, you say it was the cricket, the rogue cricket, Eric, is what you say. But no, you end up over explaining things. but. With that, normally we would complain with the idea that this is a Superman book, but we're taking time off of Superman to go with Aquaman and to have things. But I like this part. Well, that's a cool and I dynamic like with everything yeah. that's going on because I, I, it's a little over the top where with the, you know these war world refugees, they have a piece of the source that they're calling Genesis, which has become this you know Lovecraftian horror idea where this thing that is unknowably old and it starts talking to Merrick to the like inside the mind of Merrick, Merrick the scientist is working sloth, on who then right? becomes an eldritch horror himself and becomes this kaiju monster that then the, the yeah. aliens have to deal with superman has to go off and when we fly inside the mouth it starts talking inside superman's mind itself and showing you a whole other world inside there and warning of a greater threat and when you see the whole thing when it becomes a very kryptonian-esque thing we have kryptonian symbols and one of the things i want to show you is the superman symbol but it's the you know it's the uh, kingdom come superman symbol yeah, the more yeah, yeah. you know straightforward kryptonian look where i'm like oh are we gonna bring in some kingdom come superman in here is yeah, he gonna I be the worst thing kind of like we almost did in jeff john's one of jsa where he was all worried about you know like the future happening in this world as it did yeah. in his, and he's trying to stop. But he's a problem. Everything totally matters there. Everything I don't know because we got over that and took him back to his own thing I at know. the end of that. But just when I see this totally pure, like Kingdom Come Superman symbol to sitting here that he's being shown and being talked to, in it this also looks void, a lot like the Justice Lords uh, Superman symbol as yeah. well. They're very similar, so you know you might even throw that in maybe. And some people really like that, but I don't know. I I saw it. It's funny. I saw it. I didn't even. I didn't even bat an eye. I'm just going on. But you're right. And what? What are you going to play with that? And do you think that he will play something up like that, like a Kingdom Come or Just Lord stuff? Or you think that's just in here? I, just I don't to be know. It's here. just the idea. Like when we have this wheel in the sky keeps on turning with Kryptonian Turn. symbols, and one of them just happens to be a like a Superman symbol of hope and stuff the like wheel that. Of it's like, and I, I'm trying to get to the things like he has awaited I your know. coming since before the stars illuminated the sky. I like. It is the Necropolis. And I'm like, are you talking about, you know, Nanda Parbox? That was called yeah. the Necropolis last time I saw But a place you soon will be. And thus have always been. I'm like, all right, you're just a riddle and asshole now, aren't you? Yeah, really. That's all I I've been marking. I, I've seen markings like this be once before. Like, they tell the story of one who is gone, but must one day return. He whose vision was matched only by his madness, his strength by his wrath. I'm sitting like. Are we talking about Kingdom Come Superman? <laughs> Maybe. Like, who, who are you? Why, why are you showing me this? I am but a voice within his dreams as you are, as are the beasts you face. Oh my, I hate you. I hate Thanks you a so lot, God so much. Thanks he awaits you coming, Superman. Asshole. If you will play as great a role in his story. And the worst part about this, too, with the, like, the the mysterious way of all this and like we don't even we don't know anything about this we have a mysterious piece of the source whatever that means i was going on the piece yeah. of the source wall just because that but when you say the source it's like the beginning of all things like the beginning of the of the multiverse but you can't perpetual. call it the source in a deal like this because so you're we're gonna calling think it, of the source wall right exactly away. because it's just a piece of the source that we talked about last issue but now they're just calling it genesis and yeah, with that yeah. we have you know merrick becoming this gigantic eldra car superman flies inside of his mouth and sees a whole freaking city inside here with a voice talking to him and showing him symbols and this being more mysterious about something else is coming and you will be doing this. And I'm like, 
I don't know what you're getting at right here. No. And what am I supposed to be taking away from all of this? Because like this, I don't understand how this has anything to do with War World. Yeah. Well, with that, I like that Superman because when he flies in, I'm like, here we go. We always do this. He's going to fly out the belly and he's got, but no, he freezes him from within. Pretty cool. Well, even cool when you have that, he like, that. he freezes like this. I, I, I'm, right, I'm Superman. He, I'm, I'm <laughs> Superman for half of this, you know, paraphrase here, but it's like this. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> but I know. <laughs> i freeze out. But it's just this. But I know that this is only an illusion. And when he says that, all of this goes away and it's just the beast inside right. of his guts and shit like that. But like, whatever. But like, what was this? Yeah. We don't and know. And the thing is, and it's that's cool. The problem. You were, you were alluding cool. to things that might be really cool going forward, especially in a world of the infinite frontier. Everything matters, the omniverse. And if I see this symbol, and I'm personally thinking Kingdom Come, I'm like, that's a cool idea. I want to see more of where this could go. It could be none of that. But I just know that Superman symbol is front and center here for like a Kryptonian symbol. There could be something even bigger involved that I want to know about, especially with the Philosians going on here. You mm-hmm. know, ancient Kryptonian sects that have left the planet thousands of years ago. We have a gigantic Kryptonian connection. And even that mysterious guy who killed current Mongol, the, the Mongol who is his kids, just yeah. because he could, wanted to have a show of strength here to say, you don't know what War World is, but you know who does? We need to get that asshole Superman over here. And like, there's a larger thing going on here that I am interested in. I just, just wish we didn't have to play so many goddamn games or jump through so many hoops to get to whatever this cool thing is. Yeah, and that's the problem. Like you said, we don't know what the source is with that. That's just a device to get into this kaiju monster to see this necropolis. And then you're talking... You know, shady, shady things. You're being mysteries and it's all just in an to get enigma. Back to but it is interesting enough. This guy who knows because, shit, another mystery that yeah, we don't yeah. know. But with that, you end up having you know Steve Trevor show up, which was cool. And with all I'm this with going government. down, Steve Trevor's like, "Hey there, Aquaman's because Aquaman's there. Hey there, Aquaman. We need that piece of the source. We need this. It's ours. It was U.S. water." U.S. water doesn't mean anything <laughs> to an Atlantean, but by the way, waters. I don't have anything to do with it. Sharks drink water, and you end up where <laughs> they're standing <laughs> off against each other. And, hey, are you going to give us the fragment, Atlantis? Why don't you surface, bro? Get out of here. And here we go again. Where's Orm? War. Orm's probably looking on like, United States again. versus Atlantis. Yeah, that looks like the deal. Now, with well, that. Throne of Atlantis all over again. Yeah, yeah. Arms like but there's nobody on the throne. You know, what's going the on? Democracy now? of Atlantis. Democracy of Atlantis. Uh democracy, it's called, Eric. You end up where Superman, like I'm like, what is he gonna do with this? Because he's gonna go to War World, and so what's gonna happen with all that? But it's fine. But the one thing That's that made John me laugh problems. is you end up yeah, really, you end up having uh Clark go to Gotham to talk to Batman. And the progression of it I thought was so weird because I'm reading this. And you see this guy getting, you see Superman like going into Gotham and then all of a sudden an arm grabbing what it looked like, like a gangster, some thug out. I thought he went to talk to that dude, but then you realize it's Batman. But he's like, hey, Batman, I need you guys. This is a Justice League thing. I need you. This war world stuff. It's bad. They're, they have slaves. They're doing this. And Batman's like, yeah, you know, we have a lot of problems here. Do you, uh, do you, you really? need to? Yeah. But then says, I need some stats like to go. I'm like, really, Batman? You jump to every conclusion there is, and you're just letting this lie. You just went to a dimension with, with Naomi's home planet and, you know, doing all that nonsense. It's like, yeah, I think this is a your thing. I think this is a Superman, Look, Superman thing. It's obviously a trap. I don't think you should do it. But if you're going to yeah. go, have fun. We out. And it, it's a funny deal because it's like the opposite 
of points where we always say, like, why didn't they go and ask Superman for help? Or, you know, all these, this is to show, like, hey, he did, he did his due diligence, at least, and went to, you know, Batman. He's like, nah, I, I don't think we'll bring it up at the next meeting, jerk. And then he goes off. So that'll be why he's off on his own. But I did like seeing Batman and, and Aquaman in this. Well, I yeah, thought that cool was pretty cool. Because cool. you have Superman actually going out and talking to people about, yeah. like, things that he should, even though he and is it feels Superman. bigger. He has friends, and there's a gigantic thing that's going on that he might need his friends for. And even with Aquaman being here, like you and I were making fun of it last week, like why would Atlantis grab Aquaman back when he has? He's not king no more. His wife's not queen no mm. more. He's going off doing daddy daughter shit. It feels weird to bring him into Atlantean scientific business with this whole thing of the source. But he's here, whatever. And the idea yes. that when Steve Trevor shows up, they go to Aquaman immediately because uh, he's the face of the he's the face well, that runs the place the as far as the U.S. is concerned. He is the but, face. Like, I'm not doing shit, guys. Steve Trevor. Has a bit of a relationship, but I don't mind at all. Steve Trevor going to Aquaman. I wish it was a little less guns drawn type deal. And like, hey, I know you're not leading this deal, but we got to figure something out, right? And then I want somebody in the background. Where's Wonder Woman? And then he starts crying and leaves, Eric. He gets sad. He's still playing, playing for her flat in freaking Virginia. <laughs> yes. She's freaking still, dope. He's, he's still upset because she'll come back. She'll come back eventually. Uh, but yeah, with all that, I actually would have liked even, we say this, I would have actually liked Steve Trevor come down and not just be, you know, big cock energy here and, and actually talk and them saying, hey, like real quickly before we get down to business, like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry about Diana, you know, the whole idea that they think that she's dead would have been like a nice little synergy with things, but he's got guns, he's ready to go. Uh, and Superman's well, just watching. Him. I, a kaiju I, there a second I'm ago. telling you, I love the idea that Steve Trevor with his gun thinks that he's going to be able to do anything against Aquaman and Superman that are right there, but at least he's going with it, right? He's there ready to do Mercs. Look, you there say behind, this. I'm right? actually happy to see Steve Trevor show up with some big dick energy because he's been so, like, you know, neutered for years. Yeah, he has, but I would have liked to. I would have like, hey, sorry about that. And he's like, what are you sorry about? I'm getting all the ladies now. And then he turns around. He's got the one tear going down. I miss you, Diana. Uh, but, yeah, overall, I do like I'm the guest Steve stars. I'm Steve now. And yeah, really, he's hanging out with you. Uh, but yeah, some of the Trevor. things a little bit when when you go into a kaiju and you have an upside down the crop list that looks like floating around in there, you kind of lose me a little. But a little bit, it, a little is, bit. it is intriguing to see what's territory. going on. And then when Superman ends up saying it's all an illusion, I'm like, thank God, I thought I'd lost my fucking mind uh but, but again, we go up it's there. all an illusion who the fuck is casting this illusion? i don't know and i don't know how he knows this i don't know uh he, he ends up where i'm supposed to be at an acropolis and all i smell is seaweed and shit and there's this ground is like i wish he had a gun he shoots it now we see that it is a kaiju that he's in Poor and then you fly the millennium falcon out right you do that we go to the backup <laughs> and uh the backup i'm telling you I can barely get through these backups anymore. I like the JLD backup. I like the Penguin backup, you know, that you have. But even them, these are starting to get too long. They are starting to do, well, starting to do nothing. They've never done anything for me. And believe me, Michael Avon Oming, his art, again, we say it all the time that people, you know, are fans of his. And he does things. He did Powers deal with uh, Brian Michael Bendis. And people really love that. This, This looks like, 
it's it's horrible. It's garbage. It, it's the faces in it throw me off. Then you have motorcycles with the guy on the say. I'm like, well, I, I don't. This, I, don't I think care. we need to shut Andre Churchin down because we're told that he's a big threat in Future State. We saw it a bit with you know the different stuff in the backups and like yeah. with Superman and Metropolis with John and brain cells and stuff. But when the man starts out making horror shows, where it's like you know I'm gonna do. I'm a super scientist with a bunch of money. I'm gonna put a face on a motorcycle, Aaron. and you know what? I'm gonna put a face on a go kart. Listen to this. Face on a snowmobile. He doesn't make a ski do. He makes a ski you. I mean, a ski (laughs) don't. I'm telling you, you're like, it's not a Trojan horse. It's a Trojan motorcycle, is what it is. That guy, he looks like he's like, hey, boss, what are you going to do with that tank? I'm going to stretch a face on it. (laughs) All I wanted to do was ride my hog. And like, keep your wife out of this. Like, there's stuff in here with the idea that you want out of Midnight (sighs) on Apollo. The idea of what. Of what Lucas Midnight or how he I feels know. about Apollo and stuff it's like too that. Late but for that, though. We devolve this... it into like the convolutedness of the Midnighter backups that we had in Future State with just the idea of the loop and timelines. And they just keep talking about how do you know that you're not doing this like infinitely in a loop and you're constantly doing the same things over and over again because I'm Andre Trojan in the future and I'm in your head. I'm in your flight computer. And like when we even get back to present day Andre Trojan, it's like it's just an asshole stretching faces on things. It's like yeah, we're yeah. making boom tubes now because we – Got Mr. Miracle, and now that we don't need him anymore, now he's going to decide to escape. But yeah, yeah. they've already now, taken this, your mother like, box and somehow made their own mother box. And yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know what's happening. Did you stretch a face over that fucking thing, too? Oh, so he has, like, he almost has that 1930s, like, old guy uh, haircut, too. I don't like Who, Andre, Andre Trojan. Yeah, no, Andre Trojan, when he's doing this, he looks like that weird, like, almost like a, a, a Dick Tracy villain. There, I don't like it. I'm just saying the art. But what I don't like, though, is the idea that he's got a haircut. He looks like a Dick D- Tracy. Clunan and Conrad—they've been playing this idea where you're you're having this where Andre is in the head of Midnighter. He's kind of taking a place and with the whole fight computer and stuff. But the thing is to make Midnighter pull away from Apollo because he's having problems. He's talking in his head. He's doing this. He doesn't want to let Apollo know. And I do think that people have started complaining and saying, I think you're trying to break up the midnight or in the Apollo. Well, you're not going to be able to do that anyway. But this issue starts out with basically, hey, everybody, calm down. We're going to show you in a victory lap of love that Midnighter would never break up with Apollo. And it's just wasted space, especially what you were doing. It actually plays off of you know, that subtle deal that they were doing where Midnighter was trying to keep away from this and didn't want to, and, but it was leading to them having a little bit of a problem, stuff like that. And you just go front and center. Hey, I still love him. We have a different love. It's a secret love, blah, blah, blah. We're done. And then you just go off with Andre then. And the one thing that makes me laugh is he's talking about the idea of eventually you don't need bodies. We'll be able yeah. to get our AI, our, our intelligence and transfer. Please don't do ever think that Andre Trojan is going to do that and pick this freaking cybernetic nonsense old dude. I mean, why would you? He's like, I might even pick you for the rest. I'm like, why would you do that? No, no, you're he ends up, he's like, a shit about man, you. My, my back hurts. Oh, like, oh, eye. man. Like, all of a sudden, one eye old guy, that's who you're going to use? No. You would use Freaking a young, Dr. Savannah sexy over here. Dude. Nobody wants you. What you would do, Eric, is you would you say a midnighter and then get inside of him with you already there. We got a threesome going on, Eric. Oh my God. But yeah, all of this is like little shout outs to, oh my God, did you realize, Eric, that this ends up being a future story in future state? 
where you have the narration and stuff. Realize. Yeah, and when they say and it, I'm sending like, messages to uh, his future self and waiting for his future self who's still on War World doing future state War World things, but send messages back to him, and you're stuck in a loop. And I'm like, you're doing it again. And that was the worst part about last time. You started getting crazy with your convoluted time travel nonsense that ultimately doesn't matter because either you stop this or you don't. Future state, it doesn't matter because this is a story that nobody cares about in that thing. No, no. It's we're gonna make what? we're gonna make the crystallis about with the war world and our boom tube. And we're gonna make some pure neurodium and we're gonna freaking irradiate everybody. It's gonna be a thing. I'm like, I don't care. Shut the fuck Why up. Why would you make a neurodium. helicopter and put the face on the seat? Is that is I know that why. like oh, it should be a little lower? I know there, why. Eric. I mean, really. Uh, but also, at one point, looks like you have like a troop carrier that possibly the two headlights are horrific faces. I just want a bunch of freaking di- dialogue boxes off of all this stuff that he has here. It just says, kill me, off to every other face. Over here, I got this weed whacker with that a face on it. motorcycle. Look at that motorcycle guy. Look at this guy. I think that's Brian Azzarello. He wants out, Eric. He's dying. Look now, at yeah, that uh, one freaking armored vehicle where it looks like it has two faces on the one. Yeah, He's constantly saying, crying. I thought that that was the two things that looked like they were the headlights. <laughs> And their headlights, Eric. Is exactly. I can imagine Andre. he invites he invites you over for you know the deal, and you go to the bathroom. It's just a face. It's not. It's just a guy in the toilet. He likes that. He ended up like this. Is I a got an ashtray with a face stretched over. It's crazy. I would love it. I mean, it'd be great. Hey, VCR. To, okay. I, I don't even know if they actually run the equipment there or whatever. Like, I got a microphone here with a face stretch over. The worst part is yeah. I have to have a pop filter on the inside because of the face. Inside and outside. It, it's like, well, are you going to tell me that these faces are actually now the AI of the thing? Because I'm telling you, if I'm motorcycle face, I'm getting the hell out of there. I want to run myself right into a fucking wall and die. I don't want to be like, this. I'm just He's saying like, Knight Rider in the 80s was doing better AI. Yeah, really? This is the this most looks like, like a fucking puppet master bullshit. This is the thing. The funny thing is you, you're never going to have anybody. And obviously, this one guy working there is like he's threatening him anyway. But the idea, nobody could see this and think that you're Genius. doing any good, right? But nobody could also see this and take you seriously. This would be the biggest joke of all time of like, hey, get this. I have a helicopter with a face on the seat. All right. I don't know what you're doing. I'm the funding taken away. I mean, I'm not getting involved with this part, shit. I don't think he needs funding. He's that rich. He has too well, much money. Then it's again, hey, maybe if the, you take some pictures. <laughs> when you have, I won a press conference with motorcycle face, man. He's like, listen, this is what he did to me. They're like, can you do donuts? And he's like, yeah, sure. He's doing donuts room, around. Room. Everybody, everybody's cheering. All of a sudden, this one asshole is on a freaking, he's on a doom buggy. He has to act like speed buggy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst part. I would, I would have to go like speed buggy too, just because. And, and then they're like, "Why are you doing this?" And it's a living. You just have that here. Somebody, you got to make a buck some way. That's I'm now thing. speed I'm, buggy. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, you know what? DC does own Hanna Barbera. We can make this happen. <laughs> Andre can Trojans. You, no. Can you imagine speed buggy? We go back in time and change this to a divergent timeline that all of those talking vehicles and cartoons that we've ever had were made Andre by Conan Trojan. Conrad and Oming. <laughs> they wrote them like this. Everybody's scarred for life. Can you imagine that? It's like, hey, here, here's old man. Look, cycle. You, even say, you even say that. I just want Jabberjaw looking like Leatherface with a face stri- oh, like stretch over his shark that'd face. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I wonder, like the motorcycle guy is not a stretch. The others almost look like, you know, some of them look like television screens, but they're not. The guy with the motorcycle, he looks like he's having problems. Nobody looks like they're having any These are any the worst fun. Transformers known to man here. I mean, this they horror are. shows. 
Oh my god, they, they, they're none changers. I'm a man. Just run away. I'm a psycho and a man. He's having problems. They call me psycho. People end up <laughs> roadkill. People end up treating me more like a machine than a man. I'm like, I'm not treating you like shit. Cyborg Get the hell guy. out he of here. Yeah, really. You know, fucking haul ass out of here, buddy. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm just looking at but all these. With all this horse that, shit that we're talking uh, about here. I do think that this Midnighter backup <laughs> is the best one we've had so far. I hate them all. I- I'm telling you, it's like my kids. I can't say which one I like the most because I hate them all, Eric. I can't stand them. Oh, my God. I just I read this and I'm just like, when I got to that, I'm like, are you punking me? Where is Ashton Kutcher? Is he, is he looking at me, seemingly waiting for me to take this shit seriously? And then they're going to reveal that I've been mind freaked by Chris Angel. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then at the end, you have Mr. Miracle. And I'm like, I don't care about you. I'm still worried about motorcycle face. Oh, God. They Somebody better kill them all. Put them out of their misery. I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at like that. Kill me. Look at these helicopters and tanks. That big tank at the back, that's the worst. I mean, that is like full out. Like, they have stretched that face to the I limit. Imagine it's like 17 faces stretched Still on that tank. It looks like he also has hair there and shit. It's bad. I don't. And what does this have to do with saying Genius. we don't worry about the vessel or the husk of a human because we can have the AI? Why are you putting faces of people in things? It's like it's that first so series ridiculous. of Doctor Who when it came back in 2005 when you had that one character, Cassandra, the last human. She was just a stretched out face. Oh, it's bad. It's so awful. Oh, my God. What do you give this there? Because that I backup, I'm not up, even inc- again, I'm not including is, it in my score. And I you liked had, it more. That's the thing is, I liked it more. I maybe didn't. I included it. Maybe I didn't. Like, the art's still garbage. I don't care for the backup. This is the best out of the lot we've gotten so far. As for Superman and Action Comics, I think it's ramping up the action. It's doing some stuff that I think is really cool with the psychology of these, you know, proto-Kryptonians, the Pelosians beforehand with, like, you know, what they've gone through and how they act and feel with, like, being, like, you know, slaves on Warworld and how they feel about Superman. There's a lot of cool stuff going on here. I just hope that we get to the meat of the matter sooner rather than later because we're just like, it feels like we're stacking mystery upon mystery and the little bit they're giving us, it feels like it's just more overblown to the point where I don't know if it could ever be as big as they, they want it to be for everything they're showing me right now, but like, like telling me, but not showing me. But ultimately, I still like this so much more than Superman coming up next. I think I'm so glad that he's on this title. Like, I think he put all of his best ideas in action comics because he too. knew he wasn't going to be on Superman very long. <laughs> yeah. But like, this is a cool book. I just hope that it does more going forward. But I gave it a 7 out of 10. I'm giving it a 7.5. I-, I liked it. Now, like you said, I'm worried because when we have books and we've had other writers. Now, you know, Philip Kennedy Johnson we're not as familiar with. I've read some of the Marvel stuff. You had The Last God, that stuff sort of thing. But when you start seeing a writer where you have some big mystery and it's not solved and you get two more mysteries as if you've left that first one behind, you just have to take it for granted. That always bothers me. And again, that's what's happening in my mind in Detective with Mariko Tamaki. She sets out a thing that's a mystery and then using that mystery later to continue on as if we knew what happened. And some of these have the danger of doing that, the source, things like that. Um, Genesis. It is. Yeah. But it is interesting. And I, I, I don't know why, but I like this idea of Superman. You know, you're well, I, I do know why. What you had with Brian Michael Bendis. I do. But the idea of having a a book where, and this is where people got caught in this trap too with some of the digital stuff where all they wanted was each issue to tell them, hey, Superman's great. Superman's awesome. 
And he's not doing that. And actually, I'll give him full credit because it looked like that's what he was doing in Future State, that that's all he was doing. And then we're going with this. Like, even in this, Superman, we know that he can't save everyone, but he is not being put in a great light overall here. And it bothers him because he wants to save everyone. I like that better than just, oh, shucks, you're Superman. You're great. You're awesome. And then let's go to the next issue where we do nothing and then have that. Brian Michael Bennis was very big on having cliffhangers of Superman telling us how great he is. And that didn't no, no. do it. That's for the us. worst part because we didn't even have that. We had Superman having inner non- monologues no, telling he would tell us how yeah, great but, he but is. But it would be telling us. But he would be, tell- be telling he'd be himself. himself the psychopath. Yeah, he'd say, I don't kill because the, you're like, who are you talking about? Uh, but I don't need that. And even with that, at the beginning of this super stuff with Philip Kenny Johnson, he was using that, like, going with John, like, oh, you know, a father is somebody who's a hero. Like, that's that stupid service level shit's done. And this is actually a story that has some intrigue and mystery. And I I think that I want to find out more. But we better get to see. You can't just keep meandering about. And hopefully this is the start of really kicking where he doesn't have to worry about also writing Superman. He's puts all of his energy into this and gives us a kick-ass story that also includes, you know, some of the other members and some of the people in cool. the we have a DCU big that we do like. Universe. We don't have yeah. to have a book that like, doesn't and feature anybody thing. all the time. That works with Batman because Batman's a loner, but Superman's loved by everyone He's and would have guy. people. He would have people try to help him and he would be helping other people. So I really, really do like that. And And I think that one of the setups is to get eventually maybe the justice league to come to save him on war world and i wouldn't mind that i think that that's really cool to see how much people love superman because we're usually told that we don't see it much in the books because you're too busy you know doing well that's the thing is justice League's gonna come save from war i've seen 10 years in the future how many years like there ain't no justice League in that part stop it (laughs) somebody betrayed them i'm telling you also they're like superman's gone where is he is he on naomi's planet no he's on war world can't help him. Okay, <laughs> we can't go there. Just Sucker. imagine that—that that they went to Naomi's planet, but they, they can't go to War World. Well, uh, I don't want to go War World either. That sounds awful. Go I don't like saying it. It's hard for yeah, me to really. say. I go don't like it either. Wilma, Rora Jorah. What is next, Eric? Superman number thirty-two, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with a backup by Sean Lewis, with art by Scott Godlewski, Gabe Altiev, and Dave Sharp, with the backup art by Sammy Vasri. Vasri. All right, and Ulysses Ariola. It's the final issue of Superman, and the Shatterbreed is in complete control. The planet Thakram has taken over, and even the Man of Steel has succumbed to it and its will, and all that's left is John Kent's Superboy to save the day. That is, until Superman just says he's okay now, we are told that Superboy's new heat vision power can save the day, even though we need hyperviolet light to do it, and before we just saw Superboy detonate his heat vision at a specific time. Superboy does it, though, and everyone is safe, and then we get a Bibbo backup. Adios, Holy Superman. moly, do we get a Bibbo backup. And uh, again, probably the best Bibbo backup we've had. Doesn't make it good. It's I'm probably the best sell. Oh, my God. I, it was taking me so long to get through it. But, uh, well, it's because it's 16 this, pages. Yeah, really. I even messaged, like, what did they get off? Well, that's the thing. Is you told me 15. I went back and counted like it couldn't be. And it was yeah. even more than you said. Yeah, I knew that it was somewhere around there. I just guessed because, boy, it felt like it. Uh, but, yeah, when you have this stuff going on, Here's the deal. We don't know what happened with the Superman book. Was it that you end up and well, here's the thing. You have Long two line of shit. You have writing. two dig, two things what it could have been. One makes it, you know, kind of you can give 
Philip Kenny Johnson the benefit of the doubt that it wasn't working out and they said, okay, you're going to end here and then we're going to get a John book because this is this story wasn't good in the first place, wasn't good in the middle place, and the ending is so rushed that it's ridiculous. I'm hoping that that was the case. If he knew how many well, issues even, he had, well, dude, this is Think awful. about it. We have him doing action comics. We have Superman. We have right now in action comics. The thing is something is sent to Superman like to, to bring him back somewhere else, and it's a trap. What's the story about? A message goes out calling Superman back to someplace else, and it's a trap by an alien. As well as, like I said, it's the same plot, just done way worse, and nothing about it is done right. Because even last issue, we were told when we found out that like, the, the, the current king of Thakram, everything that was been done, the message out to Superman, it was all a trap because the Shadow Breed wanted to lure him back. And we, we see the flashback of when the Shadow Breed took over here. It wasn't a tra- The king fell in a crevasse and ended up hitting the signal to Superman. It wasn't part of the plan. It went against everything it just said in the last issue. And we have to come to such a complete conclusion that we rewrite everything we learn or knew to come to that conclusion in such an unsatisfying way. I'm telling you, the cliffhanger, I argued with you to talk about, look, we're going to have John doing good stuff. We've taken Superman out of the picture. He has taken over. It's up to the boy of steel to come through in the end. And this one's like, oh, no, I'm all by myself. Superman says, he rips out. I'm okay now. I'm like. You have taken all the consequences you out of this Jim thing story. I think I just said it's going to be bullshit. <laughs> You're like, no, no. Well, look, I, I'm like, eh. Look, I didn't say it wasn't going to be bullshit, but the idea behind it could but have I been cool. But I think that maybe that idea was the original setup, but he has to finish it. And this is where I ended up – we talk about it all the time, the idea of, hey, you know, this would have been a cool story, but unfortunately they only had five-issue mini to tell it. But the thing is it's not a shock. To them that it was a five issue mini so if this was something where this ended up naturally right you, you can't say well it's a shame whatever and also i'm going to tell you that if they came to him and said hey it, we're going to stop this you got to end the story you have to be good enough as a writer to make it so that it's not so clear that you just fudge shit to get over with it's your story come up with an idea to make it a satisfactory ending no matter what the thing was whether or not they told him yesterday that this was ending and he had to rewrite whatever be good enough to make it so that it's not a bullshit ending this is a bullshit ending now at the end you get that deal where yeah this was all about or ends up being all about elevating john so that yeah. he's going to go up to his own get him book, over and for his own book but that's all that's really been in this superman book anyway it's just been john john oh this uh, looking at your dad all oh, this oh my god and then you get to this deal and it's just superman pretty much saving the day but leaving that aside hey john you have to use this new heat vision that was just Which thrown in do, out of nowhere this whole idea is not even we need hyperviolet light and if, we, that, if that was set up before it was just that it was so cool that like clark saw his son was able to shoot his heat vision out and detonate it before it hit his thing Clark's like, I can't do that. That's cool. All right. Um, the, the current king, he decides, you know what? I, that heel turn I took where I wanted to save my ass before, I'm not like that anymore. Folder, when he built the containment, he used hyperviolet light. Can you do that? Well, John, it's up to you with your heat vision powers because I can't do that. You need to do that. And this is the idea. If you go cycling through, I don't know how it works because I don't have freaking you know supervision of any type. All right. Hyperviolet light. Well, that's between ultraviolet and I'm like, you can't say N because there's nothing that's like, you know, hyperviolet. So it's like, nope, that's not it. Let's try a different thing. Yeah, until he's just like he has a dial in his ear. Exactly. Yank, 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 and then it works. Can and you feel it as hyperviolet light and you would know what that is? It's just such a weird concept to me to try to wrap around my head because 
I don't have this ability. I can only but that's barely the other see thing anything. I know you can't. You can't. It's not your fault, Eric. Your ocular nerve had issues at birth. But Math. you end up with that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so with this there, uh, you end up wanting it to be an ending where John has to risk something or but it's not it's just him going well i hope this doesn't blow up yeah you could do it i got okay okay there it is you well, don't even have is, that John idea is just of... going through he has all the time in this world because his daddy just because he can just overcome this shadow breed which was this horrible thing to take over the planet he's just running defense the entire time while john just tries to figure out how to use his heat vision a certain way oh you did it boy i'm like no he stood there and just did something that i'm, I'm sure you, you could this do is yourself. the same exact thing as your dad coming to you and saying, hey. This sounds amazing already. Well, Tell yeah. me more. Well, he's actually paying he attention doing? to you. What he, he, was, for the weekend? he was listening to 94 WISP, right? He right, loves right. the classic rock. Of course he does. I know he does. And, and all of a sudden, the James Gang came on. Uh-huh. It's like, I've heard this too much. Can you put on 97.5? And you sat there and <sighs> dialed the radio and then got to 97.5, Eric. But unfortunately, it has turned into a country station. Oh. Something your dad didn't like, he left you then, Eric. That's how that is. But this is my basically fault. I it know is, it. Basically, it is. Hey, can you dial this radio into a station for me so we can rock the house? I think they're getting the lead out tonight. Uh, is it mandatory Metallica? Let's go. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the last thing I was thinking about it, too, because this past week's the anniversary of my father's death. And one of the things I remember listening to the radio that he was really rocking out to was Metallica's King Nothing. And I put it on at the bar last week. He liked like, the mandatory Metallica, And as right? soon as you said that, I'm like, that's where I wanted to go with. He was also a big Pink Floyd fan, but not good Pink Floyd. Just like, let's listen to the animals. I'm like, let's not. Mm, yeah, let's not do that. I, I'd love it, too, because... I, I take your dad it's funny, as I say a good Pink Floyd. I it's take never, it's not a thing. Oh my God, Eric, you're gonna be can't. I I take the idea <laughs> no, that your dad was a '95 fan. Like he liked that station because they played more of a combination of heavy metal and classic rock. Eric, I don't know. I I, I could take your dad as just he. It's funny. He, he was he, actually more of an AM fan. Really, really. Then was he listening to the doo wop a lot? We listen to a lot of oldies talk radio and sports. Yeah, so there you go. So he did that. But if he was going to rock, he liked, he liked the Metallicas, does he? That, uh, like, you know, the coasters. Was he like a Motley Crue? Did he like the Motley Crue? Not that I remember. Yeah, all right. So maybe he wouldn't be 95. That's more of them. He's probably a 94 guy. He was more guy, of a so. 70s guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. He liked the Zeppelin and shit, yeah. right? He's there. But yeah, with all of that going on, though, that's all John does. He ends up going, uh-oh, I better turn the dial. Oh, I got it. I got the frequencies. Here we go. And I now we're listening. It. You sure now, did, champ. Now we're listening to Wish You Were Here from Pink Floyd, and we're all falling asleep, right? Me and Eric are not Pink Floyd fans, by the it's, way. It's so funny to think about that. it, too, because now I'm totally going to get canceled thinking about in my early 20s. Let's just say, hypothetically, I would be out and about on a weekend, and I might have drank too much, and I need to get home, and I still get in the car, and I drive, right? Let's hypothetically say there's something to happen in my life. If hypothetically I did this, and I was in the car trying to drive home, and wish you were here and come on, I would start screaming at my radio because I thought it was trying to put me to sleep and kill me. Uh, listen to you, Eric. I, I end up where in, you know. Not tonight, half, radio. I, I sit there, and then I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. That, no, one of my buddies in college was a big Pink Floyd fan, so we'd have discussions, and I actually said, I think it was to Mark Jaeger that I actually like reading about Pink Floyd more than I like listening I to him, but end up where there's ad, ad nauseum that you don't understand like the wall 
in there, the guy Pink there, he's actually like Sid Barrett because he ended up going wacky and then they had to leave him. Huh. Wish you were here was about Me. Sid Barrett. I'm like, I don't know what, what is this? Fucking storytellers? Stop it. I don't need this. And I like some songs. I like Young yeah, Lost. So it's probably one of my favorite songs by them. But uh, with that, I don't need people to keep telling me that the wall is a rock opera because, yeah, I know this. Look, I've I, seen just, the movie. I don't need people to tell me how great the Beatles, Pink Floyd, or the Grateful no, Dead how, are anymore. How dare you? You better take one of those off. And I do <laughs> mean the Grateful Dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I end up where every band has their, their way. But this uh, this past week, uh, then David Crosby was on uh, Howard. And every time I, I always let me listen to more uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash. Now, yeah. I don't mind when Young shows up, but just the CSN. Every time I'm like, why am I bothering to even try? I don't like them. Why do I think I'm going to this time? I don't know time? if I've ever heard anybody say CSN before. Yeah. yeah like it makes sense, but I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they say that, Eric. You just get out of town. That's an old thing, I guess. But yeah, with that all, I'm well, like. I'm telling you, I've only ever heard anybody like Crosby, Stills and Nash. Yeah. It's a lot of names. We got to say it, but like. To abbreviate it like that feels weird, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do that, but yeah, just like the GD, right? the Grateful time. Dead, the GD. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why I don't call them the Beatles; they're the Luz. I, I just don't want to waste my time. I got a lot of things I got going on. No, here, we just Eric. call this John. Though you, though you do say the Stones, right? Yeah, so you got that. Yeah, that just makes so it cool. Yeah, it does. It does, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah with all I got of time that, to say the Beatles. I just call this John. Oh, how dare you? I, I started off as a huge Paul fan, then went to a John fan, then back to just a Beatles fan. Never, was, more of a Paul never fan. was a Ringo fan. I just <laughs> he's just a good guy. Uh but yeah, we end up where they end up. You have this thing. And I saw some people in the user reviews on Comic Book Roundup like Oh, we get it. Phil Kenny Johnson. At the end, you say Superman says you're the best Superman because you're a jerk. And I end up like, what are you talking about? Number one, this is a handoff to give it to Tom Taylor. We're trying to get John over for his own push. And also, yeah. And with that, I think that some of the stuff that a lot of people get mad about that is told by editorial to say, just remind everybody like, like with this. Though I'll tell you, I like the art. A lot, but that last page so bad. where you end up so having bad. John and Superman. What is Superman's, Superman doing there? Superman's face is crooked. I don't know who this John is. I've never seen this fella. That's the worst part because I feel so bad saying that because before we got on the on the podcast tonight, I was on Facebook and I like like on Twitter. I follow the face like all the DC stuff and all the individual characters on Twitter and Facebook. But I mostly see all the preview stuff on Facebook. It feels like, and whenever I click on the comments, which I have to do. I need to see what people say. And DC's latest thing was like, what did you think of the final issue of Superman? And they had this picture as a thing. And all it was was people talking shit left and right this last bit. <laughs> and it's just people talking shit. The thing is like, and I, I want to be able to, to like, you know, defend Superman and John, even though I didn't like this issue. But looking at him, like, nope, it, it sucks. I hate it. I don't know why. And it doesn't even make sense. But I don't, I don't know. It looks like he's going off to Globo Gym or whatever from freaking. It, 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 We're he better looks than you. Awful. <laughs> but you have a backup. You have the backup with Jimmy. And, and that's the best part about this metropolis. issue in my mind because the idea that Superman's over, it sucks. We're getting a new Superman. But because Superman's over, we can be done with our Jimmy and Bibbo backups forever. Yeah. 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 That may Because right we now we still that. have to deal with, we have to take down the projectress who went after Bibbo. Such a pure hero because if she was able to use her dust to take over Bibbo, such a pure character, then if she could do that, she could take over Superman. I'm like, you're going to go down no problem because these fucking D and F listers, you know, I'm going to skip over A. 
If they could take you down, there's no way you could ever take it on Superman here. And just the characters involved and just trying to find out, it's like, Bruce Cannon hasn't been right in days ever since he got the dust. Because up until this point, I didn't know that Projectress gave off dust that got in your eyes and made you feel and see things. But the thing is, if you just close your eyes or go in the dark, she doesn't have any power you ever anymore. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Vogons. You, you close your eyes and you can't get hurt. Everything they can't see you there. And, it's and a with good thing this, that so, we have a Krata here. You don't explain a Krata at all or who this character is. But she's got shadow power, so you're going to come in handy, a Krata. So bad, right? You end up where the dark metropolis is speakeasy. I think that's Snake Plissken behind the deal to give your dad a little shout out because he did fashion himself. Uh, that no, I, I fashioned I, him as that. I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm like, that's Snake Plissken. But. Yeah, th- there's nothing. Me. There's nothing to this. It's such a Sadly, weird you know deal. What? With, with how long my hair is now, that is me. Yeah, really. Well, there you are. I, I got the idea in this one, which was kind of funny, where they're like, "Are they coming up with the idea that that Jimmy had that Matt Faction book that now all of a sudden's up for an Eisner that they think they need to continue a Jimmy deal because this is just nonsense." And the idea of the dust and Bibbo and these sort of things gathering up the team. And then just at the end, it's just, it's done. She wants, hey, Bibbo, you got to introduce me to the Supermans, but I got the dust. And I, I'm telling you, I could barely follow the story. Well, just even the <laughs> idea as we try to do it's like, he still has her dust in his head, making him delirious. It's that magic. She put it the in dust everywhere. Get, yeah, right? And then Jimmy opens up a letter here. It's like this. She put it in the note that she gave the ambush bug, making Jimmy think there was a big clue waiting. <laughs> And then she used to make Cannon try to kill Gangbuster. Just the idea. Man, I got this dust in a letter. And this dust is making me think that there's a big clue coming down the pipeline. But there's not. Oh, you projectress. Oh, project. And you got us again. To, all Bibbo has to do at the end is turn off the lights. And it's all over. <laughs> That's all he did. It's closing time. It's done. And you're done. I actually, it's funny, too, because I'm going. I'm like, how is this going to end? I see that the next page is the end. I'm like. Really? That's what you did. You turned off the lights. It's over. Boom. The lights and go yeah, out. Akrata comes in the shadows, punches, projectress once. It's over now. It's funny, too, because at the end, you're like, yeah, I think he would have been like, would Superman be proud? And he goes by. That cityscape there looks like that meme that you are, that GIF you just used, the shade GIF. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just like looking at it. like, this, these are the only things I'm thinking of because it's just bullshit. I end up where you even have it. Hey there, gangbuster. Shake on it. What is this? Your apology? Best one you're gonna get. All right, let's go. Yeah, just, just this whole thing. Like nothing. we have this group of Jimmy's heroes: Bibbo Bibowski, Akrata, Bruce Cannon, freaking like uh, we have Gangbuster, Steel, and Ambush. Or Steel. I mean, I know. Steel. Why are you getting lumped in with these people? Steel, you're one of the coolest superheroes in Metropolis. I don't even know why Akrata's here. You know, one of the biggest superheroes of Mexico. But no, she's here in Metropolis in Jimmy's basement. Jimmy's basement with his trench coat on. And it's just like, we did it. And that's it. Gangbuster. I wonder if Superman would be proud. I think he would have been. The worst no, no, part I think is, he would have said, I'm don't actually get interested. Says first. I'm, I'm actually interested in something as stupid as a new gangbuster because it's a character that never really went anywhere in the 90s. So it was like, you know, it fell flat completely. But, and even the name's silly. But for some reason, me being a stupid DC fanboy, having a new gangbuster out there seems kind of like it's got my interest peaked. Yeah, but this isn't going to do it. it Hey, this is uh, the niece of that other gangbuster. Who's kind of beat her up? <laughs> yeah, beat her up, and then they shook She's on got it. Got the dust in him. Shake on a pal. That's all it is. She but, gets uh, a little too brutal with the people. Gangbuster. Yep, there it is. There it is. It's, it's nonsense. So again, I, I 
I know that we should braid it with the backups involved, but I don't know that every. But again, I'm saying you say it doesn't matter the best backup we have. It still sucks. And the thing is that (laughs) I think most people have left them behind. I I really think that people might start like I'm just reading the rest. But uh, yeah, Cameron. Uh, But what'd you give this issue? I like the art in both these, even though we got Mongoloid Superman at the end of that issue there. I think actually, the I, as much as I like Scott God Lucy's art in there, I actually think the backup art might be even be better. I do like the backup art. I really the, do. The, ma- the main story of Superman, it doesn't work. It's garbage. It has to be thrown together to have an ending that doesn't really go anywhere except for, hey, John, you're the best. Okay, I can go with that. I know we're moving on here, but like <laughs> the backup story. It's garbage, but with that garbage, <laughs> it's still the best bit of garbage also, we've had so far. It's also over garbage, right? So we're it's done. All with it. done. Yeah. We're all done, baby. We're done. It we're gets done. a smile to your face to know that you don't have to jump this hurdle anymore. You're gonna sit down and not have to worry about it ever again. But a five point eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm gonna go six. I'm a little more positive than you. Uh just because but again, it's funny because you get the same thing with reviewers with this where I'm reading some of the reviews and I read most of the reviews for all the issues. I just like to see people's styles, Eric. And maybe you do pick up a little tidbit or so from something that you're like, oh, I didn't see that or whatnot. But I'm reading these and half of them seem like they're giving Philip Kennedy Johnson like the benefit of having a great run. So they're going to elevate the score, which does happen a lot as they thank you for this. Like, Really? You're you're doing it for this? We just started this. It was nothing. And now he's off the book. Like, Thank you for a great run of Superman. One of the best ever. I'm like, these people have to read more comics or something. I just don't get it. But overall, I think that he was just, you know, hey, you got to do this. Tell them that everybody loves John as Superman because that's what we're going to get. And he hands off the baton to Tom Taylor. We're done with it. I'll never think of these stories again. That's one of the big things. When we talk about the stuff, I will forget about the shadow breed 10 minutes after we're done well, this that's podcast. The thing. Even when we're going to go record this section, we try to remember like the idea of like Philip Kenny Johnson's run on Superman. People are like, oh, it ended too soon. And I'm like, I know we did the shadow breed because we're talking about it, but what came before that? And it took me like a few minutes to figure out, oh, yeah, that's right. We had that weird thing with Amanda Waller and the portals that was never resolved. And we just moved past the tear and all that. They were coming through or what the tear, as you say. And when they your were, father, di- when yeah. your parents die we're in your mind, get you. the Remember, years are over. He rips open that thing and I'm going to come for you and Amanda Waller. You're going to pay for this. Just the idea Nothing. that we have Star Labs and Amanda Waller working together to open interdimensional breaches that can hurt Superman. All right, let's move on. What? Yeah. What, what happened? Let's move on because we got a distress signal because the shadow breeder back. I mean, you had something that was killing you. Where? And, and like, speaking I'm, of which, I what did happen? There, Where, what's happening it, with that? Giving it the benefit of the doubt, talking about the idea of Infinite Frontier and how it felt like at the first DC comic writers were working in tandem with each other to really flesh out a connected universe. And we thought that that was connected with the Suicide Squad and stuff like that. Exactly. When Amanda Waller is just connected with the idea of multiversal kidnapping, she's using Star Labs technologies in order to do these things and or getting Superboy and or trying to find a way to hurt Superman when he finds out that she has Cotter Kent. All these things running through my mind like, this could be great. And then we got Shadow Breed. Not Shadow Breed. That never really... As far as I remember, I don't even know what the resolution was of him being sick and things. There remember, was no resolution. Recently, we moved we, on. Remember, He's and good. then we even had the point where it was the Atom and Batman doing tests where he said, I'll check this and I'll Look, fight that's this. That's the thing is. He was at his his like you know power seemed to be diminished. But if yeah. you go back and now this is the thing is in my mind it's it's a weird thing. I don't want to say this is actually how it is, but in this how it works in my mind. Philip Kennedy Johnson is a student of Brian Michael Bendis for all the stuff that he's picking up like off of what Bendis does here and stuff like that. So if we have to go by that, we're also in my mind dealing with the aftermath or the 
what Bendis did with Young Justice, were all, or actually I think it was the Superman one, where he brought in Connor Kent Superboy and said, we ran tests on you and it seems like your powers might go away. And I'm like, well, I saw Future State and like 10 years from now, his powers are still fine. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But that was something like, are we doing this? Like, was that part of the thing? But then it became Superman. I'm like, I don't understand where you're going from the progression of the But I don't remember stories. that ever being resolved. I, I no. mean, he's supposed to be dying. Shadowbreed. Shadowbreed does it all. But yeah, uh, with that, we're going to go off. And this will be a little Ruby Justice League from my man, Michael G. And then we'll be back to finish up the podcast. Some folks like to get away, take a holiday from the regular books. Head up to potential future with all new looks. But I'm looking forward to march back to the regular DC line. When I leave future state behind. seen all the Batman stuff with the peacekeepers and the magistrate. I don't mind the next Batman, but he isn't great. But I need all the regular books and I don't want to waste more time. So I'll leave future state behind. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this month's installment of the Crossover Corner section here on the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I am your host, Michael, and today we are going to be going through Ruby Justice League issue number three. I hope you all got you all had a great month full of great content to consume, be it movie, TV show, video game, or comic. Uh, I actually just finished watching GoldenEye, the James Bond movie, on my quest to watch all of them before the uh, the next one comes out. Pretty good movie. Pretty good. I'm not the biggest Pierce Brosnan fan, but Sean Bean was a pretty damn good villain. That was fun. And I'm also currently playing through Final Fantasy VII, the original one, uh, via Game Pass, best deal in games. Uh, And I'm loving it. I mean, there's a reason it's a classic and uh, having a lot of fun going through that. But enough of what I'm doing. Let's go through this issue here. So as with all these uh, Ruby Justice League issues, they collect two of the digital chapters. So uh, going through the credits here, Ruby Justice League issue number three, written by Margaret Bennett, with pencils by Emanuela Lupacino, inks by Wade Von Graubadger, colors by Hi-Fi, letterer Gabriella Downey, cover artist Mirka Andalfo, and editor Andrew Marino. So let's start with chapter number five, The Fastest Faunist Alive. Uh, and we pick up where the previous issue left off with um, the members of this new hybrid team, Ruby Justice League, splitting off into pairs to investigate individual leads into the mystery of what's going on. And uh, over here, we start in the Faunus Corner with Ruby and Bruce. Not the 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 pairing I was most excited to see. You know, I, I felt like of the characters we have, those two didn't really feel like they'd mesh well together. Uh, and they don't really talk to each other a lot either, except for in the beginning here where Bruce questions why Clark acted so weirdly um, in front of Weiss slashed issue, which I thought was kind of odd too, because Weiss just asked uh, Clark if he wanted to um, to pair up with her and he just ran away, which, uh, you know, uh, hey, if Weiss asked me to pair up with her, I'd be the first in line. So I felt it was really strange that Clark 
decide to run away from, uh, you know, such a pretty girl. And as they walk through the Faunus Quarter, now they are here because they are looking for a super fast speedster um, Faunus, who they were told about last issue by Ozpin, because someone is trying to kidnap people with powerful semblances. And as they walk through, they see wanted posters with the classic flash lightning symbol and are told that a red and gold blur is um, committing, you know, thievery. And Ruby spots a fox Faunus that fits the description and immediately takes chase. And we get a nice little uh, chase scene here. Uh, but as they, they, they run, Ruby notices that she's not really all that fast. You know, pretty fast, but not as fast as the legends would say. Or legends, rumors. Um, and Ruby, of course, being a speedster herself with her semblance. Um, you know, we, we get a nice chase here. Nothing nothing great, but it ends with, um, you know, uh, the fox fawn is getting the upper hand and Ruby falling off a building and landing in front of uh, Barry Allen, who presents himself as the Flash they are looking for. And uh, he's a tortoise Faunus, I I think, uh, because then it says that the um, the shell he's wearing is a backpack, but he still kind of looks like a turtle. So I'm just going to go ahead with that. <laughs> uh, and he admits that um, the fox Faunus, whose name is Jesse Quick, you know, nice little reference there. Uh, that while she is not super fast, he uses her as kind of a decoy for people who are looking for him. Uh, so when they notice that she doesn't run as fast as they say, uh, that the Flash runs, that they would just kind of just abandon the search, I guess. I'm not sure how that would work. And I'm not sure why that in the chase, uh, she basically led Ruby right to Barry. So the point is moot. <laughs> I don't really know what her purpose is there. Uh, they seem to recognize Bruce calling him out for being the one that uh, kind of meddled with the affairs of a certain bigwig dust company uh, tycoons that we saw a bit in last issue at uh, Shnee Manor. Uh, and Ruby and Bruce just talk to them and say that they are there because, you know, talking basically recapping uh, what I already said, that someone is hunting down people with powerful semblances. And uh, Barry confirms this and says that, yes, they are being hunted down by a group of huntsmen and huntresses, which is odd considering they're also being um, kidnapped. And they regroup at Barry's mother's house, Nora Allen, who apparently is alive in this universe, which, you know, great for Barry, but it doesn't really mean anything for the plot. Uh, except, you know, to have a, a nice, kindly old lady there to offer Bruce and Ruby food. And Barry then reveals that he's got, he hacked into the surveillance systems in the Fauna's Quarter and recorded uh, the hunters who came after him. And he says that they looked strange. They had an odd glow in their eyes. So, of course, that kind of relates to the, the brainwashing stuff we saw uh, in the previous issues with Clark and the, um, the whale that attacked uh, Blake and Wonder Woman. And as they investigate the footage, Ruby recognizes these hunters and huntresses to be uh, none other than Team Juniper. So that's Jean, Pira, Nora, and uh, Ren. And uh, that's the big cliffhanger for the first part here. And uh, Ruby wants to go back to Beacon, but uh, Barry says, oh no, it's too dangerous, so stay here. Uh, and we move on to the next chapter, Chapter 6. The Machine Teen, to guess who that is. And we pick up with a pairing I was much more interested in, uh, and that would be Weiss and Diana, who are so far my favorite two characters in this issue by pretty sizable margin. So, uh, but again, we don't really get that much uh, dialogue between them here, except for a pretty interesting little mystery they introduce as the two are going into uh, the Schnee Dust Company to investigate their lead. Uh, and Diana says that her parents created her because they felt that Remnant was on the brink of a great discovery, uh, but that this, this discovery would bring terrible conflict. And she says here that um, 
They prophesied three would come forward, black, white, and gray, a warrior, a healer, and a stranger. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty interesting little mystery that's being played out there, and I, I, you know, I, I want to see how that goes. Uh, hopefully we'll get that sooner rather than later. Uh, it's very interesting that she brings up colors here, black, white, and gray, because colors mean a lot in the sort of ruby lore. But black, white, and gray are pretty monochromatic colors, so I'm not really sure what they're referencing there. My first instinct would be to say that they're referencing the Trinity, Bruce, Diane, and Clark. But, I mean, those those are all Bruce colors. Uh, they don't really fit Clark or Diana very well, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, and as they talk, uh, they discuss how both of them weren't exactly, uh, you know, brought up having many interactions with friends. They both live isolated lives, but that now they, they've joined this team. They're starting to warm up to being with other people. And Weiss says that even though it's not a competition, she wouldn't be jealous of Diana if she were the... Where's my, where's my comedy drum be going? The Victor. And as they walk in, they spot none other than Victor Stone, Cyborg himself, in what is, I find, to be the most uninspired of the Justice League Ruby designs we've got so far. He's basically just Victor Stone with less, you know, metallic robot parts and a pair of pants is basically what he looks like. Not not nearly as cool as the um, the Trinity are, or even Barry. And even Barry's not really that great of a design. Um and here's where the issue really starts to have a lot of problems with me because Weiss here says that you know she's happy to see Victor because they were looking for her because she was told that he was kidnapped. Now, I read last issue and they never talked about Victor or anyone being kidnapped. The reason they went to the Schneeg, uh, you know, uh, headquarters was because she thought she could find evidence there of her father being involved with the larger you know, plot. So I don't know. They just decided to introduce that here. There was a problem in the writing, but it, it, it's really jarring and it doesn't really make any sense. Um, and we got some 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 bend this level bad dialogue here. Uh, I don't know if Margaret Bennett's uh, attempt was to make Victor sound as robotic as his character is, but that's what it comes off as. Is you know he has a line here. Where he says, "I have not been kidnapped. Am I in trouble for not being kidnapped?" Uh, that sounds really really weird. And uh, you got another line here where he says. And you wanted to make me feel welcome and understood by demonstrating that your body is also different from other people's bodies. Okay, yeah, not not not, not the best dialogue, but yeah, Di- Diana is trying to you know build a bond with Victor because she is an automaton and he's a cyborg, and she feels like oh they're kind of the same. Uh, but Victor throws shade back at her when he says we're not the same. I'm half human. You're fully robot. Um, yeah, not sure that's really how you want to make people like you, Victor. But he seems to think that they are assassins there to kill him. And through other comic book style misunderstandings, Diana and Victor start to fight. As she says, I know what your weakness is, my powers. And he says, I know what your weakness is, technology. And the two just zap each other. But uh, Weiss steps in and stops them before they uh, commit further harm to each other. Uh, and says that they're there to help uh, and wants to know a bit more about... Uh, Vic's backstory. And we can hear that he was an astronaut who was part of a covert attempt uh, by Atlas to explore space, uh, which is not something they really talk about in the Ruby TV show, which is why they're trying to make it more of a secretive thing here to not mess with continuity, I guess. Um, And another weird little bit of of plot development here when he says that he was trained to go up into space. They did a lot of experiments to make sure it would be safe. But when they went up there, they discovered that dust, which is basically fuel in the in the Ruby universe, doesn't work when you're in space. Now, I don't know what kind of tests they were running, but it seems to me that that's some pretty basic stuff. Uh, and really, 
the first time you're going to try this is by sending a human being into space. Didn't you have like a dog or a pet or an unmanned ship you could send or something? No, apparently they just, you know, let's send our, our best astronaut up there right away. And of course, the ship explodes and Victor is saved by a green uh, blur, which is obviously hinting at a Green Lantern character coming uh, very soon. And again, another weird part here where Victor then says, so after the accident, after he was blown almost to bits, he built his own cyborg parts to keep him alive. So I'm wondering, well, if you were on the verge of death, how did you do that? Someone must have at least dragged your body out of the wreckage or something and healed you enough to, to, to make you stable so you can do that. Uh, I don't know why they didn't just bring in Silas Stone to do it like in the comics. I guess because they wanted to make Victor seem smart, you know, so smart that he built his own uh, cyborg exoskeleton. But it really doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But he and, and Weiss bond over their shared love of science. And she seems pretty impressed that he managed to do something that's impossible because he should have been dead. Um, and Diana points out that the two might be flirting. And I, I, I'm not going to step all over Weiss's game here. You know, she was flirting with Bruce. She's flirting with uh, with Victor. Yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty fun. Uh, and as they talk, uh, the alarm goes off in the headquarters and they have to make their escape. And they discover that they are, in fact, being hunted, but not by the assassins that uh, Victor thinks they are, uh, because he's being hunted down by people that were hired from the space company because they want to kill him to uh, remove any loose ends from people knowing that they were stupid enough to send a man into space without testing the fuel first. Uh, but Weiss says that, no, no, we're being chased by Team Juniper. Uh, and she says, Ruby told me this, but I thought these stories were taking place simultaneously. And since Ruby and Bruce just found out, I don't know how they got into contact with her. We don't see her getting a call or anything. So uh, another confusing part of this issue. And as far as cliffhangers go, it's not really the best because we're just being retold something we learned halfway through the issue. Uh, and at the bottom, we get next issue, Prince of the Seven Seas, which means they're going to introduce Aquaman. Now, I was not the biggest fan of this issue. I love the last one. I thought there was really great dialogue between the characters, great banter. Uh, I love the way they introduced Bruce into the universe. And I was hoping that instead of just adding on characters, we get to know these a little bit more. You know, I, I want to know more about Clark's mystery. I want to know more about Diana, more about Bruce. Uh, but instead, they just piled on two more characters and two characters that I feel aren't as well established as the other ones. Uh, Cyborg, to me in particular, he's kind of boring. Uh, and the Flash is kind of just the Flash with a fauna skin. Uh, so I don't know how longer they're going to go on. Obviously, they're going to introduce Green Lantern and Aquaman. So I'm hoping their designs and their backstories are going to be better. Um, but so far, it's looking like Margaret Bennett is just using this series to introduce her own rubyized version of of uh, Justice League characters. And that, you know, that's fun. But you got to also develop the characters you have. You can't just keep introducing characters and introducing characters. The cast is just going to be too big. And no one is going to get the appropriate time to shine. I feel like you have the four Ruby characters. If you're going to have seven Justice League characters, and this would be fine if they just brought in the Justice League characters we knew from the comics, because we'd already have you know that, that knowledge of them as characters. But because she's basically creating new characters, we're really not getting a development I feel comfortable with going forward. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I saw through previews that the Green Lantern is going to be Jessica Cruz, who is one of my favorite uh, Green Lanterns. You know, I, I kind of got into comics right when she was uh, she was starting off as a character. So for all intents and purposes, she is kind of my Green Lantern. 
Uh, so that should be fun. And uh, even the art here, I noticed that this is the third artist we're getting in the third issue. And Emanuela Lupacino is a, a pretty well-established uh, DC artist. I, I've seen her art in other works. And I don't know, I, I, I preferred the other two uh, than hers. I felt like, especially in the chase scene between Ruby and uh, Jesse Quick, that it just didn't have the, the kind of thing you want from a flash chase scene, you know? Not really any any of the speed lines for Jesse Quick or even Ruby, you know, in the show, she has like a trail of rose petals that follow her to indicate her super speed. And that really wasn't done to my liking either in this issue. Uh, I'm wondering if we're going to continue in this kind of round robin uh, artist switching sort of thing. If each issue we're going to get a different artist, uh, I guess that could work because, you know, for whatever the art is this time, it does look consistent to the other two artists. But I really liked Stephanie Pepper last issue and I liked Anakin in the first issue too. So, um, Hopefully we could get another repeat. Uh, but yeah, that does it for me. I Yeah, uh, kind of a weak issue. This is usually the case in miniseries. You know, you get a good start and then things start to, you know, trail off in the middle. You get some filler. And uh, yeah, I, I gave this a 6 out of 10, uh, which is which sucks because I really loved the last issue. And it sucks they couldn't keep the momentum going. But hopefully this is just a fluke and we'll come back next issue strong. Um, and I will talk to you guys then about that one next month issue number four. Uh, and so, yeah, if you guys want to talk to me about this or any other things you want, cont- uh, comics or TV shows, movies, hit me up on Slack if you're part of the Patreon at Michael G there. Uh, or you can talk to me on Twitter uh, at uh, Mike Justini. That's M-I-K-E-G-I-U-S-T-I-N-I. I'm not as active there as I'd like to be, but I'm trying. You know, I just don't have the reflex to, to check that app all the time. Uh, But yeah, that will do it for me this time. Have a great month, and I will throw you on back to Jim and Eric. He got his first real comic, got it at a five and dime, read it to his fingers, plan, been reading comics most of his life. Him and some guys from school, they had a book and they tried real hard. Jay quit, Knuckles got married, Yannis was never gonna get far. When he looks back now, did he ever fight forever? And now that he has a choice, he told Jesse he would marry never. Eric's red comics most of his life. Ah, yes, Eric, you've read comics most of your life. I heard a song recently, you've read them all your life, but then that was, you know, a little bit of a revisionist I don't like history there. Uh, well, that continuity, in a way... I couldn't read uh, until I was 25. Yeah, really. We weren't playing... The Room, at least, right? That's what they said. I still can't um, read The Room. We're going to be dealing first in this section of, of a very, you know, longer section for books here, but the first one is something we haven't been, you know, loving so much, and one of the problems is... Maybe it's lack of continuity, but lack of an idea that it is as, you know, kind of come out of death metal into Infinite Frontier with something that could push that narrative a little or at least not confuse people. But people seem to, to like it. It is Batman Superman and people seem to like it as and I don't know, is, is it one of those where you think people just because it was fancy that it was Jean Luan Yang? Or do you think that I, there I think is a room for a book like this? Where you could have a Batman Superman, but really spell out that this is, you know, when I think that go back to World's Finest and it gives you that classic feel and you could tell different stories from different ages and things like that. 
Uh, but how this book has been since Joshua Williamson started it before, you know, death metal and all that. It's just been kind of like inconsequential, yeah, inconsequential with stories that don't quite hit, and they almost just feel like you know a digital first type. Like even if you go back to Joshua Williams, it's like all right, he's going to deal with the Candor Bottle City of Candor problem, but like now we got a bunch of green floating little people going around. I'm like, it didn't feel right, and also Rachel Gould is involved and General Zod. I'm like. You got a lot of big things going on. You just never went anywhere with the story. Yeah. And when it first started out, it was more of a tie into that Hell of Risen book into the, yeah. you know, death metal Batman and things like that. And the be- yeah, and stuff like that. And, and even the year of the villain, like it didn't really serve its own purpose. And then once it was done, it just seemed like Joshua Williamson was allowed to just like eh, come up with this. And I know that it's not a thing because you want to have a book, have a creative team so people can jump on if they like it, whatnot. This really could have been a book where you have almost like the the legends of the dark knight back in the day and even now where you get a writer come in with a story and they tell a three issue arc a four or five whatever and then they go and then the other come in but that's called batman urban legends yeah but be a celebration i'm just saying one creative team but actually make it like a more of a celebration of batman and superman but even better in my mind you could use this because it you know it's not the just league obviously but yeah batman you could end up like the bottled city of kendor if that was played out well you can kind of tie up some pieces that are laying around because these are the two characters that would do that and i wonder how this would have played out if coming out of death metal into infinite frontier you had just some stories of batman and superman trying to figure out remember when we were going to have the flash and batman figure out what was going on who was acting weird and stuff like that maybe you know never really panned out but uh you just end up about that, that ended up being like that, the year of the villain then that, that, that was that the nonsense. end of the button not the button but yeah. like uh the, i think it, it was, was the, the sequel to button, or whatever but the, that the was. price exactly yeah. the idea that that far removed from like okay people are acting funny i bet somebody's infected yeah, yeah. Remember, there was Joshua Williamson doing that, taking over that book with a crossover with Flash, and that's how it ended. We got to keep an eye out of the people who are acting strange. Uh, but maybe you could have it used felt this so to much do bigger, something though, like the that. idea that, like, you know, Doctor Manhattan was like, you know, hiding amongst them with everything that was going on in this. All right, now you got to wait for the Batman who laughs to go and do some goofy shit. Yeah, yeah. That's all they're wait. They're like, I love the idea. I think we laughed at it then. Of like, what does make you think? Like a Booster Gold's acting weird. You when know Tom King I mean? writes like, them. Well, there you go. <laughs> you just said it. The gift. There's a, right there. We have suspect number one. And I'm, I mean Tom King. Just even the idea that you're going to have a whole monitor full for like superheroes right there. Like someone, somebody in here is acting funny. I'm like a lot of them are acting funny ever since the new 52. What well, are you talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I, I have what's going on now. We're going to go and we're going to do this investigation now. Who is acting funny well you already said booster gold right oh my god that was weird hey what about i heard that adam strange is a genocidal maniac up oh, he's acting weird right hey mr Cat miracle Woman, killed himself <laughs> Catwoman is a piece of crap that is gonna do stuff and go behind up oh, she seems supergirl's drunk on a planet and ends up doing up oh, to crypto oh my god it's just even the whole idea is them looking at those monitors trying to figure out what's going on with the superheroes is just the same as what we had in the last issue of Detective Comics where we had Penguins men. We've got to look around for something suspicious, guys. That's what it was. Is that light post suspicious? It looks it. No, it's still light in the street. Penguins All men right. are on the case. Don't worry, I superheroes. Penguins men, not that great. I love that after. Hey there, light post. You're clear. Give me a fist bump. You go. But yeah, this book, though, and Gene Wen Yang, when he comes on to this, and, and the book is canceled. The book's done. It's done in September. 
I think that that was probably something that they told him beforehand. People were losing their mind. I do think that Gene Luan Yang is respected enough that they, and he's done this with the terrifics and things. Hey, come on. We want a couple more issues. We want one more trade, whatnot. And then we'll get you doing something else come October. So I, I don't think that you would end up at this point knowing you had to cancel a book with this few issues. I think that this was set, but Gene Luan Yang jumps in and, I don't know. This this story was so wacky, wacky enough for people to love it, but not wacky enough to be a book where you're like, okay, everybody, you have to read this. Like if somebody came in like, okay, I'm here for the Infinite Frontier. What are the books I need to read that are important? This couldn't ever be one. Let's just say like you don't even know about Infinite Frontier. And but I'm in this for Batman and Superman. You're not even getting Batman and Superman you want to read about. But that's the thing, Eric. You're getting multiple. Isn't that better? <laughs> no, it isn't. And and this issue, you like it more than the others. I, I'm about the same deal. I, it's not going to – but there is a little hint of story that ends up reminding both of us separately. We said this when we got on. The idea that it reminds us of another book that we'll mention that it could have been kind of a fun, cool deal – but you were going the gimmick of the film strip thing, I think, is what really the micro threw everything off. Where, yeah, everybody <laughs> wanted to do this and, and or got behind it. Oh, my God, it's so cool. Look at that. But it, it didn't play out as well for me and you. And then at this point, you pretty much well, it doesn't make any pushed goddamn sense anyway, right? Dealing with it. Even now, we'll have a part where before they would make up. A rule about these burn holes. Now it's just like, hey, burn hole, let's jump through. Let's not pretend. Like, even when we're on a lot of, like on Ron and yeah, this Ron. one world, I'm like, is it because well, Adam Strange wasn't there? That's is what that I'm wondering. Only, that's the only thing I can go with. Like, was Adam Strange supposed to be standing here this whole time? And that's where the burn hole is. Who knows? They never say it. They're like, oh, there's a burn hole. Let's go. But yeah, this is Batman Superman number nineteen. It is written by Gene Luen Yang with art by Emmanuel Lupacino, Steve Lieber, Derek Robertson, Kyle Hotz, Amit Santorelli, Sigdon Rich, and Sade Temafonte. Bunch of artists on because, as you had told me even this week, it makes sense when you're jumping through worlds or flashbacks. Well, that was like last like week that. when we talked about the yeah, flashbacks. Exactly. We had That's all those artists deal. and we're dealing with all the different timelines and even the different spatial like worlds and stuff like that. It makes sense when you jump to these different eras and like dimensions and stuff because you're doing something different. It works. And it all looks great. I mean, each artist does a really good job. But Gene Luan Yang continues his wacky Silver Age film strip world story. And while we see Otorio is more a sympathetic villain, the story has gone a bit too long. And like a locomotive without coal, it's running out of steam, Eric. That's a little hint of where we're going to head in this. And Eric, without you, I would be a locomotive without coal as well. The art is great, but there is a reason just the book is for men standing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then it's something that I just end up, I just like eating coal. The art is great. How would I have Christmas without Colin? The art is great, but there's a reason the book is ending in September. I don't know the actual reason, though, Eric, but eh, I just wanted to slip it in to get back to our news in here. Thank you all, and good night, Eric. That is my news deal, because, yeah, it's been canceled. People seem to like it. It's funny, once the news of, hey, this book is ending in September, you started seeing some people like, well, I kind of got this story. I don't really need much more from this, which... It's a shame. I, I actually think that this book could be something different. Uh, most people thought, well, they're going to cancel this and come back with another one. Maybe they come back with the world's finest or something know, along those lines. Like, go back to the 2000s with Superman, Batman instead of Batman, Superman. Do something along those lines because that was a series I loved, but like, you know, reading in the 2000s. Yeah. And, and why you usually, and I think I, I know you and when you were back in the 2000s, Eric, and even before, why Chicken you it like this book. <laughs> 
is a lot of times because you, you get banged for your buck. You get Batman and Superman. You don't have, you know, the nonsense of Flash running around and making jokes like in the Justice League, well, right? Even look, just think about how big that book is. That Back in the 2000s, then you had the animated DC movies. that They, they grabbed a bunch of stuff from that series with, like, Public Enemies and then Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, stuff like that. That's how big the stories were. The DC and Warner Brothers like, well, shit, this is good enough to make an animated movie out of. And do you think that a lot of times when people think of this book and think of, you know, Batman and the deal, they, they think it has to be jokey. They think it has to be because you just mentioned one of the biggest, darkest stories that come from that. And not that this is a jokey story, but it doesn't also have to be a side story that's inconsequential. These these could be hard hitting big stories where you get and I like sometimes where you do get. In the regular Batman book, we've had it recently a bunch of times. We even had it in the Urban Legends Grifter story where Superman shows up in Gotham. Hey, what's going on? And then Bat goes home, no Superman, and then he leaves, and you have that idea. Why was he there? But this book then, everything like that can make sense. It can be that it's a team-up. But I also like it, and you get it in this issue uh, really well. I like when there's those other guest stars in it as well, like Alana. I mean, it's played in a weird way with these film strips and stuff but i do like the opportunity to have batman and superman work with some people they usually don't and have some adventures that you would usually not have because there's always the justice league around Look, and that's the thing, is, thing it's so cool but the idea is we're dealing with the superman that we don't know a batman know, and well, Robin we don't problem. know and an alana yeah. strange we don't know and they're going to team up together so they can all hang out and don't know together yeah and the, the weirdest thing about the don't know is you don't really have to know but that's the problem you don't have to know like, because the they're not really doing much. Our big bad, Arturio, he comes in, he just pulls out a goddamn Phantom Zone crystal, whatever the fuck that is, out of this one Ron world. He's like, all right, Batman and Superman of Earth Zero, you're imprisoned. And now we're just like, I don't know. Like, just imagine if we didn't have these weird heroes, like, jumping from film strip worlds. Like, would, the, would our heroes be done now? Is it they're just done because of freaking well, Arturio? It, it, the, 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 well, yeah. The weirdest part of this, though, is that you really want to get our Earth Zero heroes involved in the story. They're just there. They're almost like, you know, the beginning credits to announce what's going on. And then you get to these other film strip. But it's film strip worlds that aren't. It's not multiverse. This isn't anything. This is microfiche verse. And so you never really get the tension. Like. The idea in my mind, and I, I'm a, I'm an awful person. I mean, you'll uh, tell everybody, uh, Eric. The idea they're like, oh my god, Jim, can you imagine if these microfiche film strip worlds cease to exist? I'm like, I can imagine. It's called September. I mean, I don't well, care. The end of that chapter. <laughs> I, I'm like, what would it do? You've never set up any idea that that would affect anything, but these film strip worlds and that's not enough now with that too like, do you, do, and that's the thing is we talk about the idea that like oh man what if they went away i'm like what if they stuck around what are we putting a bunch of freaking film strips <laughs> i don't know nobody needs that can you imagine people like you I'm know gonna not put them in a can watch. i'm gonna wind them up put them in a can and put them away there you can live forever go back to your own closet. film strips that's what they're yelling yeah people build the wall around these film strips eric that's awful that's but called censorship up, and i don't believe yeah, in it exactly but this is the thing you have Octorio, right? and you're starting in this issue finally to play around with the concept of film and the concept of storytelling through film. Never really saw that before, but what, what, all he wanted, I'm going to make the most perfect world. What, what, what does that mean? What does that, what does that matter? Right? Well, who cares? And, and other than that, you tell me right now, how do you stop this? 
how do you stop this? And then what do you do? But that's the thing where I'm saying that we could stop it by destroying everything. It doesn't matter. It well, really doesn't is, matter. You're, but you're jumping what to the do you end do? of the whole situation because I'm still wondering why do we have a bunch of film strip verses wrapped around a Wayne satellite that somehow built armor that's controlling the son of the world forger? Um, it's playing off the Silver Age wackiness, right? Silver Age. You got this, even Golden Age with the Superman stuff. And so you're there. You know what? The Golden Age or Silver Age right now. And this book supposedly is right in continuity, though I look, it does not actually, in a, in a weird deal, doesn't have the Infinite Frontier logo That's or anything there and stuff. Well, it is. But you have to do something with this. If you're going to cancel it, if they, they should have just canceled it and started it up anew with something that meant something. And most people sit there and say, this is just for fun. You know, why can't you guys have fun? Well, we can't, right? <laughs> it's just us. But it's, it's we're looking for something that means something that's worth getting. And I do love the art. And you might be able to say, if you're a guy or gal who loves art and stuff, you, you might be able to just get it for that. But I, I never go with that. D- do you agree anytime that some comic is worth the whole price of admission just for the art? Unless it's yeah. a don't give me your silent issues or something. You know, that you're like trying one to play silent issues. When yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah, on an art book, but, I don't know. That Here's is a book of photography. Ex- Not on my watch. Where are the fucking words? Yeah, really. But that's a, in a comic medium like this and whatnot. That is just an excuse because trauma you're trying to justify with no su- it with no subtitle. That's true. That isn't no trauma. Caption. Just life without a page turn. I don't know. But yeah, you, you go into this, and, and Octorio ends up grabbing uh, Superman and Batman of our world and putting them in this Phantom Zone crystal. I get crystal. the con- I get the concept that it's a Phantom Zone crystal, but that's such a wacky concept that. But and you can see him in there. Is it a Phantom Zone? I don't know what it is. I'm telling you, it it like it's just the a magic bug. crystal that they've trapped inside like Eclipso with the dark diamond. Look like, it looks like one of those like sap things where you have the bug and that poor bug went to the wrong we're tree. making Jurassic Parks. Yeah, really. That's what we're going to do. But yeah. So with this though. You keep getting little hints of, hey, you're not going by the script, or hey, you know, that's not how this plays out. But never meaningful and enough that it seems like anything has rules. What you're doing is going into worlds where Autorio is just going to sit up there and say, yeah, that world's not that great, and then zap that world out. And so you ended up having Dr. Adam Lex Luthor decide, well, I'm going to skew the deal. I'm going to build Belichick this shit, and I'm going to use one world as my scrapyard to get stuff that's better and then dump the bad stuff there and he thinks this is the great plan now they ended up going into the satellite they even have the deal oh look at that there's big versions of ourselves and then batman wants to pretend he's smart and says i believe that we are in Plato's cave. <laughs> like, fuck you, Batman. Yeah, start doing something. You just saw versions of yourself get trapped. Start a punch and stop a philosopher. What are they going to do? They're little micro men. Yeah, well, really. And then Robin's the only one who's really on the ball here. We're going to get stepped on. And so, all this where Dr. Adams says, I know what's going to happen. I He seems to think that he's going to be able to reason with Artorio. And in my mind, Artorio would say, Hey, I love a you, a Dr. Adam, the hell with these guys, because he had a plan, this dumping ground deal. And, and when Arturio hears it, he don't like it. And so Dr. Adam, he's like, hey, you want to know why I'm called Dr. Adam? Wink, Kaboom. wink. I'm like, I kind of think I knew. I mean, <laughs> there you go. And he blows up. And he even says, I hate martyrs, but hey, what the hell? He blows up. Now, would this be something that would be a real problem for these microfiche film strips? I think it would, but it doesn't seem to be. It only ends up damaging Otorio a little. 
and the notorio like, page we later. We damage him here. Like, what is coming out of his freaking nostrils on the side of his head? It, I thought at first it's a green they were, hair. Yeah, I, I just thought they were like uh, it's like a chia pet is what he is now. He's like this weird chia pet. And and when we see, we get the look of who he is under that armor. But I didn't get the idea that he was from the chia pet universe or anything like that. But you never it, expect the chia pet universe. Tour, no, your mom likes the chia pets. I, no, I never remember right. one. Yeah, because they attract spiders. Oh, yeah, the spiders. That's what it was. She didn't like them. Uh, also, she didn't like Stinkor, right? And, and Mossman. None well, of those allowed they, they stank. Yeah. They, I was allowed that Mossman. It smelled like oh, fresh. Oh, did it smell like uh, Stinkor smelled like that Berjuli or whatever Pichulio. they call it, right? Patchouli. 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 You end up. I, I was not down with the Kalogni. Eric. I didn't know what that was. But you end well, up the with. the deodorant tea. Yeah, or the showery. I have the bathy. Uh, I have the tooth, the brushy. Uh, they end Not up having watch. to. Otorio's like, oh crap, I am hurt. And and the problem is too is like, archivist Arturio, why is he him? Why are they them? Well, that's the and the thing then, is, even when because like I like the idea what they're playing with here. They're, they could have done so much more because you and I even off the whole like you know before we started recording the section, we're talking about the idea of like you know. You got to play the role that we're in at this point in time. And we're doing different stuff with that now because even when we go into this Ran world or with, you know, Sardith and Alana, our heroes jump in and they have, you know, Ronnie and Jetpacks. For whatever reason, I don't know because it's the first time we're seeing it because when we went from the world of tomorrow into the world of night with Superman and Batman who, like, didn't know each other, it's not like anything changed when we jumped to those worlds. And then even when we go to Old West World, all of a sudden everybody is dressed like it's a fistful of dollars right there for like a good and bad and the ugly. And it works, but we're not doing anything with it. And it's a I'm new the concept. Ugly, Eric. <laughs> but when you have the situation of like, okay, we got to break the armor off of Arturio because underneath there's something there. And we get the little exposition about who he is, the son of the world forger. And he was, you know, he was uh, worshipped by people before all the other guys, and then they forgot, and then he was just walking downtown one day. Hey, look at this movie cinema theater. I like these things. And then people on their cell phones, they started ruining the theaters for them. Like, no, the pandemic did that. Cell phones didn't yeah, do that. Yeah. And, also, and they're coming the back now. Prices. It's a weird time now. Yeah, really. You get a popcorn. That's what killed it for me. That and the idea, I don't want to be around people. This is the problem, son of the world, Fortune. But when we get to the idea, it's like, I am going to go and stop the cell phones. And that's where we get the Wayne Tech satellite going on. That's why we're here. But I have no idea Didn't why we have a bunch of film. Them, right? Nah, I, it's like, that's the thing is we have a bunch of film of all these different worlds wrapped around this Wayne Tech satellite. I don't know if it's blocking up the cell reception. But on top of that, we have this son of the world forger is now being controlled by armor that came off the satellite and wrapped around him. And I don't know why. That must have been from the archivist. I mean, I, maybe we'll see and, that and they showed that. up Look, and took advantage of him. I don't know. That, he has an army of projector head robots. I'm like, where did they come from? I don't know. And so what we're saying is, and this goes back to what we said at the beginning, the, another book that we, it, it's Super Sons, when you were going to have the adventures of Super Sons, the play was that John originally, and Damien. Originally, not how it turned out yeah, in the comic, but the original yeah, concept original that was put concept, out there. John and Damien were going to get caught in this weird dimensional deal where they kept each, you know, little arc or issue even, they would go in a different genre of comics. They'd even have like. Uh, a pre-code deal, a romance deal, a sci-fi, a, a horror, horror comic. Yeah. And that is a cool concept. It, it's a wacky, but it would fit here. And, and why isn't it fitting here? Because the idea of, hey, I want to make this perfect world. No, no, no. He wants to be 
a director to bring back the set. That's not make. He gets mad at points when somebody ad libs, especially the, you know, our Batman and Superman in the satellite. There's been times like, I'm going to take you down. No, no, no. That's not the monologue that we need now. Why didn't he play with this in this? And it would make sense because at first, don't even have to have these things necessarily. I need this world, that world, or whatnot. He just wants to get the perfect story because when you have the, you know, the planet or the, the world of tomorrow and the dark night deal. They're in their strips. They're 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 playing their role. Batman in that there's no Superman, but when he switches over to Superman, oh my God, things are wrong. You're not, and and that's where things would have started getting wacky. But the fun would be of having our heroes go to Ron in this, you know, Alana in the world of Ron, and now they have to play that role of being in a sci-fi deal, and then that the only way to get out is to actually complete the deal. You said there is a supernatural. Episode just like this. So oh, the show supernatural is so yeah. good. When when the trickster like Loki, he traps the like the Winchester brothers in a TV world where the only way they can get out of each individual episode is to sh- play the roles out like that. Like he had a, like a, a family sitcom where like they had laugh tracks going on. They had to do like had like little like catchphrases stuff like that. Like, Son of a bitch! And like when something would come in, or even like Sam would have to go be in a, a herpesil commercial, and he has to play out. I have herpes and this, you know, it's okay. See, that's fun. And again, that may, it's this idea we're saying, obviously, that is not original, but you have a little bit of it in this issue because they do end up with a, the Alana stuff is just to get Alana. There's not anything going on. You end up having Otorio go into this Ron world to kind of, you know, heal himself, himself become a, a worm monster, <laughs> and then attacks him. And yeah, you, you get, oh, that's kind of cool. You see, but we do discover run. in this, are t- like the son of the world forger, his only weakness, tornadoes, because Sardeth has a tornado gun that starts shooting the armor off him. When we get back to this other, when we go to the old West world, it's like Superman, that tornado gun hurt him before. Try flying around him really fast. Gotcha. Oh, no. Gotcha. Armor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what happens I'm like, I think in he can do now. other things. Punch it off him. Freaking heat vision off. Do stuff. Why is it it's a freaking wind is this only problem? Grab it. Just grab it off. I. But the funny thing in this is you, you had to have loved the idea that Otorio in this world, then this old West, because he escaped to this and they followed through through a burn hole that we said we don't understand why. Maybe it was Adam Strange wasn't there. Uh, but they end up going and they're on like we can't and find why is them. that a thing in the worlds that he's creating? Why is I it like know. You know, he is creating these worlds? Like, that's why are the vulnerabilities saying. based off the real world? Or would it be better that he ha- they have to find that thing that's missing? I mean, everything twists and turns around. They're like, would it be you have to find that thing to complete this world and then you can move on? But you don't do that. You, that's just, again, a trope or kind of a MacGuffin to get from one to the other. That's all it is. Because like you said, why would there be a missing thing and why would that matter in that world? Uh, Because like, what could you say that there's a burn hole here because a cactus was supposed to be there? Seriously, El Diablo's there and they go, looks great. It's funny. I love El Diablo going into this train and telling people, kick it back. I don't know why he's Italian to me, but (laughs) kick it back your legs. It's because it's Spaghetti Western. That's true. I think that's why. Kick it back your legs. El Diablo is here. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. And you're going with it. but. Just the idea when they show up, they are in Old West garb. Now I want them to play the roles. I want them to try to have to figure out, well, what happens in a Western? What do you do? And then go there. And as a point, you could even mess up on purpose so that Arturio would reveal himself. But they end up going, they're trying to do this freaking Thomas the Tank Engine. 
shows up well, that's here. That's even weird too. Like, so like crazy. we have Arturio, the director of these stories, and he's making the perfect world out of these films and stuff like that. But he's going to retreat into them, and now he's going to be a sandworm for some reason, and then he's going to retreat to another one. Now he's a locomotive, and I'm yeah, like, he's a steam engine. Why? And is it one of those where he? He thinks he's such a great He's like a Christian Bell This guy can play anything He's like look at me I'm a steam engine Look at me Choo choo uh, I'm a steam engine Marge Yeah I could just see He's like choo choo He's so funny And then you realize That he's not a train Everybody's just Getting piggyback rides But it so looks the only way I can keep fits. going in life is if the dude with the shovel starts shoveling coal at my ass. Yeah, well, that's what would happen. And then you, you end up shitting out diamonds three weeks later. You are, you're a tight a pressure ass, up there. <laughs> so you end up where they end, Superman flies around him. He ends up being able to see, you know, what's, you know, there he gets this whole idea. Hey, I like the cinema. It is Gene Luan Yang. I'm an old god of tales. I mean, and even this is like a trope. There's movies upon movies about this sort of thing, but it also goes with the storytelling. And what I don't understand is he ends up going when people stop going to movie theaters so that they could look at their phones, but they're still like there's still movies. I mean, is he upset at the experience? Like, are they watching movies on their phones or he's just saying no, because people still watch movies. I mean, people Constantly. go, maybe they like him. He just, it's almost like at one point he just doesn't, he misses the experience. I, I'm even thinking, he's like, people used to dress up to go to the movies and to fly on the airplanes. Like, what is he upset about? It's like he can't evolve the storytelling ways or well, whatnot. even that, all these decades, ever since cinemas became a thing and the, the moving picture, he was cool because while people didn't remember him as a god and didn't worship him, these movie theaters reminded him of his you know places of worship of the past and stuff like that. So he just sat there and watched a lot of movies until people with cell phones came part, pissing him off. And then he lost his mind like, I have to stop this. And in my desire, I realized – that I don't ever, I just don't want to watch movies anymore. I want to pick the perfect story out. And it, in that, it doesn't it go well. My suit me. of armor. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm saying, and then I, I lost myself in my desire. And I'm like, I still don't understand why you're building worlds of film. No, I, he's, he's, what a, are your powers? And this, who is your mom? His powers. He's a boomer, Eric. He just wants those movie theaters. He's like, I like when they call them theaters. And then he'd go for a nickel. He's, he's just like that. And I, I ended up, Kind of thinking about this and and yeah some people would be pissed off because he's like you know instead of the actors we get the piece of shit influences with their dancing and their boxing matches and eating challenges this is all he's upset about it that's it he's just mad that people want different entertainment because it's this isn't something like gene Wen yang is almost going with the idea like maybe i'd write a story and i'm like i like i like the old timer radio you know what that's dead nobody listens so that's a but movies they're still going. I mean, they're going well, It's such strong. a weird idea because we have all of these things going on. And from what everything the son of the world forager talks about, like, I followed this into the heavens. I tried to steal the new god's soul with a magic incantation. I'm like, this is a savage right now. It's a satellite, dude. But what I found instead of a soul, however, was a desire. A desire for stories, not for the sake of themselves, but for the sake of perfection. That desire encased me like a suit of armor. No, it is a suit of armor. And for some reason, originally, it looked like the curse of Spawn here. But And then in my mania, I created the Archive of Worlds. And pretty much, we start up where this whole thing seems to have taken place in like the last hour. And then Batman went and checked out his satellite. Is it that he's upset that he doesn't realize there's a pandemic? 
I mean, but the, the, and it, but now I, he's free. As soon as you get the desire off him, like a suit of armor is like, oh shit, that was weird, right? My bad. And it's weird. You're you're almost. I mean, you want to go with all the tropes of this. This is playing off kind of an American God steal, playing off the idea of storytelling and things where he's not as strong because they're not in his place of worship. That you know, dare how dare these people watch shit from home? I mean, it's just so crazy. And then he's mad at it's the very phone. convenient world, son of the world forger. He wants some drama. Go and look at Twitter and Reddit. There's a lot of drama on those cell phones. You got to, it's all bullshit, but you could go. I just don't get everything thrown in. It never completely clicks with what we had because most of it was ill explained. We don't understand anything, but you're trying to make this where Torio is the sympathetic character. He just wants the movies. He, what are you going to hook him up with? Film freak? He can end up doing this. Is, are they going to put him in a cell just where imagine, he has a though, movie he's, theater? He, he's just Christopher Nolan's thinking that the world is freaking doomed. Cinema is doomed because of Netflix. It's not real movies. And like, you know, like Steven Spielberg, all we have to do is the end the like Artorio. Let's give him a deal with Netflix. Steven Spielberg's cool with it now. It's like Francis Ford Coppola, that asshole. He's claiming that yeah. the superhero movies aren't real drama. Um, really? What are you? Hattorio, look at you. Jerk up. It'd be funny if he looked like all of those guys. Like you have a whole set of these assholes going around. And in the middle, hey, Spielberg, go. Where are you going? I'm telling uh, the thing is, I don't know how we're going to make him out. I, I, I would just give him a beret <laughs> and a freaking long cigarette holder. <laughs> oh, that would be good. And then in his side time, he's a mime. Oh, my. Look Sits at you. Sits around with a chair in the back but that again, says director of worlds. Yeah, yeah. Really, that would be funny. And cut. But that's the thing, too. Me and you, way back, we, we had a fun old time, like an afternoon, where we were coming up with the stupidest story where you'd have the editor, I'm the key grip, and it's a robot. Final cut. Squeeze people. Final cut. And we were just joking around with it and whatnot. This kind of is it, but it's not it enough. And, you know, and now I don't know what it is anymore. I'm too old, Eric. But the <laughs> concepts of it, you didn't, you had a foundation of sand. You didn't set up enough. And then you're seemingly getting away with the film strip thing was a gimmick at first. Now you're just going with, I love cinema. But that makes me want to make a perfect, when does the world? So I know that you're the world for your son. Well, even you look, how we you look do up this. To your we, daddy, but do we it have different. all this cinema going on here. And I say cinema, I mean like the whole different strips of film that are all these different worlds that he's just created willy nilly, it seems like. You know, I, it's, I'm telling you, it feels like it's been going on an hour, but we've had have whole worlds that are like, you know, Dr. Adam, that Lex Luthor, that world is like, well, I've been jumping these worlds. I've been freaking making this one perfect so we don't get destroyed and stuff like that. And then even when, you know, like Arturio grabs him, he tells him his plan. Well, I don't like that. And like Mr. Adams, like, well, kaboom. He blows himself up a minute later. You know what? That Dr. Adam, he was on to something. <laughs> he had a good idea. That's right? what jumping the gun again. If you just would have waited it out, maybe explained your case for one more minute, you would have been good. You would have been his right-hand man. He you would have been, been getting there him in the coffee. Old West. Yeah, he would have been putting the coal up his ass. He would have been great. Now, now with that, with this too – where we know one thing about Otorio now. Now, is the perfect like the perfect world is something he wants. So, what does it matter? What I mean, is it going to be one of those where we're going to get the trope, a film strip version of the for the man who has everything, where they're going to figure out a way to make a world that's just a giant cinema that he can sit and watch endless movies, and then he sits there Sounds happy, like and they put him away. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because that world would take me a billion years. You would be done in yelling at somebody after 30 minutes. You would have already I've seen already everything. I've already watched everything. What are you guys doing? Six times. I'm sitting there trying to write notes about shit and stuff because I can't remember. But yeah, with that, like, what is the out? Because we only know that he loves the cinema. Now, the other out would be... He likes the I stories. I don't know if we have enough time 
But the other out would be to teach him that stories have evolved and there are different stories. And yeah, yeah, I love the two where the cell phones, it's just the binary code coming out of them. And, you know, one, zero, one, zero, one, and he just follows it up. But maybe they have to get him on board with the new tech. People watch things on their phones. They, they do. Well, it's funny People too tell because stories. there's podcasts, Eric, things we- like that. Yeah, but we don't tell stories, we just tell nonsense. No, we but don't tell. We, we also, yell about stories is what yeah. we do. We're actually Autorio. We're pissed we off. We We're trying to find world. the perfect story. We haven't found it give it to us. Yeah, yeah. Where's we, my we 10 out of 10? <laughs> yeah, really? Why can't we get a 10 out of 10? But, but no, this whole thing, too, it actually reminds me of because he is the like the, the son of the world forger, the god of stories and stuff like that, where it almost comes down to because I, I brought up the thing of the supernatural before in the episode where people are trapped in the stories and they play their roles. It would have been cool to have that here. But also it reminds me of Wes Craven's uh, New Nightmare. We're in that in the real world. The idea is it's been a few years since Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. They haven't made any more Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And there's a real demon that actually goes around and gets trapped in stories. And it got trapped in the Nightmare on Elm Street story. And like it became Freddy Krueger. But now the stories are stopped being told. And now it's unleashed oh, into the real it's world. It's funny. Like an idiot, I'm listening and I'm like, I'm going to blow Eric's mind. I'm going to say that. What if they stop making the movies? And, and then they did. The, that was the, the point monster, of the story. And the, the, but that's what ended up. I'm like, and then even the bro- characters oh. in that, like Heather Langenkamp was but playing herself, cool. but Wes Craven, he has to write a new one to contain the demon. Yeah, and I remember you Heather telling Langenkamp me about that. To play yeah. Nancy one more time. She has to play the role that was written for her. Because if you don't do that, it becomes real. And then everybody, yeah. yeah. So with that, though, you end up having this idea. Then the armor comes back. You know, this is where he's set free. And, and you his have magical, his magic armor takes him over. Yeah, twice you have it where you end up. And, and again, if you had set up that there's this robot race, the archivist that needs stories for them to exist, they would capture the son of the world forger to make these. And I think that's what happened. But you never explained this. And then all of a sudden showing that he's a captured deal, but also Batman. I think we're seeing the true face of Otorio. And then later, I think Batman was right. We're seeing the true face. I'm like, yeah, we get it. But when you end up with, all right, you guys want to have nonsense? Well, here comes the next story. You're going to be in hell. And you go and it's, you know, it's going to be rhyming at me. Shit. That's that has to be the way, though, that you said to yourself, wait one second. Science fiction into old west now horror this is what we were supposed to get from the no super no as soon as we got in the old west world yeah, that's what i thought wants of. To do, but this even makes it more because now we're going into another genre and that is a cool co- that that concept whether it's played out whether it's not original i would love to see superman who is the boy scout he's all this trying to pretend that he's a side demon he is just a villain demon behind Etrigan, and he's just trying to do it. And they're like, all right, you do some bad stuff. And he's like, oh, all right. And he tries to do something, and then the jig is up and gone because he well, can't. Even when you we know have what I mean? This, because it's Superman, Batman, or Batman, Superman, the book. But when you have these, you want to see the friendship of our dynamic or our, our world's finest right now. And you just have a Batman, Superman who just met who don't have they that even dynamic. Put, they even spell it out. thrown into this. Because Alana says at one point, because... As El Diablo, who's pretty cool, but not used yeah. enough. As El Diablo is, you know, shooting, rooting, tooting, shooting Superman as he goes trying to shake his hand. Alana's like, does this guy, can he make friends with just about anybody? Like, what's your buddy like? And he's like, well, I, I don't know. I just met him myself. And Robin's like, yeah, that's a yes. Yeah. yeah, he can. And that's cool. That's cool seeing a Superman who can't, but not really seeing it. It's said, and even that, yeah, El Diablo, and we didn't even say the idea that I like with these rules. When they start doing something a little off of being in the Old West, all of a sudden, 
a bunch of archivist robots are here in this world and come out of the train and say, you are not following the rules of this world. We're taking you down. That's when it's revealed that Otorio's the steam engine and then is pissed because now you're making me do the trope of the showdown at midnight, you know, at the OK Corral that he thinks is, is bull crap. Yeah. That's fun. That is a fun thing where you're, you're playing along with these worlds, but we never started with that. And we really had, you know, kind of a, a gimmick start and people seem to like it, but it never, you know, it never well, it's evolved. Picking up steam for me here. It's still not great because I don't like understand how engine. things are working. No, not like a steam engine at all no. because that's just ridiculous. But I like the idea that we're using what came before with the idea that like it might be a little hack as well. But the son of the world forger, at least it's something that we can like grab a hold of that's going on in the universe or has gone on in the universe. It's outside of just microfiche universes. But I enjoy that aspect. I just wish the whole the greater sum of the book actually came together a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. And And while I don't love this issue i actually got a little angry at it as well because there's something here and we're almost done now it's it's almost like revealing and even the idea like i like where otorio is playing the idea of the third act you know and and you know what happens then and this and you know and play with the idea of how acts are and the thing the three act deal and this is where we get the strange out of left field reveal that surprises everyone here's the, the twist, twist. in the end night Shyamalan twist he was batman all along who knows but i want to play with that so i want to know because that gives it a structure that this lacks this is just willy-nilly half the time and then kind of you know showing that it could have been something more but what would you give this i'd end up giving this a six out of ten i think the art's really great and i actually I'm a little bit like, you know, excited to move forward with where it's going to go, just with the reveal of who Arturio is and his, you know, motives. Like, it, it gets convoluted. It's silly. Freaking film strips wrapped around a satellite, making worlds and doing a possessed armor. I'm like, it doesn't come together, but th- making this the son of the World Forger actually enticed me. And the idea that we can take these worlds and do different things instead of just having our heroes in a different world. When you jump into a world and you have to take on like a jetpack because it's Ron, or you have to be dressed like, you know, it's a good, bad, and the ugly because you're in the old West world. That's cool, but you don't do anything with it. So thankfully, the art's great, and I like the direction that it's going. It just doesn't do enough to really say, this is going to be a great series again. Yeah, I, I agree. And Gene Luan Yang's a, a smart fellow, it seems, and also seems like a very nice guy. And I think that the nice guy deal is where you end up where all these stories usually end up with everybody getting along and stuff like that. That's why I think they're going to try to, you know, and you, you all of a sudden reveal that Otorio is a sympathetic character, but, but we don't know why or how. And that kind of gets me but i do wish i even the wardrobe part like somehow things are wacky and you have something switched but you have to play that role just the fun like you said of that supernatural the fun of them trying to figure out what they have to do and play it out would have been really neat throughout uh, but i'm a six out of ten as well the art's really good and you know maybe as a trade this might play better but i think that they relied too much on a fancy gimmick at first with that and not actually Spelling out what this all meant And especially our villain, Otorio You don't really know how it works So that's a shame But we're going to go off to the next book Eric, what is that? Harley Quinn, number four Written by Stephanie Phillips With art by Riley Rossmo, Ivan Placencio And N-World Design After failing to bring the former Joker clowns together And help them Harley Quinn is having an introspective moment About who she really is And what she can actually do and who knew that the person that would show her the light is none other than Solomon Grundy. This undead Monday-loving SOB got our girl out of the dumps and put her back on track to free the former Joker clowns from the clutches of Hugo Strange. Yeah, I like this. I know that, you know, people, some people can't get past the art. 
I actually it's didn't hard. even really. It is hard, but I think I'm either used to it or I was enjoying the story enough uh, because you have to think of what you want from a Harley book. And I just want Harley to, yeah, and I want Harley to be fun, but also in this new Harley of the and in continuity, but also trying to be a hero, but not necessarily understanding how that works. And with her actually realizing that she doesn't know how it works, I think it makes it better because that shows how hard she's trying. That shows that she is aware that she isn't Batman, she isn't Nightwing or, or Robin, and she never will be, and that gets her depressed. But she still wants to do a good job, but also. Her, her buddy Kevin, this awful tattoo. Your neck, Kevin. She needs to save him because he did trust that she was going to help him, and he, he got taken away. So all this leads into the idea almost of Harley being so depressed that she's like, I'll never be a hero. Now, Solomon Grundy is there for her, and it's so great. But she's when she so ends funny. up going, she's going to be a hero when she finally does, as Solomon Grundy, giving her psychological advice, which is funny as well, but not really, but doing it. The He's, Chewbacca, that's the best part, right? exactly. He says but she's going to end up a like, hero to you know be what? a hero. You're right. I am Harley yeah. Quinn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you, just going you from Harley last issues, Quinn. Yeah, just going from really last issue's cliffhanger, though, where she's just standing there and you have you know Solomon Grundy looming. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? And you open up this issue and they're just sitting down playing makeshift chess, whatever, whatever they have hanging around like and an army man. And it looks like she's getting dog. attacked, but it's because they're leaning over to make the next move. And even that, I, I you have to give the credit here of that's a nice scene because it, it yeah it's just there it's a joke kind of deal but no it shows number one that harley is not a bad person and solomon grundy look at him he's all sad down in his sewer place and he, he has a visitor they're gonna play so he's even great about it but it isn't anything with the like oh man i feel like the narration could be like this solomon grundy's a real piece of crap and i i'm gonna do this to dupe him whatever She's actually sitting there having fun with him and, and playing chess. Like even the idea, like you said, it's the deal. Chewbacca thing that you yeah. and I love. Where oh, it's we like love it. Solomon Grundy. Or if you want to go Marvel, it's the Groot. And I the am Groot, Groot and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But Solomon Grundy. No, don't give me that attitude. You're just trying to cheat. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. I took your rook. Or was it a night? Because we're playing with different, like just uh, paper clips and whatnot. One, matter, like, one thing is a on salt shaker. And I love that. He gets pissed. Now he's Chewbacca playing the chess. And it makes it, but look at Harley. This is what I love about it. Harley doesn't react and actually treats him like just somebody else who would get, like me and you're playing chess and you get mad. I'm like, eh, just sit down, you ass. I She's needed. Like, yeah. When she got back in, like, you know, Harley Quinn mode at the end of this, when she he was able to pick her up out of the dumps and put her on the right track of what she wants to do for this entire series, I wanted him to stick around like Kevin has this entire time. And when they go and storm Hugo Strange's safe headquarters, I really wanted her to put some clown makeup on to represent the brand. <laughs> I'm telling you, you want to even do that, but she could make him the troll even. I mean, you could do it. I wanted him to show up like Violent J. That'd be that'd be great, right? And just yelling his nonsense. Hey there, Fago. What happened if he was drinking Fago as he went? Would you really love that? You're like, oh, no, that Riley no, Rossmo, my favorite when I artist. That, I, just, uh, I just wanted some black, like you know, face yeah, paint cool, down over though. the eyes, maybe a little and smile, and that's it, it. You know what else is funny about that It'll is that both, both of them think that that's Solomon Grundy undercover, like they won't know. And he goes in like hey, Hugo Strange. He can't know it's you. You know, I don't want to cause you any problems, like I did Kevin. So you have to be undercover. He goes. And Hugo Strange looks at him and goes, the hell are you doing, Grundy? Like, what are you doing? Imagine uh, him wearing be, like a rainbow puffy Oh, wig. my God. It'd be hilarious. Now you, now I want that. I need that. But like I said, Solomon Grundy gets mad. But that's Solomon Grundy and hardly knows this. Again, this is giving you 
even the psychologist Carly like without giving it to it. Not just a savage beast here where no. he is this gigantic hulking figure, but he knows Harley Quinn and he trusts yeah. her to sit there and, and play some games the with him. Part of it. That's what I'm saying about the deal where he's he feels comfortable. And so you you even get the idea like Grundy could be a good guy if, if they treated him like that, but that's it Harley depends as on the well. resurrection. And it, yeah, really. And we we had ideas about how they could play, but they're not doing that. But Harley though. I said she needs some confidence in being a hero. She's trying, but she says, I'll never be Batman. I'll never do all this, whatever. And Solomon Grundy just say, you, you am Harley Quinn. And that clicks with her. You know what? You're right. He just I, I'm not the heart bad. of this book out of yeah, nowhere. Out of just nowhere. saying, you are Harley Quinn. You know yeah. what? You are and right, she's Grundy. right. And, and the thing is, in a lot of, you know, Groot or Chewbacca deal, you're not going to get the words. You're just going to get and they're like, I know I told them that they wouldn't listen to me, Groot. You know, that sort of thing that plays off well because you know of Rocket. This is better because that's the advice she needed. It's exactly the best what part she is needed. With all of this because it just has the trope that you and I love. But when you have Grundy here, and like I always talk about the idea of Grundy, you never know which Grundy you're going to get, yeah, which yeah, resurrection, yeah. how the personality is going to be. But when you have him here, it's just basic Grundy. But when she's talking about I'm not Batman or Batgirl or Batdog or whoever else Bats is slapping a symbol on these days. Whomever. <laughs> he corrects her ankle. <laughs> I know. I forgot about that. It's so good. I, this is the thing. <laughs> Stephanie Phillips, you got solid gold here. And I'm saying even when you get Kevin out, if Kevin's going to – but even if he's going to stay, I could see these two having a ball together too. I, I could have the, them arguing in the back to me. Two bunch of nonsense deals would be hilarious to me. Uh, but you end up with chess. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Whomever he corrects her English, uh, and so yeah, he ends up saying you're Harley, and it's yeah, yeah, you're right. I have to just be me, and that gives her the, That's the courage thing, like, to go out and be a hero. She's gonna go and Harley Quinn the fuck up here and go do an assault on Safe Precinct here and take out like Hugo Strange and like release all the former clowns that have been held captive there. But I really wanted Grundy to go with it to the point where we can build up the Harley Quinn team where she wants to be a part of the Bat family, but people want to be a part of the Harley Quinn family where we have like, you know, he becomes the muscle to the point where like to show the heart of Harley Quinn and how she has changed and this the dynamic of her, like Kevin's fine, but like Solomon Grundy. He's the guy I want to see more of because and it allows Solomon him, Grundy to evolve. Exactly. Right? And yeah. I want him to die in the assault here, say, like, yeah. during this whole thing where you end the arc with her sitting there at Slaughter Swamp waiting for the next Monday where he can be resurrected well, again. I'm, I'm saying keep him around for a while and then the heartbreak. I mean, because you need some, some moments with him yeah. and her and you get real friends. And then when he dies, she realizes that he may come back different. And won't like her at all And he could come back as anything And I'd love to see him come back as gangster Solomon Grundy Because this is a thing that now you he's love violent, Jay. People don't remember <laughs> the idea That Solomon Grundy Every time he dies He comes back as a different personality A different Solomon Grundy And he can Grundy. That's the thing yeah, he can. You, just get the boy, like, you get like Boss Grundy Who's the criminal mastermind that be mind the craziest like that? thing Where you'd have this idea That we're talking about An idea that is so tension filled For Harley waiting to see If this new Solomon Grundy remembers her and comes back as say the gangster one but up until then you have like a a catchphrase or some joke that you have an in joke between him when he comes out oh my god he's not gonna remember it's funny you said gangster you were talking about boss grunny but for some reason when you said gangster i went gangster rapper on a monday then he just starts doing it i don't need that grunny no but even if it was but i'd love to have that idea that she's worried that he won't remember and then it looks like he won't but then he does. He says what the, the deal. Even if he came out and you am Harley. All right. We're, we're in. Right, All buddy. right. And she that's goes right. And, she goes and hugs him. Or but yeah, that that's something because I think that 
where you're using Grundy as kind of a joke for Harley in this book, you are actually really able and it plays a little with the cartoon of her going and getting her gang and, and you know, crew, people yeah. they left behind the crew. But it's better because Harley in this is desperately wanting people to treat her differently, not see the Joker, not see the clowns. I want to be a hero. And then you have Solomon Grundy, who you know if Solomon Grundy shows up at the grocery store to buy eggs. People are running and screaming. He just wants the eggs. He's not a you bad know he guy. Ain't bringing those he eggs just home, ends right? up having to do that. And I think They're the big thing is broken. he gets taken advantage of a lot of times through some of these things that he is when he comes back and things. So I, I hope that he stays. And I just hope it's like one of Kevin the, was when he joined yeah, the Jokers. He yeah. just and wanted to be included. Is, that's all of them. That's the big thing. They the all misfits. like Solomon Grundy. Just you the see outsiders. him playing chess. It's so good. But I, I have a he ain't feeling. Got nobody else knocking I, on the cellar door. No, <laughs> I know. who's knocking on my cellar door? Nobody yeah, show up for D and D on Saturday night. Oh, really? Oh, and just think of him just sitting there with the dice. <laughs> he has all the characters pre-made. He made everything great. He's got the chips out of garbage. Dip. Yeah, out of garbage. So it's all garbage. But you end up where he's crying. He's all upset, sad on a Thursday because <laughs> they were having D&D night. Oh, he's so good. Oh, my God. But I do. I mean, we're, we're just joking around and saying yeah. this. I really like the, the concept of this issue. And I like the idea because we've had the uh, the thing where Harley wants to be a hero. And I even said at points where it's, it's getting overplayed. This actually gives you the more personal deal with it. And I think that people either are going to be thrown off by the art. I mean, Riley Rossmo's art. Well, you and I are thrown off by the art, but because right. how strong yeah. the story has been since the series started and the direction it's going, we're able to look past something that we really don't like to yeah. see the gold underneath. Yeah, I think that this is really, really a good issue. And uh, she goes to save Kevin then. She I goes can't off wait for this guy a new artist for how strong this book is. I know. Be. You even have the, the fun. Uh, even that, you have Harley on the rooftop, and the art there is not that bad. I mean, when, this she's, is... when she's doing the bad ears, the freaking shadow to make the people <laughs> yeah, think yeah. that Batman's even showing up. That, when she has that cape with the hearts that she grabbed from the sewer and has some bat tech that she doesn't know how to use, but then says, you know, here I am. And it's, it's all jokey. But I like that, you know, this is my city, grumble, grumble, morose and possessive. <laughs> I like the idea that she gets oh, mad dude, you know, that. funny, too, because when we go to the inner narration of her doing the whole Batman on top of the roof kind of thing, the way that they actually was bolded out in the lettering and stuff like that, I started reading it like it was Batman yeah, before yeah. I realized it was and a then joke. The joke. And then she's all she like, says, the whole thing, that Batman, like, oh, where does it like this? <laughs> but soon my city will deal. learn. That Batman is constantly laryngitis from talking like this. <laughs> She's trying I mean, to do could it. you imagine if I talked like that? That'd be crazy. Yeah. And this I is love my this city idea. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea that she's like, what a pretentious prick calling the city for himself. Who does he think he is? And it is funny that he does do that, but it works. It's funny in this thing, too, in this continuity, because as a deal, that kind of ends up eventually of. Yeah, it kind of is his city. He kind of he owns everything in it. He's Batman, but that's not quite it now. And well, so when she's funny, saying, it, I actually it's funny find this to me. part to be the weakest part of the action yeah, in this book I because it was now funny, we have Harley Quinn deciding she's back on her game. I'm like, I'm good with that. But now she has to get to Hugo Strange's headquarters, and it's just her trying to get there, but do it with a grappling hook, not being able to do it. But the thing is, there's not a lot going on here. It's filling up page space, but the narration is a lot of fun. Yeah, and I it's enjoyed fun. it. And when you get to the deal and she gets into the safe deal, she ends up even trying to, oh, my God, I got to run into this room. She's like, at least this isn't a room full of monkeys and experiments and, and acid. And again, though, that's something there where you could play some feels and stuff. Whose head is that that's in that chart? But you could also have some really fun stuff. Man's. You might even be able to find some other character. Like if this is the ploy to kind of get 
the characters that are abused and the characters that are pushed aside and ignored until they are needed for that one thing uh you could have a lot of fun with this and yeah like i said the art it's it's riley rossmo but even some of the things like when she's like okay we're all gonna get in this elevator okay elevator etiquette and starts beating the crap out of everybody in there and it's fun the one guy gets acid to the face all these things then she goes up to the camera makes a face yeah she's just ending up just ripping through things and and actually that's another thing that harley does need and maybe we can is her own rogues gallery because she's Harley. You end up just Fuck. having her doing if, nonsense. If you give Harley Quinn her own rogues gallery before Batgirl gets a proper one, then I'll kill well, somebody. Do both, <laughs> but I mean, you could. So, but if you're not going to get a rogues gallery, get the idea that she is, you know, sympathetic to some of these people. That's the all these heroes in Gotham because they're not going to have their own rogues gallery. You're going to have the I Gotham know. rogues gallery. Yeah, yeah, you're going to. I like the idea though that some of these people, even like a Solomon Grundy, who knows. You know, Harley could have been their doctor as well at one point. You could play stuff with that and and whatever. Again, but that's the thing is, I don't know who's locking Solomon Grunny's arm. The man is a zombie. But I'm what saying are you doing? just everything. But they have. It doesn't make sense. I know that's one of ours where we're like, yeah, you got to get a supernatural. You lock his ass up and rev. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, even then, I think you need some separate deal for a zombie. Uh, but yeah, she ends up going to the top floor, going to get Kevin, runs into Hugo Strange, and you had the point where Hugo even had injected Kevin with the steel. I'm expecting that he'll be, it'll be one of those. Trying please to break don't, his will. Yeah, please don't punch me, Kevin. And he's like, doesn't know what's going on and whatnot. But we'll see how it goes. But I liked it. And that's how you kind of end where Hugo's about to inject her. And uh, yeah, it's good. Look, I, he's I really got a like it. syringe. She's got a baseball bat. I'm yeah, Harley right. Quinn's all the way in the next issue. In my he's mind. also ninety feet tall because of he's a kaiju. Uh, the perspective. He, he's a kaiju monster that eerily looks like everybody else's face in this book. That's one of the things that drives me nuts he's about he's Riley Rossmo. Uh, maybe uh, Riley Rossmo might be. I don't know. He might be the Draculas, but everybody has that. Like those eyes are very pronounced for everyone to look the same and stuff like that. But those gigantic I, chins. I'm, I'm, I've grown up. I'm to where you were before, but like I've, us talking about it, I was at a seven originally. I'm a 7.5 out of 10 for this one yeah, because I think I'm it is eight. a lot of fun. There's a lot of heart in here. And this is, this is the Harley Quinn that I've been wanting to see in continuity in Gotham doing actual things, becoming a hero, actually having some development to her character that will stick in continuity. And the way we're being presented, while I hate, you know, it's the goiter neck Kevin. I thought it was silly at first. Mm. I, but well, he's I like not the idea. that much here, so I, it's I don't mind yet, it now. Right? And even adding yeah. in Solomon Grundy here, you just get to see Harley right. Quinn. The art's not good. I don't like the art, but you can look past it for how strong the story is. If this had really good art, you know, say like Emmanuel Lupacino on the art, or even like a Bilkless Evely that I think would fit well with, with a Harley deal, I, this could be a nine. I mean, this could be that good. It, it's. The, the funny thing is, it's a subdued good too. It's not like yeah, this whole like over the top thing is going to wow the shit of you. But before, it's there for the character moments, and you could see the building up internally. Yeah, I think before through Future State and the first couple, there were points where I thought Stephanie Phillips was was kind of going and trying to figure out, you know, which Harley do I want to use? So I'm just going to throw each issue. I'll do a different one. It was one of my complaints. We get in the beginning of Future State, even you had that doctor deal and no jokes then the next issue of that a lot of jokes and the doctor stuff pull aside and even in this you're trying to go this does it more subtly like you said the psychiatrist like you can read what she's doing with solomon grundy and understand the type of person and character that she actually is without being told 
that. When you're being told that, it doesn't hit as well. It's but funny though. See- we're saying with Solomon Grundy, she might as well, she could just have a stuffed animal with a pull cord to she talk could, to but her. I she could have the that, same conversation. I think Solomon Grundy was better, and I was going to say that because oh, I love she, does have, Grundy. she does have the troll doll at one point and even talks to. But that's exactly. not enough because she's also accepting. Solomon Grundy and not scared. I think that that's a big thing when he flips out, born on a Monday, and she's like, whatever, sit down, let's get going. And like, it's so good to show the type of person she is, but also the confidence that she knows that Solomon Grundy doesn't hate her. And might even, you know, they could be buddies. And Solomon Grundy just doesn't want to. I'm, su- I'm surprised when she goes off, he's not begging, please stay for 10 more minutes. I made a casserole or something. So I, Nobody's I really eating like that it. casserole. Grundy. I know, really. It's in the sewer. Uh, but yeah, I'm 8 out of 10. I, I really was impressed with this. And to be fully clear, last night we're talking about the books that we're going to do and what sections and stuff. And I said, doesn't Harley Quinn feel like it shouldn't even be like a book in this? Because it doesn't feel well. Yeah, as everything we're talking about with this, like we have a shit ton of books this week, and they're all these gigantic books dealing with Infinite Frontiers. And yeah, we got yeah, some we had just done Checkmate and Infinite they Frontiers for the deal. Big feeling books, at least with your heroes, and then all of a sudden, and then there's Harley Quinn, who's like, you know, it, she's like an afterthought of Gotham at this point in time. Like, and so like we talked about it. I hadn't read the issue yet. I didn't know anything about it, but when I read, it, I'm like. All right, you've just upped the game. You are now better than That's Batman. That's why I Superman. wanted to bring that up because I wanted people to realize how much, how impressed we were with this. Well, it's one and- of those things like the two issues ago with Catwoman when they brought in the poison ivy and the idea of like you know the the dual personalities of ivy and how we have going on ever since we we're showing like Swamp Thing and the Harley Quinn poison ivy and what's going on with that character. When you bring that in and realize there's a larger mystery going on and what's going to affect pretty much all of you know. Poison Ivy and Catwoman and stuff like that That elevated that book We didn't do shit the last issue But that issue before that Elevated that book This is elevating Harley Quinn as a character And a pr- thing to be looking out for That's in the Gotham big City. thing too the, the things that I like the most And the reason I will you know grab onto a, a thing Is the character You have to give us the character And a lot of times with these books you know, Tom King tried to. I was so afraid uh, you, know, you weren't going to like this book well, when I no, read it. I, I, I'm I like, really I was so it. much fun. You know, and like people say, well, Tom King tried something different, but it wasn't really that different. You didn't. What? What? It doesn't you, always mean good. Well, and even the different one. Oh, that's the real. That's a man being Superman, whatever. But we that's never. A man. We. It's a man, baby. Yeah, and you never got. <laughs> What that meant. You never saw him interact with his kids much. You never saw him. Real. He was just there walking around with Catwoman pulling him by a leash. This actually Ripping gives me the idea. The and when you end up getting a character that it's tough years of these characters to do something where you're going to give a like maybe some are running scared. I don't know how to give you the inner thoughts and how these characters are because so many people have written them or whatever. But Harley's one that desperately needs people to write her well, as dude, a person first. It's been a and start and stop situation for a better part of a decade now. The emancipation of Harley Quinn away from the Joker to make her own thing. That's all we've been doing with the start and stop until like even when we did the new Suicide Squad back, I don't think it was the DCYOU, she was like, you know, her character was changing. And then the next person who did the Suicide Squad, she was back to same old Harley. Here now she's gonna be a hero. We have her in her own book in continuity because no matter how much people might have liked the last one, for the most part, like the Harley Quinn series, that was out of continuity, Coney Island bullshit that didn't then matter to anything to else in the DC universe. Sam Humphreys jumped on, and he tried. Now people argue with me. He tried to do, "Hey, we're going to show the girl behind the makeup and stuff like that," but all he did was use her pain of her mom dying as a trope to continuously go through story after story where she meets up with other people who had pain in their life, but never really got like. She was almost like projecting and getting away. She didn't want to reveal. Like, this is such a simple way 
to do this. The simplest. And, and so it's fun. And then that's when you end up like, man, I, I think I like Carly. A lot of people don't like Carly because it hasn't changed. It's just the punch same line shit fans? over. Maybe. <laughs> but it just never changes. And this actually, though not changing anything, you're actually like, it's almost like revealing the woman that was always there that you never knew. And when you're trying to get her continuously away from Joker, you have to make her own character. Especially, like you said, too, Rogue's Gallery in Gotham, that's not going to change much. So you need to really develop don't the character Don't you tell her about the freaking James Right. I, well, I, I don't know that you know she does. I actually was going to say, I don't know if she's going to be hanging out with the gardener anytime soon. Like a dummy, because that's what's coming up. She is exactly. hanging out with the gardener. So, but even then, <laughs> that might be able to do some things where you get that. But again, that even goes with the trope. We have Poison Ivy. We need Harley. And that is something people love. But yeah. It's still you need to you need to keep each writer needs to elevate things a little more and, and, and show you different things. And and I see this and I know that now Stephanie Phillips knows this character and knows a way to write Harley that I can get behind you. Get that new artist coming up. Mwah, Eric. We may have some Harley Quinn as books of the week at crazy. one point. That would be crazy. It might be my book of the week this week. I don't know yet, but we'll see. But what is the next book? Teen Titans Academy number four, written by Tim Sheridan with art by Steve Lieber, Dave Stewart, and Rob Lee. Who is Red X? Well, if the grown-ups can't get to the bottom of this mystery, then I guess it's up to the Bat Pack from Gotham to get on the case. And in this issue, we explore this group of kids as they interrogate their way through the Academy, where we get a bit of information about the other kids in the school. But ultimately, this is a refreshing issue that, while it's framed around Red X mystery, uses this time to explore the students more, and that's what I've been wanting out of this book the whole time. I'm with you. I don't think I like it quite as much as you, only because, you don't know, it's like you get this and you realize that we could have had this all along. Like the idea of Red X being this big focus. I hate Red X. Not many people care. And so if you have it, but don't base the issue on Red X, but base the issue on some of the kids trying to find. You don't have to have everyone being, okay, now we have this team trying to find out and this team. But you see that you could have the Red X mystery. As the side thing that builds and builds and builds instead of it being shoved down your throat right away, because these kids are what we want this book about this bat pack. The minute me and you saw them, we needed to know. And even when you find out who was screwing around with, with the computers at the beginning and stuff, it, that is a cool deal because we want to know about these kids. And, and I like them. I really like them by the end. And you have the idea with Red X. Okay, that wasn't that bad here because it was it, the focus was trying to figure it out, but you're getting character work from the other kids, and I well, think that's that, the whole thing. When you have the bat pack on the case, and you get to figure out who Chupacabra is, the leader of the group, pretty much, and you have you know Brat Girl, who's the tech genius of the group, and Mega Bat, who's the muscle, but he's mute and stuff like that. You're really fleshing out who these characters are and what they do. And when they interrogate the other characters, even like Tubi, the idea, like I didn't know that Tubi actually turned into tubes. But when they started interrogating him and doing electroshocky, his bottom half turns into a tube. It's not much, but I'm learning more about the characters. Or even the character Stitch, who comes in to be the informant, like Deep Throat, and the freaking like wearing a fedora and trench coat, smoking a cigarette, and because of that, lights herself on fire because she's an she's an animate freaking just like you know object put together here, and can even go and like. Like, you know, Chupacabra throughout this, you know, doing his, you know, noir narration about what he's doing. Something was stitched in terms of the magic powers that they have. They're able to in infiltrate his narration of the mind. I'm like, that's funny. I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. I'm sorry. And you, this is, we said this from the beginning too. You have this mystery of Red X. 
but we don't know any of the characters in the book. So how are we playing along with the mystery? How are you going to say, oh, my God, look, it looked like that person accidentally turned into a tube there. That'd be crazy. But we wouldn't have known what that meant. You know, yeah, you have the name, but still you needed to show these characters first. Even if you had the first, you didn't need to start with Red X even. Have it where this first trade is, let's see the kids. So then when Red X does show up, we can start playing that game. Well, it's good with tech. So that's that, that, and that. We, we become the bat pack. And it would be so cool because then we would know enough about A characters. And then you're like, well, that person's so nice, though. And, oh, I think they were they were being, you know, underhanded. And we never got that because right away it's Red X, Red X, Red X. And now finally, like you said, it's like, hey, if the adults ain't going to do shit because they aren't, we're going to go and, you know, or even investigate the idea ourselves. They could be, but because they're kids, they think they know the best and they don't see what, everything that's going on. I like the idea, like, they're not doing shit. They don't know. They just assume they're not doing shit, so they have to be the ones on the case because they're obsessed with Batman from Gotham City. They're a bunch of orphans that were brought in by we the Teen Titans. Nightwing because brought them in. Exactly. That was cool. Because they are from Gotham and they are different, you know, and they're obsessed with Batman, the idea of being detectives and all that, and they've come together as their own personal family to stay, like, you know, have a strength behind them. But they're going to be the ones to do this because they think they're the best out of everybody else to get to the bottom of this. And I like the attitude that they yeah, have. With where them. where was this Tim here? Because <laughs> I'm even reading when they had the Matthew Price and they have their dossiers. And it's like, he's well read. Well read? X? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> like, the thing. When they have their freaking serial killer wall and the freaking like things going across when you have situations like that and you're jumping. It becomes a, a riddle in Batman yeah, it 66. Becomes a Batman. It becomes a 66 riddle. Yeah, uh, Catwoman is C. C is the ocean. It's Aquaman. Penguin. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the fun Penguin stuff. swim. But the funny thing about that is, is you end up when, and I love those. I mean, I'm I'm an old man. I oh, love you those. And I have joked about but this. But the years. idea of that is so kid like is why we like it because that is the riddles for kids. You brought it up just recently about the idea that it's tough to do. It was with the Flash thing where you did have. The pretty much where Lex Luthor oh, said, yeah. You're not, they're the not super even friends riddles. They're, they're observations. <laughs> observations. <laughs> yeah, so, but I like that. And <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, and right away, Batman 66, but it obviously fits these characters. They're kids from, but it's so cool. It is so neat. Even when they're doing the investigations and trying to figure out, they have drawings, they have Nightwing there with well, the Red each, X with each the time tongue. they go to their next like person on their list of suspects and stuff like that, you learn a little bit about what's going on with like Billy Batson. They see him on the roof saying something. We know and Billy Batson, right? But this exactly. Billy Batson, you get hints of what's going to be but going on with the next book. Is, I want to say I know Billy Batson, but I don't feel like I truly know this Billy Batson anymore because his powers aren't working. Even the idea where he thinks to himself with the Teen Titans, he's yelling Shazam, and while the lightning may occasionally hit him, it doesn't give him any powers. Nobody knows what's going on. But when he thinks of himself it's time to become a caped vigilante i'm like i don't know if billy bats would go and do that no and and i like though that they're like they don't know who billy bat and it's funny because you assume well it's shazam but nobody yeah. knows that it's a secret so when they do this and they're like secret identity they're like what the hell's with this kid he, he, he doesn't have the powers like, yelling. they're yelling at pretty much when things are going right he's acting weird one of the most powerful of the deals, what I and now the again, mortal maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> you, you go with the idea of the future. Say, like, if you're going to put this, but since we came back, has he ever mentioned? Now you said you're pissed. He's not meant. Does he? Did he ever hear of the you know Shazam family? They, it, did 
have they been in anything? Well, that's the thing. Or I need to know what's going on with them because I think in, that's the problem. I think they're missing. Even Future State, think they it seemed back. like Freddie was dead, and that Mary has been trying to talk to him, but nobody ever brings up everybody else in the family. Darla, Pedro, Eugene—they haven't been mentioned at all. And I want to know what's I'm going on. I'm starting to guess that this miniseries is going to show they never came back after. That's the, the thing. Death because metal, even he the one- doesn't have the power because. It, it, the family's he, gone. I, and well, that's the thing. Like maybe they split it before that. With the time jump, we went, they never sp- came back together because those people still had the powers at that time. I don't know how. I'm telling you, this is me just trying to come up with a freaking I'm reason. I'm just saying, I think it's, it's just not, I don't back. have a reason. I just yeah. think it's going to be more of a family thing and everybody be like, oh man, that's great. They're, they're back. But well, that's the thing. You don't know they're anybody gone. out there doesn't know the idea of the Shazam family and stuff like that. From with Eugene, Darla, and Pedro, they were introduced in Flashpoint and then brought into the New 52. They were the odd men out. But with Freddie and Mary, they were the original Marvel family with Mary Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. and Captain Marvel. These characters are the original ones. So when they're brought up later on, like, you know, it makes sense. But I also want to know with what continuity we've been dealing with lately, where are the other kids? Now, would you like also with that it ties into Black Adam? Who came back knowing what went wrong and what happened and all that, and then that can work in, and then you had the most important book in Future State again, the backup, because he did come back and crap had gone way wrong Look, I st- at the Rock I still of Eternity. Need to know how, right? I still need to know how that well, the Rock of Eternity was dropped down in the hell, and that's I don't even know what the fuck they're playing with. But Black Adam coming back in time from the 853rd century in Future State, I still don't know from what we get in the Justice League. If that's the one and only Black Adam, or if we have two Black Adams still out and there. And maybe we have a two, another Black Adam that knows what's going to go down, and he is doing so- – again, I don't know Shazam like you do. I, I'm not a learned man or handsome or smell great. Well, that's the but thing is you know Shazam as well Black as I Adam, do, but do you know Captain Marvel as well as I do? <laughs> Touche, buddy. Touche. You end up where maybe that Black Adam, because he's freaked out, one of his plans to actually get – you know, his Wonder Woman wife, and that, that was his whole deal, is to do something now with the Rock of Attorney, and that's what's affecting Billy. It could be, or like I said, it could be so surface level of without the family, I don't have the powers and try to work that in or whatnot. But well, I, even I do talking think about that you might frontier do that. this week with all the changes and things, with even the continuity police going around and taking variants out of the new raid, you know, universe or multiverse. We don't know enough right now to say anything about anything because it's all new and all fresh. No, but these are the things that I was thinking. all the stuff about it tight-lipped. And I think that when – after we did the Patreon spotlight with Infinite Frontier, which I called Infinite Crisis for some reason when I edited (laughs) it and it was 5.30 a.m. Infinite, (laughs) I just wrote Crisis and I got crap for it. Uh, But the idea of Did anybody give you crap for that Mark Jagger one with the Batman annual and you said annual? uh, annual Because you spelled it like Dracula. I think I was Dracula that time. It's still probably that because I didn't realize. No, nobody realized that. Hey, it's the annual. But yeah, uh, Infinite Crisis (laughs) slash Frontier, Eric. Uh, After that, and then reading this, I like, and this is what you were telling me would happen and we're really pushing on the spotlight of it being big and going and and giving you ideas and going with that so when i did it did elevate this with the idea of like why would this be is this something where somebody got taken out like they tried to do roy or jade or somebody didn't come back is it the family is it the rock of attorney still wrong uh but that's intriguing now i don't well, know it's almost like I trust wallace west Sheridan because it, wallace still. west was created and when you and i talk about the idea where you have the current kid flash wallace west he is a, a a variant of Reagan of the timeline because he didn't exist before. He only existed in the new 52 timeline when he was created and stuff like that, a lot like the other Shazam family members. Yep. Yeah, and if you didn't read anything before, 
I'm not going to say that the Flash War by Joshua Williamson hit in all things, but whatever. But around that time, that's when Wallace saw Hypertime and the pe- and realized that realized he didn't he exist. Didn't, exactly. And, yeah, and he's like, "Am I going to be done forgotten?" With it? It I know. And cool just story. that idea was so cool. That the idea, if things reset, if things go to. Am I going to be here anymore? Am I going to well, disappear? Am I going to be Wally remembered? West, when the universe is rebooted, it seemed like he was forgotten about in this yeah, race, and, and, and it took forever kind of to bring deal. him back. And I thought that that was a cool play with Wallace seeing, like, why didn't you tell me? Because, you know, at that point, you play around sometimes with Barry knowing or not knowing. Uh, and he said, why didn't you tell me that I didn't exist before? And they kind of pushed that aside. Oh, it was a really up, neat kid. idea. <laughs> but now with this, you know, deal and this open timeline and things like that, where it does seem like different versions, combined versions or whatnot, I just hope that we do end up finding out what is going on with the flat. Well, or even no, in the Shazam family. Like we have Alan Scott back in the JSA, but when he's talking to Obsidian, his son, Todd, they're talking about the idea they never had enough time together because, you know, like either he they didn't remember he was trapped in a dimension, different things happened. And then like, and then we were erased from time and then we're back. And so it's a weird deal that know you know that right? what happens with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's open now. So what you does actually else know it's. Everybody should know, and that's the the cool thing. You should be able to sit there and think of your timeline and say, well, I was gone to that point. I disappeared. But where were you? Were you like Buffy? You were in heaven, Eric. They grabbed her out of heaven. She could have just stayed there. Uh, But you go, and (laughs) and there, you you end up where, even before, when Billy was thrown into the book in a way where there's Dick Grayson, he doesn't have his powers to walk you. That doesn't hit as well as seeing him on the rooftop trying to figure that out. Now I want to go and Read and that also, miniseries. Does it tie into the beginning of Infinite Frontier with Darkseid killing the wizard Shazam? Does that is that affecting his powers? Because in my mind, it shouldn't, because for the longest time we thought the wizard was dead and it should always be the rock of eternity. But last we saw from the and last we saw, but in the future we saw that had dropped into hell for some reason. Eric, in the next deal in the books here, some of these things he's grabbing powers for, supposedly they got killed by the scraper. I, I mean that that's a deal it's where true. you you always have and really We'll get to the Wonder Woman in a minute, but the idea the, of the Olympus. Power, the freaking lightning of Zeus, if you don't have a Zeus that lend his power. And you could play, now they're not going to do it, but you that's been something because if you don't know, it, Zeus and the Olympians have been gone for, they've been MIA for a bit. They seem to have just walked out and whatever, but they it come would back be kind of Every cool. now and again, check their mail and leave it again. It would be cool to see like a Shazam that's only Zam. Because the others, they, they got ended up no, killed. There's no, there's no Zam in there. It's just Sham. Sham. Shah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going and with Hercule, the last I think Hercules part. is still dead, actually, Sha, too. For, ever since Grail killed him. The Sam. <laughs> but it, it would actually be a funny deal where there's Billy and the gods are all getting killed off. He has to keep changing his name. I'm just M. Uh, but it, again, though, maybe it's that. I, I would love to think that these things all tie together. I really would. Because Looks there like are the a lot Roman of things going good, on. So the speed of Mercury should still be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And then that's the other thing, too, in that where you have this little play of, you know, the Roman gods versus the Greek and, you know, shit like that. But and if you like that stuff, go and read Wonder Woman War of the Gods from the late 80s. Yeah, yeah. So we're here, though, and they think you get some investigations. You get some things with Brick and all these. And I like it. I, I like seeing the characters as you're trying to figure out. Who Red X is not And that's just the thing is, Everything that you and I Just talked about With Shazam Even with the Batman I don't give a fuck About Red X And that's the whole, And that's the background Of this entire book I don't care Because there's so much More important stuff Going on with the other Teen Titans members Like I actually give it Way more of a fuck About what's going on With Tubi and his powers Where'd you get that When'd you figure out You had those powers I want to know Tubi Please tell me 
when you're going through it, I love that also you end up having the bad pack that they're like the goth kids. <laughs> They're soaking they're around. They're the Gotham kids. <laughs> it makes, it's, it's so good. Uh, but yeah, they're Gotham. Tra- yeah, I heard you. <laughs> it is true. Uh, but yeah, and that, they're trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out. And then you end up where Billy you seems know how like hard he's it is guilty writing a review with this, and, though, when you have yeah. the Bat Pack, Brat Girl. And I want to keep writing the Brat Pack and, and I the like Rat Pack. Yeah. Yeah, really. You want to do that? Hey, old blue balls. Isn't that one of the. Bro- <laughs> no. <it's not>. And <laughs> old blue balls. Old blue balls. Send me a song. Baby. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hello. Uh, but yeah, you end up having all that. And then Donna Troy and Beast Boy come in and say, no, stop doing this. It's too dangerous. Stop you your nonsense. Stop your nonsense. Dangerous. You're going to cause a lot of problems. You have Billy who looks like so guilty. Right, just well, even when weird. he turns around, we're, we're not stopping the red herrings of who is Red X. Even with this way, I want us to stop doing it because I'm enjoying what's going on with the other characters. But when you have him trying to talk to like Raven and Beast Boy about what's going on, they're on the roof together, and he's uh, like, "I think it's time that I should go and become a vigilante." And they're like, "I don't think it has really come to that yet." And then like you know, has it? And then he turns around, all freaking like menacing, like, "Of course not, of course not." <laughs> and <laughs> so then, evil looking, Billy. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, hey. McGill said you were looking for me. Oh, well, what's going on? They have all these things going on, and at the end, they open the door, and there's Red X. Like, but, but if you eh, do tell this. me that, I'm telling you, if it becomes down to it, and it would be the worst reveal ever, but because of what's going on in the different books with the Pantheon going down and Billy's powers being all messed up, if if he becomes Red X, I'll be so angry because that's the worst progression of a character ever. Yes, I, I agree. But I do like the idea if they show that the Pantheon and the problem has affected him, and, and when you end up having this you know, reset, open up, or things like that. Well, we've had you have it before. all these issues. Well, we I know. shut down his connection to the war of the gods back in, like, you know, the Dark Side War, and then the wizard had to go and find other gods to go and replace his powers. It was an amazing moment. You never did anything with it because, oh, uh, we're, we're cool again. Oh, it's like the sleaziness right. of Shay, the the attention span of Werner. We, we had a really bad These are hindrances. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad time. These are things to overcome. Billy was really, really upset. Uh, but overall, I like the focus on the Bat Pack, which I almost just called the Brat Pack. Exactly. I like Keep doing the it to other, me. Yeah, I like the other characters as well being thrown in here in a way that they're investigating. So you're going to get information. I mean, the, again, that's the trope of doing this the right way. The other bad way is just having the Suicide Squad show up and he catches the... the I, I will tell you this. The one thing that really threw me off with this issue is we're going through all of these characters and it seemed like they introduced a new one with the, uh, what the hell is his name? M. Radley, who's like, you know, roommates with Brick Petrioso here and they want to like, you know, he comes out looking like Guy Kid with his freaking little paper boy cap and shit like that. I'm like, hey there! You, you want to go in there and check out the stuff? Go ahead! And he just takes off with he's his backpack. My, he's my favorite. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he is Guy Kid. He's like guy kid, encyclopedia brown, and and the the uh, the toady in the Christmas story. He's all rolled up in the one. Who Eric, is M. Radley? Kid. We've never seen M. Radley. I don't Radley. know. Like, who is this guy? I've heard like, of the oh. Boo Radley. You ever hear that band? There, yes, I have. Yes, you have. No, them. But I, I no. was reading and, to catch a mockingbird uh, myself. But. I, I also, with that, you also, you know, you could give us a little more to catch a mockingbird. Yeah, to catch one. You, you're a little you know, less so new violent. Chris Hansen show to catch a mockingbird. <laughs> to to catch a mockingbird, you don't realize you, that was canceled. <laughs> the killing had to be taken out. Now you just catch that damn mockingbird, right? Uh, but yeah, yeah. We had to make some, this PG. We're gonna get more Gorilla Greg coming up, where they go to Gorilla City. It seems coming up and stuff like that. So, uh, but I like him. I wanted to see a little more of him, like his T-shirt. Uh, the stuff with you know 
Stitch the Snitch was great. I thought it was great when they're trying to light the cigarette and sets his hands on fire. Ah! Like all upset, like trying to play the, the role of that. But and to be like, you get more information about the kids than we have in the whole series. And that's crazy. But then it has to go and ruin everything when the kids are sent back to the room and Red X is sitting there waiting for him. I'm like, oh, that's right. This is about Red X. Even though I've been reading this nonstop, I don't want Red X. Yeah, no. And, and we end up, I think that next week for the annuals week, we get a Teen Titans Academy yearbook. Yeah, yearbook. And. I'm telling you, at this point, it, it's kind of a uh, almost like a Bendis ploy there, where you you realize you don't have enough information and too many characters that you do it. But I'm kind of looking forward to reading it. I want to see some of these characters, Guy Kid. See who M. Radley is. Yeah, I want to see Guy Kid. He's there. He's, he might be because they just had that paper, paper boy. Spy. They had the paper boy spy hunter digital book coming out he's just comes right out, from he there comes out. He he's, like he's part of the boy. newsboy legion yeah that's all he is hey damn booty you want this i'm getting the hell out of here smooks the ladies that's this all is I need. a 40 year old dwarf right here he's not supposed to be in this school of kids <laughs> he's smoking a cigar he's he's baby <laughs> he's so good they show him. that would be the cool thing like just imagine that now that's you kind of could get canceled with what you said but we're gonna go with it the idea that they think that he is Red X. Now it's like a bosom buddy situation. Well, they're going and they're like, we're on him. He's Red X. And you find out that the actual, he is being secretive and a little weird. It's because he has to go off and smoke his cigars so nobody sees because he's a 40-year-old dwarf. That'd be or like me when right? I was 11. Or three of uh, three people in a trench coat. That'd be good. Or you as 11. Yes, really. <laughs> you weren't a good boy. I, I would be. I would have been so scared of you if we grew up together. Because I'd be like, that guy smokes at 11. <laughs> Look at him ground. smoking, reading his comic books. How is he, how is he going to play baseball with me now and the soccer and the every sport known? Because you have to prove that you're worth something through sports. That's, that's, that's fine. I'm, I'll just run the bases. They catch the ball, put a cigarette on their face. They're going to drop yeah, that oh ball. Oh, my God. Kelly Lake has just joined the team. <laughs> Did you know him? He's the best athlete in the county. No, no, I see a delinquent smoking over there on his chopper. He's not involved. Get him out of here. It'd be funny if Kelly Lake thought he could ride the motorcycle around the bases and shit, and, and nobody said anything because he was too tough there, because he becomes the Freddy Kruegers later. I don't need that shit. Uh, but what did you give this? Overall, I gave us a 7.5 out of 10 because while I love the character work, you know, getting away from Red X, even though it's all technically about Red X, but we're moving away from there, exploring the characters. I love that bit. I think the art was a little down from what you usually get here, which affected my score because I could have gone higher for how much fun I was having with the backpack and everybody else. I just need us to do something more than Red X because that is the worst part about this book and it's the main focus. Yeah, I'm 7.5 as well. The only thing that I would disagree a little is the art because I thought it was trying to be a little more gritty as that noir thing. It's just I really enjoyed the going. art that we were getting before and this is a new artist and it kind and, of threw me off yeah, of what the yeah. style they're doing. Yeah, I think that where they're playing maybe is the idea, well, we have this team focus here that we haven't had, so we'll change the artist so they know, but you didn't need to do that. They're just students. but And that may not be that, but I thought it was a little grittier for that concept but i do like the idea that even the kids in gotham they have to talk like batman and their nonsense and all stuff it, it makes me well, it's laugh even like the, the narration that we had in harley for the last issue where she's doing the batman stuff like chupacabra's constantly talking to himself in his head like yeah. that as he and narrates Chupacabra's his noir great. life i i like chupacabra and ba uh brat girl a lot um, that's the thing is, I and that's the worst part where I really like Megabat as the muscle. Megabat, I like as the muscle, heart. but well, he's yeah. the heart of the team. Where Chupacabra's wondering if he should continue, and there's this Megabat to be there to give him a big old hug. He's just a big dude. 
And I'm actually disappointed that he's mute because he just ends up, you know, sitting in the background while Brackerel and Chupacabra just kind of bicker back and forth. Maybe which is that's fun, why like, I didn't like him. He's a mute. He, does, he there, doesn't have right? enough. He's a mute. Now, I actually just like a the mutie? other. Well, that that's the other deal too. I mean, Filthy it's, it's bad to say, but you got a little more personality from the other. Maybe I was yeah. just awful with that. But Chupacabra, I really like I'm telling you. It won me over. I was reading it. I'm like, I don't know what they, but when I saw that well read, red, uh, well read X, <laughs> it made me laugh. I'm like, oh, you can't take the Gotham out of the kid, can you? Uh, but we're going to go to the last book of this section and the night with Wonder Woman number 774, written by Michael Conrad. Eric, I ain't giving him the W. You know what Ooh, happens. I said, he's getting the L. No, James Tynan. He doesn't get the the fourth unless I like that issue. I'm very fickle with that. Now, you know, you have to please me. So he's just tonight. Mike, you don't get the W. Mike Conrad is what it is. And Becky Cloonan. M. Mike. Conrad. <laughs> Andy McDonald, Nick Filardi, and Pepper Solonart. We finally get to Olympus and get the answer as to why Diana didn't go there in the first place. All wrapped up in a murder mystery that cuts corners and pushes aside years of Wonder Woman stories. I would like to see how this plays out, but the Asgard story we just finished does not have the optimistic in the least. And we always say that we judge an issue by issue. You, you know, that uh, this issue stinks. Th- there's my review because I read these reviews and I'm seeing people with their nonsense of this shows the heart of Diana. This shows this. This shows that. Now we're going to go with the idea of what people want from Wonder Woman. And it's devolved to the point, I think, that they want anything uh, just because the book has been hot garbage for a while and so they will go with one little thing or one little bit and this one seems to be the wow moment of olympus on fire i saw that movie it was not great eric you didn't see that movie i didn't i saw that other one white house has fallen no i watched the one with uh channing tatum is that the one that i think that's white house down that was yeah, I saw that. That was Die Hard in the White House. I, I liked it. Enough. Sure was. His name was even John in that. Zach told me that that was full out, not an action movie, a comedy. And me, me and Logan still make fun about that. But Olympus has been gone for a while. The Olympians have been gone for a while. When you're playing, we have this, seen Olympus just sitting in a space, like an empty space, with freaking you know pieces of like columns floating there it's like olympus is completely destroyed and the gods have left we have seen this like nonstop, and it's for like had eight big years things now, it to like. do with the book at points it, it has been actual but now you can say well jim and eric you assholes uh oh. this is new this is a new front infinite frontier so whether or not this is a new ver- but it's still the same old Look, same you, old you you're not gonna well me but 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 they're jim and eric they're killing gods like i watched cheetah kill poseidon i watched grail kill zeus and like or the dark side and stuff like that i've seen it over and over again and the graveyard of the gods and that's the thing is going into infinite frontier we have a new multiverse and omniverse that was recreated from the ashes of perpetuous attack and we don't know exactly what that means, but I know when the seven dark forces of the universe were released from the totality to unlock that, one of them was the key to the Graveyard of the Gods, which was a big deal, which Lex Luthor and Cheetah destroyed, hoping to take out Wonder Woman and Aquaman as well while they were in there, and they did not. But we got rid of the key to the Graveyard of the Gods, and with it, the Graveyard of the Gods. Now you can tell me it was recreated, but why do I have to take a freaking elevator from Olympus down through Tartarus to get to the Graveyard of the Gods. What I want to know is if you're going to play this, number one, we've seen this. This is something Infinite Frontier especially. We've seen that people remember. 
people remember, we just talked about it, talking about the idea that Obsidian remembers that he got wiped out, came back, all those things. So Diana, if she would give us the, oh, my God, not again, like, oh, my God, it's worse now. Hey, the graveyard of the gods. No, there's no graveyard of the gods. But also I wonder, like, what is the reset as the gods are concerned and how that plays out and things like that? And the way that this could have been played out was that the gods who have been missing for a long, long time, the Olympians have been missing, have it play out that that is now come to roost. When things get reset and the gods still aren't here, what's going on, the afterlife, all of this, the sphere of the gods, it's, it's in disarray. Wonder Woman has to fix it. But you devolve it down to just Wonder Woman, each way she goes, I got to solve the mystery of who did the bad stuff. And it doesn't feel big. It feels like just same old, same old. And actually, this just feels like, oh, here we go. We have another mystery now. We just got done one in Asgard. And even you had mentioned some things about, you know, the gods and what has been going on and how that affected it. And and the idea of how maybe Wonder Woman couldn't come back to Olympus first because the idea that Olympus wasn't really there or whatnot. No, we play it a different way to make it seem... if there was something wrong with Olympus, and that's why Ascended Wonder Woman couldn't go there, sure. But when we find out that Ratatosk, the squirrel, was the reason that she didn't go home initially, but went to, I'm like, so you're telling me the squirrel somehow used his magic powers to bring an Ascended Being to Valhalla instead of Olympus? And I'm like, how? It's just you saying that, because even like, all right, the gods are dead. Well, how did they kill him? Because, you know, the, uh, the, the god killer sword is locked away into a safe place. Oh yeah, the uh, Hephaestus before he died again. Um, yeah, he made the god scraper sickle. All right, you're just you're just saying this things is now. Kids <laughs> in the backyard making up a game. Me and you are fighting, and we're playing Star Wars. I have my lightsaber. Boom, boom, boom. And I then have I, uh, I have lightsaber protective armor. Yeah, or I'm Han Solo, and now I'm I force push, and you're like Han Solo doesn't have the force. Oh yeah, he learned it after Le- you know Leia Return of the Jedi. Leia taught him on a weekend. It, it's just making up stuff. But the weird thing is. He went to four summer camp. Ser- Learn some seriously, things. Seriously, Eric. Just take this in mind here. Hey, they can't be dead. The God Killer Sword. Why, why bring that up? Why not just well, have I, them I get the God Killer Sword? I don't know what happened. Anything is really brought up here because a lot of it doesn't make sense because we go to Olympus. A Wonder Woman's shocked that it's all in ruins, on fire. The gods seem to be gone and or dead. And except for this one character, Janice, who was brought in, even though he's a Roman figure, like we have to make a reason for Janice to be here. And he's like, oh my God, he's dying. I have to go get Hermes freaking rod to heal him. And he goes over, I don't know how this works. Oh, it just worked on its own and he's healed. I'm like, why did you set up all these things you didn't know how to do just like for it to happen and that's no what explanation keeps happening and move in on? This. Just remember, this is a book that they thought was a cool plot development for Wonder Woman to hide an egg to get swallowed up by a snake, then in the belly go, holy shit, I didn't think it was going to be this hard to find a key. Just have dead man pop up, which he wasn't oh, supposed to be key. able to do. Here's the key. Oh, thanks. I'll, I'll go out of here now. And like, then even why are in you this talk about up? the idea, every time I go to good places in the sphere of the gods, it could bring me in the end of the multiverse. I'm like, but you keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's this like, this is one of those things that I think everybody has played this stupid game at some point or another, but you're not supposed to write scripts based on it is, okay, I'll start the story and then you go with it and then I'll go with it and then you go with it and and it's fun to see how people can work out of situations, you know? put in there just keeps writing them into a corner. But that's what I'm saying. You have one of these two as an asshole and try to screw the other. Oh, wait a minute. It's Sorry. A <laughs> Sorry there, Becky. Uh, you don't have the God Killer sword. That, that got pushed away. Oh, okay. Well, how about this? 
The God, God Scraper. Scraper. Oh, man, you got me there. Okay, well, let me think well, again. I just don't let understand go, because the God Killer was specifically made by Hephaestus to get the Deathstroke to kill a God before, but then I guess he like got bored like, we're going to make another one of them yeah, goddamn why, why swords for the sick this time. And then even the idea that we have Janus, no this, whole, this Roman pantheon character that was brought in because they didn't have a, a you know, a uh, And that's Greek, what I was like, hitting at before, the Greek combo. Yeah, the yeah. Characters. Oh, yeah, we just brought him over. We thought it was cool. But then Janus, the two-headed god, the evil version, like I don't know if it's good or evil, but whatever Janus is. But you have the evil version saw into the future that Wonder Woman was going to come, and with it, she was going to bring fire and destruction. And then they decided to separate. And for some reason, the evil version of Janus here looks like devastation, the evil Wonder Woman. So then they went and destroyed the Pantheon with the God Scraper Sword. And I don't understand why yeah, any of this is going on. I love on. the idea. It's like, what? Wonder Woman's going to be bad and kill all these people? Well, I'll stop that by killing them myself. And it gets this God Scraper. Kills them. Radistock Every is like, step of the way, though, is like, but like, all right, we hit, need to have Janus here, but that doesn't make sense. Well, he's just there, and then they're going to separate because Wonder Woman's do this, but like, it looks like Wonder Woman, and then they're going to go and kill Wonder Woman. Is it a self fulfilling prophecy where all she saw was herself? And I don't understand what the what this Janus looked like while they were together, though. So we have no idea. It's just this dude Janus with freaking you know his gross back of his head. <laughs> yeah, oh, the whole back, every bit of his back's like brain. He's disgusting. You wouldn't go and get any sort of fast food. He's not serving me food. You would not allow him to serve you food. It'd be funny because he'd serve you the food, and you're like, "It's a really nice guy." I like. And as he turns around, he would turn around to give my back ripped open with what appears to be brains in there. Like, no, sorry about that. (laughs) Fuck you, Burger King. Ah, be so good. Uh, but like you said, you even have that deal. Oh no. This guy's hurt. I need to get his exposition about what happened. So I'll go. Maybe by luck we'll have Hermes. Oh, we do, but I don't know how to use it. Oh my god, it's using oh, it just itself. Works. Done. We okay. just wasted three pages. Uh, Radistock obviously has Olympian hepatitis, or maybe even Look, worse. I don't like that Radistock can come in Olympus, taste blood, and know it's god blood. I'm like, what did you do beforehand that you know the taste well, of god blood? He's an animal. I don't know. He's hanging on that tree. And you think, well, you know, stuff. well, freaking Odin is sitting there hanging upside down off the tree I, of life doing a stupid hanging thing. Radistock is yes. just licking his blood. Just licking. He's like, he's a cutter. I, I don't know. And, and when you're doing this, I'm also thinking like, where is the part in the story where I realized that everything at Asgard had a meaning that's going to continue on? Because I don't. It's just now we're just at another mystery and she's got to figure this out. But it's a mystery that has been forever, but it's new now. And you're you can't. This is again, you can't have a, a story like this and then fudge every bit of the stats as you go. Hey, I mean, Wonder Woman, they can't kill the gods. That's a, oh, no, no, no. He made a god script. Like, right there is where I shut the book and say I'm done with this. Because that, well, that, even that's the idea, just making like, up shit. Well, we have to find out what happened. So we have to go to the graveyard of gods. I'm saying, you got the goddamn magic key for that? Yeah, because we, that was a big thing right before. That was leading into all the metal and stuff like that. It went right like there that. with the, the, the Terror of Extinction. I'm yeah. sorry, I meant Tear of Extinction. Tear of Extinction. And that could kill gods. I mean, remember, too, where the gods were dead, but then they killed Poseidon, but then Bendis didn't know that. Like These are the things shit. that drive me nuts when you see these things. And these people reading the, writing the book should know more about the stuff going on than we do. And sometimes that's not the case. I, I Just as an aside, you have Nick Spencer doing Spider-Man. And this guy ended up saying, I even read those stupid hostess cakes things to make sure I knew everything. And I'm like, good for you, buddy. Man, he may rely a lot on the pet, but 
this seems like somebody just coming on being told they're writing a book, not having a story, and then trying to make shit up as they go, but doing it in a stream of conscious way where if you run into a brick wall, you just make up shit to get past it. And yeah, they're going to go to the god, uh, the, the uh, graveyard of the gods. They end up taking a elevator down, which ends up being a like walk-a-later. part of the like. That's all I thought when ex- I saw it, it's a yeah, walkalator. It and even then, like the idea that you have to sit there and oh, it's unsturdy and like get to the point. This book, when you ended up having them climb up Yagus drill to get to the top, oh my god, we got to get an egg, and the, the eagle says, "Have one," and then you just got like. You end up, it's like if it was the idea that the journey is more than the destination, but this journey is nothing, and that's all they end up showing you. You end up going down and up an elevator. You end up going, I need Dead Man, and you have to waste time where he's playing cards, and you got to convince him. Yeah, what's Santa do? Just because that seemed like a wink-wink. Look, we know another magic character, and and really, I this art, for what we had had from Travis Moore, this is so off that when I saw him, like, who is that dead man? He looks so odd. Well, even the idea, I don't understand why we need dead man here. Is it just because of exposition? Because that's why I thought we had Ratatos. But like, it's just for like, honestly, it feels like he's just here for Diana to talk to someone because, oh yeah, we got to go to the graveyard of gods. Oh, that graveyard of the gods. That's a mystery to even me. I'm like, so, so what that's you doing there, here? That's it again, where you're, you're setting up a brick wall. What, why are you doing this? Even at the point, like, they really think that that thing with him being named Boston is hilarious. They, they, oh, yeah, we get down to this gateway, to like, that shit. Oh, who's that dude? Boston's like, oh, that's Jay. He guards here. <laughs> what right. up, Jay? Why do we need that? <laughs> like, what does he guard? Like, hey, can we go in? Sure, don't mind. I'm like, why is this here? How about this? Uh, me and you, you go, hey, we got to get to that, uh, you know, that skyscraper. And I'm like, ooh, I've never been able to do that. I can't even do that. What the hell are you talking? And then we go in and I'm like, hey, what up, Jay? <laughs> well, how do you know this guy? You, you, don't, you just said you could. It's just stupid. I don't understand. Like everything gets wiped out or made up as you go here. And it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Even at the one point where, Diana, why can't you just have her have her lasso? She's like, I don't have my lasso, so I have this deal of Aries. I'm going to wrap it around you, and we'll make that. It's why are you doing these things? Why are you making things up as you go just to show that she doesn't know or have something? And it just seems really feels so odd and out of place. Where's Doctor Psycho? I don't know. You got the sickle. He's back on Earth. Yeah, yeah, he is. I I would have liked it at one point if she would have grabbed him and some, but it didn't make sense what he was before anyway. So it would have been cool though to make him like have to come along with her. That's that's his punishment. He has to go and do the adventures with the Wonder Woman's. But yeah, no, you just get nonsense. Janice, I, I, the evil Wonder Woman for some <sighs> reason. Yeah, Janice, Janice. But I still don't trust the, the like the male supposedly good version of Janice either. I actually think he might be the bad one because we never see Janice. We just have you know the flashbacks of him talking and like. And plus, since she looks like Wonder Woman. I don't feel like it's real. It feels more like a dream that's being, or like a story that's being made up right now that isn't true. And even Ratatas doesn't seem to trust this guy. He's laying there before he's healed. So I'm like, yeah, he's just going to be a bad dude, isn't he? And like, none of this yeah, is going mean, to matter they ultimately. They keep saying, they keep saying it. Also, I just love they're going down like, oh man, who's that dude? What? That's Cronus. Oh man, that's crazy. It's Cronus. He looks like he's pissed. Well, it is his fate, but it's pretty shitty fate, right? I know. I mean, look at him. They're <laughs> just doing that. Help me. Panel. You know you can't help him. <laughs> it's a whole page. 
And yeah, it, it could set up that later she does free him that he helps out, but that would cause a lot more crap going on. I just the biggest you know problem the I have Olympians. here too with the idea that we, you know, we're doing Wonder Woman book. It's a big book. It's Wonder Woman, one of the Trinity, and she goes to Olympus and like so many times before, Olympus has fallen. The gods are dead. Fuck, Olympus is all screwed up. But the thing is, one of the other biggest things that we're dealing with right now in Infinite Frontier, post-future state, is the idea of the new Wonder Girl, Yara Floor, who is heavily involved with the Olympian gods who are fine right now and seem like they're waging a war against the Amazons because of her existence alone. So I'm like, what What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Also, also a big thing, the quintessence and hair, like these things and aren't yeah, matching and, and that's the thing is, even with Yara Floor and Hera being all pissed off about that, Hera is dead on the Earth Omega. Dark yeah, side she was killer. one of the quintessence. That's what I was saying earlier when I said there's something else about the gods. Of the that was it. They're not matching up and there's not too many. But like, OK, you have 800 Batman books. You might get a little, you know, things lost in the translation. You have stories based on Yara and Diane. Like these should be connected. These should. And at one point would be awesome if they kind of intersect and Yara was able to maybe help Diana bring back a you know if you're going to go with the story or she gets there and the olympians are pissed at yara so then you know wonder woman fight like but there's no connection there's nothing and there's no connection to any other story even stuff that we've read recently i know there's the reset but we don't know the reset yet so you can't just take for granted that even this have, is we should have canceled plan. the wonder woman book for a little while and then brought it back because wonder woman being gone and ascended was such a big concept just to come back Oh, yeah, she's just chilling out at the sphere of the gods. Like, you're not doing much yeah. beyond just being I, dead. I wouldn't have minded having a Wonder Woman book with Nubia, have something with that with Apollo, to have the Wonder Women book. I don't know, but having something. But I would have liked to have had Wonder Woman go away for a little bit because she ascended. She she said not that she wasn't going to do it. And when and she when comes we get back, back to it, wait make until, it big. Wait make until it a there's a point. Yes, make it to a point where you know what's going on. And we all know, and then we see, oh, my God, because – things you could make things make a lot of sense in the overall scheme because i still go with the fact that wonder woman dying not being in that that's the key to averting future state and giving us this full out timeline and yet it makes it just goofy here and, and mean like eh, that wonder woman's nothing and i mean the book itself and it, it just continues where i don't know it feels like people are given wonder woman as an assignment Instead of being very passionate and having a Wonder Woman story that they have to tell. Now, it would be weird for, you know, Conrad and Clunan here to have had a story of Wonder Woman ascending because this is very specific to what we have come out of. But still, you know, maybe going that maybe the editors heard the story and thought it was great. But uh, you got to get somebody that has a story, you know, and, and, and so they can tell it and we could enjoy it because this is just like it really feels like. It's being fudged as you go, made up on the fly. And at the end, things go against each other, even within a page. And it's just nonsense. So because of that, I'm at what we like to call an FU5, Eric, right now. Because I just do not like this. And I think that it's getting worse and worse with each issue. Uh, but what do you think? And the art was down because it was a different the art. The art was down. And even with that, though, I'm still going to give it a regular 5 out of 10. And we're getting diminishing returns out of this. I thought once we got to Olympus and saw the hot water that it was in, it would be pick up again. But when everything actually just, you know, it just doesn't work out. Everything you say has a problem until the problem is solved without the characters doing anything. And we just move on to things that don't make sense. It's just very disheartening to read this book, which I thought was going to pick up here that we're actually doing something in the world of Wonder Woman. And it actually went further down in my mind. It just, it's very disappointing. The art is down a little bit, but I'm still going to give it 
a five out of ten because even though the graveyard of the gods might not make sense, we it might be interesting at least, and they might have time to explain how this is all working. We might get something out of it, but right now this is a very down issue for me. Now, if the idea, you know, and you had dead men, hey, I, I love it. It's like you know, Olympus is in hot water. No, 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 it's on fire, asshole. At least you know, spell it out fully so I know that this is really a problem. Uh, but I think maybe you could have played this idea. The idea. That Janice and eh, I came in, I had the sickle, like that is just, that's not very inspired. The wow moment is to get back to Olympus with Wonder Woman, especially because me and you reading, there isn't been an Olympus, there hasn't been the gods. Why couldn't you play the idea to play in with what what is right, what is wrong? The idea of even seeing Roy in Infinite Frontier, where there's all the different versions, Black Lantern, you're coming to say that you're not right, whatever, to go and they're like, who the hell are you? You know, oh, I'm, I'm Wonder Woman. No, no, no. Wonder Woman's right there. And it doesn't even have to be an evil version. It could be a, a past version. It could be a different where everything. Oh, the, hot, the continuity place to find you. And, and that's what I'm saying. But it maybe they're not really able to go in the sphere of the gods. I mean, this is but the idea that we could get you something. Tell the continuity police where they can, can, yeah, can well, I go? Hey, I'm not the they commissioner of the continuity police, but I say their jurisdiction. It's just been when remote. you're getting chased by them, you haul ass to get across the border of the sphere of the I gods. Know, I then you Loki. give them the fingers. Hey, I didn't. I'm more going Smokey and the Bandit. Hey, take that, Smokey buddy. is the Bandit. Where's Jerry Reed? <laughs> so you end up, though, that would be like. You get through that Asgard stuff. Okay, that's I, uh, why did I go to Asgard? And then you realize that there is some fucked up shit going on, especially with Olympus, that you don't fit because Wonder Woman's ascended there. You decided not to ascend, but somehow there is a way that something happened. And the mystery is, who the hell is this? Are they bad, good, whatnot? And then have that. You don't have to just have murder mysteries all the time and that don't make sense and you have to fudge the deal. Have it there. where, And that would be great. If we actually saw an Olympus where the gods were there, that would make a lot of sense in a lot of other books then too. And it would really solve that. But there's that deal with Wonder Woman. And maybe she's there as the, the god of war. Maybe that version from, you know, Azarello deal, that's what came back. And now she has People to figure out so what's going to go. <laughs> but it would just be her sitting there. But the thing is, we have our Wonder Woman wanting to stop that. And then you find out that. Uh, All you know, of a sudden, that's the thing is too. Like I was going to say, the different versions, but like the only one that makes sense is the one that would be a demigod. Like, this is the one that's made of clay. I'm like, but, but that's the thing is like she she wouldn't have ascended to the gods because she was made of clay. She's not a yeah, demigod. Yeah, yeah, nobody's going to do that. And then you find out. Wait a second, where's Athena? What? No, a liar, liar took her place. That doesn't make <laughs> sense. But uh, you know, I would. Uh, Eric Shays Hermes. He ain't fast. Uh, but you end up Aww. except with. Except with the ladies. Let me go light a cigarette. <laughs> that's that's also an insult, by the way. It is a race, and you're always there to win. Uh, yeah, I just even that again. It's all script doctoring and stuff. But I want yeah. something that feels big, and I want something that the mystery is an overall mystery where we're all trying to figure out what this whole landscape is, not just who murdered the gods with a bullshit sickle that never should have been made. So. I don't know. The scraper, and, Jim. The cut scraper. Like, you couldn't even come up with a good fucking name for your weapon. It's The other one's called the God Killer. This is the God Scraper. Like, what, do they got ice on their windshields? In my review on the site, Eric, I said it's basically coming to America. 
They have the Big Mac. We have the Big Mick. I mean, you're just making up they shit. We got the Golden Arches. We got the Golden Arches. Golden Arches. It's almost that, but enough not to be. So you can't get sued. He's still getting sued there, right? McDowell. It's funny, too. I was still. actually thinking about McDowell's last night when we were talking about that because the thing is, when people talk about an overarching situation, I hate that. I always yeah, think overarching. Yeah, always, I'm like, overarching, I guess yeah. I am a McDowell's kind of guy because I go with the arcs. Yeah, you go with the arcs. Also, when I was going and I wanted to get a picture for the review and I put that, um, I kind of am intrigued to have the Big Mick because you know why that's different? It doesn't have the sesame seeds. That's the only difference. I'm like, huh, that looks intriguing there without no, them. I, sesame sesame seeds. Seeds. I know. It's, it's just funny when you see it. It looks so wrong without the sesame seed bun. That's the only difference. But it's a difference. God scraper. You know, hey, why not just have somehow they got the God The killer. God murder, murderizer. Yeah, I like, yeah. The God not liberizer. <laughs> I mean, well, what are you going to so And And then you go with, I don't have the lasso of truth. I just have the Aries lasso that makes you tell things that you don't want to. All right. What what else are we going to do? I mean, well, what else is this book about? Cassie the last hey, time she had I, it. Yeah, really. I told you I'm not dead, man. I'm just not not alive, man. Oh, we're, we're playing this all the I'm way to the end, right? I'm a Cleveland right? brand. I'm not Xanadu. I'm just an awful movie from back in the day with roller skating. Okay, I'll go with that, Eric. What's you your problem see, with Xanadu? You ever see Xanadu? Xanadu. Xanadu. Now we are here. When you listen to that, go and listen to that. And and then I'm going to tell you that it's Jeff Lynn who ended up doing that music from ELO. You listen to it now, you're like, Holy shit, that's an ELO song. <laughs> it's so much Jeff Lynn all over that song. His dick prints are all over that there. But what do you hear? I already said what we I'm, I'm looking we, this we up right now this. because I, I kind of want the big mick now because it does look di- like, you know, different enough without the sesame Doesn't seeds. Doesn't it look like such it? a weird deal how much <laughs> different it looks? I mean, it looks like a completely different it looks burger. delicious. Me and you hate the Big Mac. Hate I it. Might I might like the Big Mac. <laughs> I don't know. It, it looks more about them golden arcs. Yeah, the golden arcs, I'll go. Uh, but, Eric, with all of that said, a little Xanadu involved, what is your book of the week? It's a tie between Robin and Infinite Frontier. Oh, my, Eric. Those are big books, right? Mine Vegas. is Harley Quinn. <laughs> it's funny, too. So weird. Because I ended up where... You didn't even think about just... that being your book of the week when we are talking about it. But we talked about no. the idea, one day this will be our books of the week. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up where, again, when we do, you know, some sections and things like that, we haven't read all the books at points. And we ended up doing that last section first because we had so many issues. I was trying not to and break the illusion. <laughs> I ended up, I just want to say that at that yeah. point, like, I really thought that I was going to like Robin a little more. We had already talked about Infinite Frontier, and I didn't like it quite as much as, as you did. Now, here's Sucker. the thing. Biggest book is Infinite Frontier. And again, like I did at the beginning of the podcast, everybody should read it. If you're a DC fan, you're reading these books, you should read that. I just, you know, rate books as what I expect or want from them, what we have gotten and whatnot. And I thought that this Harley was really good. I was a little, you know, hesitant with the Infinite Frontier of what was going on. Very interesting. I think it's big, but I'm worried about some of the little particulars. But again, if I said biggest book was Harley Quinn, that's nonsense. It's not. But for but what your that was, favorite book this I had, week yeah, was Harley Quinn. I had four. so much fun with it and actually made me 
laugh. We were having such fun with it with that. So I'm sticking with it. I could have made some things. I mean, <laughs> what the whole idea is, you you can fudge the stats. I mean, I could have easily put Robin a little bit ahead. And then I even said to you when we got done, I'm like, holy crap, Harley's my book of the week. And people are going to make fun of me. But I said, no, nope, we're sticking with it. Now I go back and edit. It's like, hey, Jim, what do you give Robin? I give it an 8.3. Mr. Mr. Black. Black. That's what it is. <laughs> so we end up having that. But remember, next week is a Patreon-only show. We will not have Ooh, any of the shows on the regular feed. With that, I want to give the shout-out to the patrons. Also, we won't be having a spotlight. It all goes down as one show on Saturday night. And this is one of those where we've had you know, these before, these annual weeks and whatnot. And a lot of times we're like, oh, man, like you'd end up having like three jokers on yeah. the annual doomsday week. Clock. These, yeah, doomsday clock, things like that that are big. And it started getting away from the idea of, well, this isn't necessarily an annuals weekend. This is pretty much a classic sure annuals week. And it's the books that you would You get an expect. 80th anniversary Green Arrow special and you get annuals along the way. It's, it's Yeah, decent. yeah. Yeah, it is. You get Catwoman annual uh, number one. And that is something that I'm looking forward to because I'm hoping we get back from let's stop telling tales and let's see what's going on with the poison stories and and all the things. Yes. Yeah. And then we get Green Arrow 80th anniversary, 100 page, super spectacular. Number one. Yeah. 100 pages there. We don't have a lot going on. So that'll be cool, though. And you love Green. Oh, it's Green Arrow. Did I say Green Lantern? I think I I did. It's Green Arrow. Okay. But you you know, Jim, I do speak for all the Green Arrow fans. So there you you go. You do. And the weird thing is, is I hope I said Green Arrow, but then I was going to say you're a big Green Lantern fan. Eh, that True. was just going to be as an aside. Hey, Eric, you're a big Green Lantern fan. But with Green Arrow not hey, having Eric, a solo you've been known to shoot a bow now. and arrow every now yeah, and again. You, huh? you, you've been huh? known to shoot your nose with a nail gun. I mean, you're in there. That's, that's um, sort of like the same thing, right? And with, yeah, really. And with that, I do believe we get some Connor stuff, too, and, and some cool stuff. And we don't have I a have solo a Green know. Arrow book yet. Or at the moment, all we're getting really is a lot of Bendis doing them. So I'll I'll enjoy this, and I'm a Green Arrow fan. You're Bendis. getting a lot of you're getting a lot of classic punky. You're getting a lot of you know older creative thin deal and stuff like that. We have Infinite Frontier Secret Files number one, which is the digital only book, but now not only digital first. Now it's printed. Me and you are going to talk about at least that first issue there on that because we've been wanting to read sure it, see what it was all about. And Teen Titans Academy, yearbook number one. And 2021. One, I hear that it is more story in that than just like here's a picture of that person. Uh, so I'm I'm excited. I was about actually that. really hoping it to be more of a yearbook where we actually had a picture of somebody and then we saw like you know background of that character. Well, what I will I tell what you, uh, my inside sources told me that there are some things like people sign the yearbook and stuff that you always love because nobody signed yours. You have stuff like that. There. Again, and I don't also know why you, you think like, I'd love that because you're it's like, just going to remind me nobody signed mine. We also have like craziest hair. Let me go get my yearbook right now. Hope you have a good summer. Oh, that's yeah, all it is. That's it. Thanks a lot, Millpool. Right? You got that. Uh, so, with all that, I, I laugh because in Quakertown, at least, there's like three years in a row that the person who was the guy who got like Best hair. They're all bald now. Made me laugh. And don't say, what were you one of them? Because I'll punch you, hair. One of them was my buddy, Brett. Bald as a cue ball, that guy. He, he had a lot of hair. 
And I used to make fun of him about it, Eric. Look at you and your hair. I used to <laughs> say. I used to sit there. Wash his, wash his <laughs> I used to sit there and go, "Look Man, at you and your hair, pal." I bet it's really inconvenient how many how many of the girls want to run their hands you. through your hair all the time, how right? Much, how much of that product do you use in huh? your stupid hair, you jerk? No, you condition he, lately. He ended up, and nobody will get this, but he had a hair. Quite like the Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Brad Marsh, Eric. Okay. And I used to call him Brad Marsh. He didn't like Brad Marsh. He wasn't a Flyers fan. He knew talk sucks. He knew that that was an insult, Eric. And then he beat me hey up. There, then I'd Brad laugh. I'd Marsh. laugh through the tears. Yeah. Oh, we and also just the idea that it was also while we were playing hockey and that was a huge insult. So I'm like, okay, Brad Marsh. He'd say something like, Well, when we go in, you're supposed to cycle around shut up, Brad Marsh. And then he punched me on the bench. <laughs> and I'm like, You're not supposed to do that, Brad Marsh. And then he'd hit me again, right? Yeah. And yeah. then I just Glad you know, I, I just kept going in with it and you know, all that. So I had to look up Brad Marsh now. He's bald, too. Yeah, exactly. So there. It, it was a premonition. That's so funny. Yeah, that's Brad Marsh, though. He looked like a little like Brad Marsh. He used to get mad. And then, do you see any older pictures of Brad Marsh with he had that, like, real curly, see. like, black oh, hair? Let me, let me take off now. <laughs> yeah. Great part. Yeah. So he had hair like that. And at one point, while we were playing, this rink we were playing, I had a bunch of things laying around. And one of the things they had was this old, like, black netting going and i put that on my head and i started look at me I'm <laughs> he beat the crap That's out of me jerk. he beat the crap out of me i don't know i just like to you know dig into things though but yeah brad you also when Rush we're done you don't have to do it now look at how many career goals brad marsh had and i'm guessing eight i'm guessing eight total goals in his whole nhl career would probably be it man <laughs> So that was an insult there. That so was that the was the insult part. That, that was. It was part it's of that. Not that you look but, like him, it's that you suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know you make some. The only thing kinky is your hair, like stuff like that. You know, we get that. Overall, you know, he fun. played one thousand and eighty-six games, scoring twenty-three goals. Okay, twenty-three. That's better. One hundred and seventy-five assists. Not good. <laughs> twenty-three goals in that many games. He was just a. He was a. You know, stay-at-home defenseman. Earning twelve hundred and forty-one penalty minutes. Yes, he he was no Paul Coffey. Eric, he wasn't, but. All right. But yeah, everybody remember that next week's podcast is going to be on hey, the we had Patreon 97 only. playoff games. Yeah, well, you know, there you go. The Flyers at points were pretty yeah. good back in the day. The, this is 80s Flyers stuff and stuff like that. But you end up with that. You have to go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science and check that and We guarantee you won't hear about Brad Marsh over there. All good caliber oh, no. talk and other Maybe nonsense. I'll talk about Brett. Brett, pretty much at points, you know, my best friend, and that's all I wanted to do was get him so angry that he would try to beat me up. And and not try. He would. That's funny thing but, is I, I say, like, what are you, some kind of... This is my entire relationship with my best friend, Jay, where I would freaking, yeah. you know, do something to piss him off and do. then run. Yep, that's all I do. I was... And I just... I actually at points would try to fight him uh, it would not work. Plus, at that point, one of the other jokes, he was fully on steroids at this point, too, and just had the biggest, the, the worst temper ever. Well, you at see that. I did something to piss off my buddy Jay in my parents' house when we were kids. He broke through their bathroom door to come get to yeah, me and bro- tore the frame steroids, off the wall. Yeah. My, the biggest thing I think Brett did is I made fun of him about something in the lunchroom. We were eating lunch, and he grabbed me from the uh, – it was like the classic movie thing where he grabbed me from the other side of the table, <laughs> pulled me over the table, and then chucked me in the air because I was a little guy, Eric, and he just threw me. And I ended what? up – legitimately, I'm telling you, yes, I'm telling you, 
as a movie would happen like this, I ended up then landing on the floor and yep. slid right into the feet of the teacher who was who the then te- dropped his tray on top of you. Who no, he was just okay. there, arms crossed. I got in trouble, Eric. I was the one who got in trouble until, around. until they figured out what was Probably going on. The and then me and Brett both got in trouble. And we had to eat lunch you, in you a classroom. That's what happened, right? I was you so mad. Yeah, really. No, we ended up. We both had to eat lunch in I a classroom by ourselves. I don't know, but it could be Brett Mark. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm waiting for him to come and punch me. Oh my! I I I haven't seen him in, in years. If he would come over and I said, like, he walked in, I'm like, hey, Brad Marsh, what's up? He would punch me right in the face. And then I'd laugh, right? And then I'd cry. Good times. And, and then you would laugh because you're such a, you know, a hero. Uh, but with all of that, <laughs> uh, with all of that, those books will be on the Patreon spotlight, no, spotlight podcast, patreon.com slash weird science. Also go to our it's Twitter. It's a podcast, at, but it's really just a big spotlight. Yeah, Weird Science DC it is, actually. Go to Weird Science DC on Twitter. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where we will have reviews for these next week on the site. So you can go to that. And then if you enjoy, somehow enjoy this podcast, you can rate and review it wherever you listen to it, no, it's mainly, mainly Apple stuff is the big deal. Nobody's reviewing anything anywhere. They're, they've left this going there. But hey, hey, there you go. Thanks We've for had listening. a bunch of reviews Thanks. this year. This year? I'm talking like this week. I need more, 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 Eric. More, 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 more. How you like it? With, with that, really, that's kind of an appropriate song there. We want sure some is. more reviews. Uh, but yeah, thanks, Clay. Thanks, Michael G. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in this and for listening through all of this. We appreciate it. But, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. We keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. <laughs> Why's your dialogue so shitty? I just wanna turn away Cause man, it really is a pity what you do I hate to say it, but it's true I don't like you Hey there Bendis, when you gonna tell a story? I'm still waiting for the answers But I guess you never listen to reviews Cause then you know that I am through reading you Oh, please just leave DC Oh, please just leave DC Oh, please just leave DC
when the DC comic readers living in the world agree, then just might give us answers about Naomi. But though we love the character, when will we get a power set to see? We still don't know much of anything about Naomi. Naomi. 